Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. It's a beautiful day today. It's been a beautiful day. And they say beauty is in the eye of the beholder, so. Behold, motherfuckers! You either, <laughs> you either know or you don't. I don't even. I don't believe in opening with obscure inside references, but uh, I'm also about breaking tradition. But a uh, very unfortunate week, from what I'm hearing. Getting injected with all of the news at once because I really stood completely off of this. And learned everything within the uh, last few hours. When it's this bad, I honestly don't think that there's any feasible way for me to get on here on time for the live people. I just don't. I guess I was a little bit naive to what could happen after doing this in seven years, what could happen in seven days. But yeah, there was a pile of shit here. Yeah. It has it's still rolling off the desk onto the floor even with the intro we just had to go on like this isn't organized at all so much went wrong all at once it was like a nuclear explosion oh man as migraine just putting this together rick dar a.k. captain brunch here being joined as always with co-host destin so glow frasia salutations welcome to another episode of who got fired yeah everyone apparently I had All I had heard about closure, it. Um, the exact number we're at apparently right now in 2021 is 55. I had heard about it when we were on another stream doing a gaming stream, but I I didn't I guess it didn't register. We read the list of names and I didn't want to talk about it more, but that was like just the beginning of all of the craziness happening. Like there was a lot of other stuff that was going on. We we'll shout out the chat room later, and of course you're listening on iTunes, uh, Spotify, and all that. Thank you and live chat room as well i'm just in a rush today uh quick couple of things before we get started first of all back for blood beta was this weekend that was awesome thank you to those in the community that played uh stasis and i provided beta codes for everyone in the chat it took a little while for us to get a hold of those and a little bit of using the uh the talk brunch funding and some of you even asked oh why did you why did you guys do that why do you pay for it out of your own thing and again the people in this community, including people like Willie and including people like Seb, contribute hours, hours, more than like a work week of hours to helping us with the content on here and, and financially when they've donated, when they've contributed. Uh, you know, Shane, Willie, people like that, especially. Uh, you're supposed to give that back. You're supposed to pay it back to your communities. That's generally the way these things work. So, yeah, we, we use that to uh, get you guys into the beta. Which was good. It was totally worth it. We don't normally do it. And we're going to start doing more things like that. But thank you for playing. And uh, I think now that we have a bit of moment- momentum within the gaming branch of our community, we'll start doing uh, we'll do more codes, more giveaways, prizes, all that other kind of fun stuff like anywhere else. Uh, we have stuff planned now as opposed to before. So just give us a little bit of time to sort it and get our footing as far as that kind of stuff goes, if you will. Um, let me think. What else? What else? Oh, yes. Wife's birthday. Is, yes, my wife's birthday is more important to me than Christmas on my own. So, definitely, as I acknowledge that. Exact quote from the Facebook post: "Fuck everybody else's birthday." Yeah, yeah, I was just being funny, but oh, yeah, of course. But 
but yeah uh we put some pictures up and stuff from today which again i thank her and i know you guys game with her and she's in the background a lot and doesn't talk much but believe me when you owe her some thanks too if you like this community because she has been very supportive of it and uh really literally pushes me on here to get on here when i don't feel like it days like today for example or I don't want to do this. I'm like, hey, why don't we just go hang out and celebrate your birthday? Close preferential. But no, she says, uh, no, get on and do the show. You're supposed to go on. You have a show <laughs> to do today. That hell, duh. <laughs> you, know, you have a show to do today. That's how it should be. That's what should be happening right now. It's like, yeah. But this time, you know what it is? And I hate to say that because I know a few times I've been vocal this week. Uh, like when when you guys came in the chat room and announced what happened, I think we we're in the middle of battling shit, which is way cooler than hearing everybody got fired. You know, so it was kind of like you have to look at it from our perspective, especially we're using the Dolby Atmos headphones. We're like immersed in the game with these big screens. Yeah, wow, cast a spell, quick heal. All of a sudden, everybody got fired. And you're just kind of <laughs> standing there holding your power fucking wand. Yeah, wrong. <laughs> it was just a meshing of worlds but that kind of stuff is is uh i guess combined with the work that it takes because when you hear about it i think for the average fan like if you're ever passionate about anything uh when you hear negative things about it it can somewhat be energetically taxing like if you hear something shitty happen to someone you like a sports player or a fighter it's like oh that sucked i brought my mood down a little bit so you take that and you have to amplify that by like nine hours like, you don't just hear, oh, this person got fired or this person got injured. Like, we're going through the paperwork of it here and looking through the stuff. And it just, it's sometimes, although fun to be part of the community, it's very taxing. So she's been responsible for being supportive of me, not just of this, but of everything in life. But definitely pushes me to get on here when I don't like it or when there's just a lot to do. Because, again, I, I enjoy it. If anyone's ever seen the Seth MacFarlane Mario, it's, it was really, really hard. It's really, really hard. You know, it was like <laughs> the... Like from the graphics to writing the program to pulling all of the videos that you guys see, because I don't just take for granted that the links will work or still be there by the time we're ready to go. And the timestamps of the clips, the graphics, paying for the damn podcast servers, organizing the events, even the positioning and the, and the graphicking of the avatars that we use in our overlays, the sound remastering and the editing, the chat room listings, the button board, the bot, the intro, the outro, all of that simultaneously on Mondays is me juggling those things. So, yeah, there's times like today where I'm like, you know, we'll be way better than this sex. It's nothing like this. No one gets fired, hopefully. You know, I know. <laughs> like years ago, I felt like we came on here to take to to tell jokes like, ah, oh, let's go out here, have some fun and watch some video and tell some jokes and stuff with a bunch of people. Now it's kind of like it feels like damage control a lot of the time where it's like, oh, let's go on here and see if we can relegate or make sense of what the fuck's going on, which that sucks. You know, it just gets a little bit tiring and. Yeah, no, I don't want to bring morale down, but holy crap, it just kind of feels like that's literally the theme of the show. It's not the show yeah, you want, it's the, show, one, it's the show that they give you. Other stuff, there's other stuff too, you know, we don't really like to always start that way, but I digress uh, to thank the wife, thank Stasis for being there for those times, because yeah, I think, I don't think this would have held as long if it really wasn't for that. We've had the proof of it is that, honestly, a lot of uh, other people we've had panelists, whether they've been part-time or full-time on here, most of the reasons why anyone's had to leave has always come fundamentally down to their significant other giving them a hard time. And I'm not mentioning anyone specific. I'm saying literally in any case, if you could think of any time that there was someone who had someone on their arm, that literally was always what it comes down to is that there's not so much time 
as it is husband or wife so i'm grateful to be able to be with someone who doesn't put that kind of restraint around and feel like the the uh, spirit cuffs that that genkai put on yusuke is that anime reference that a lot of people won't get but you know anyway point being very grateful very happy thank you love you always and speaking of love john cena and miro unite at suicide squad and i popped <laughs> can you believe i, I segued that shit as speaking of love right i don't know where that came from i just wanted to <laughs> That was I just wanted a broken segue. They were like, "What? What is the implication here?" You know, I didn't know where that was going. Then you said "see," and I was like, "Wait a minute, what? What does he mean by that? Is Rick queer baiting us? It can't be." You know, the be- <laughs> <laughs> you know the sad part about it is just because this is where my mind, my 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 mind instinctively went to, "Oh shit, he got married." Nikki's gonna be pissed. <laughs> that other girl was able to really seal that deal quick, though, right? Probably wasn't so much about pain, yeah. So I mean, that's helpful. I wish I knew. I'm normally not curious about relationships, but I will say that in this case, I'm highly curious. I, you gotta wonder because all of the heterosexual and probably some of the questionable males would see Nikki Bella and definitely, definitely, you know, make her a great single mom. No, I'm kidding. Tap that like a DS stylist to a screen. <laughs> You know, you feel me? But John, John, I mean. (laughs) You got to do it right. John. (laughs) (laughs) Bellas are like half Mexican, right? Are they half Mexican? I forget if they are. Yeah. They are? Okay, so they're half Mexican. I don't really pull the race card, me personally, too much here. But me being from the same uh, origin, from the Puerto Rican origin of Santana, and uh, Ortiz and Damian Priest. If it was our culture with Nikki Bella, she would have had like 12 kids by now just to make sure she can't go nowhere. She was walking on the street with like an army of Bella. She would have had a real Bella army. It would have been a Hispanic Bella army. 25% white, 25% Mexican, 50% stuffed. The point being, and I digress, is that when you look Again. at the girl, the girl that John Cena wound up with and how fast he was able to marry her with, 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 with Nikki there was like a thousand different reasons why he was not going to marry her you know and uh, he didn't have one with this other chick it could be her uh, you know, she probably that, had to get to go through the rule book or nothing what's the word that I'm looking for I'm brain from her it could be her uh, you know what I'm trying to say what's upsetting to me is because I've been doing this show with you so long in my head I feel like you know what you're going to say but you're just drawing it out like I don't want to say like not her ethnicity but, you know, like her uniqueness, I guess. Yeah, her culture uniqueness. I forget what the word that is that I'm looking for for it. You know what I mean? But, like, she has, I guess, her diversity. Yeah, there you go. That, that works. Like, her diversity. Like, she has, like, this really unique, like, it, it's like he managed to get one of the pussycat dolls. You know? One of the J-Hall ones. Damn, you had to throw that one back. Holy shit. It's like John Cena so hard. It's just like, J-Hall. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see who was following. I was laughing or who who hosted us, but thank you. <laughs> J-Ho. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm not judging him. I'm just saying when you really think about the difference here, man. Because I was thinking about it today when I was watching photos of him, like, really oh, no, intimately. What's up, buddy? What's up, Jesus? You know what it is? Like, recently, the red carpet stuff, it was, like, really intimate. It was, like, you know, 
like they they really just like make out on the red carpet and shit, you know. And Justina never strike me as that type. So I was just thinking about, it. I was like, holy crap, wow! I'd love to see another season of Total Bellas or Total Divas, I guess, with her. It'd be awkward, yeah, but it would it would be entertaining. Scene. Total Cena. Nothing but tea time in the gym. Yeah, you know, there is one person <laughs> who's getting a new special on E Network. What's up, Spartan? Spartan Jesus 92. And I know you hold, I know you've been streaming lately. I I wanted to throw it over to you a couple of times. I just never see the timing of when you're on. I have so many screens in front of me, but we'll we'll get it going at some point. Anyway, this whole thing wasn't even about John Cena's wife. How do we wind up there, right? Yes, that's about another person married. Yes, yeah, about Miro. Miro this is about John Cena and Miro reuniting. Miro's wife. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh my god! I, I really thought you were gonna do it again. Like, like we're gonna just segue. We're gonna never talk about the guys in this, right? We're gonna pull a Kevin okay. Smith. I mean, hey, we're gonna be talking about people with non-shitty significant others. See, it works out perfectly. All right. Well, anyway, let me see what this thing is here. John Cena and Miro reunite as at the Suicide Squad premiere. That's really nice. Yeah, I believe I heard. I think Miro got um, a private viewing for the. Oh, hold up! I think I got it up here. Let's bring it up on the Tron. How you doing, Frank? Good, good, how you doing? Yeah, I'm great. Hanging in there. Here, uh, you don't need a mask yet. Let's walk. You don't need a mask yet. What is there a time into it? <laughs> Yeah, there's a moment right there. That's the team up. You never knew you won it, right? Right. I wish we could hear them, but they're too far away. But that was it. That was a touching moment. Miro and Cena. That's the closest you're going to get to an AEW-WWE crossover, huh? Well, I can't say right. that, actually. There's probably a lot closer that you're going to get. Now that I think about it, really close. You know? <laughs> Never were poor words chosen. I'm sure you're going to get more crossover than you've ever wanted. It's hard not to go into it, right? Because I know everybody was like bursting at the seams for that shit. They're like, we want to talk about that story. The big story. We're here for the big story. I'll be honest. There's a few things on here. So a few things we're going to piss people off that we're going to talk about. I'm not going to lie. This is going to be one a triggering episode. I'm warning you guys now that this is a triggering episode. So you can't say for various reasons. You cry easily. Just stop now. It's not because I'm trying to trigger anybody, but for various reasons, it'll be a triggering episode. Like, a lot's happened. None of it's my fault. Don't fucking kill the messenger here. Uh, anyway, what else do we got? See, in the, in the early parts, I could just scroll down the program leisurely and, not, and everything's not fucking exploding yet. So now we got John Cena. Uh, John Cena was speaking to Extra TV's Rachel Lindsay. And he talks about how he relates to The Rock. I told you guys years ago that he was one day going to relate to The Rock. I could tell you how he relates to The Rock. <laughs> he thought he was going to, after he said all that shit, too. We'll get into that another. That's another episode. How fun is this that you came in character? Where does John Cena begin and where does Peacemaker end? Oh, uh, I cleanly know the difference. Uh, just today, the lines get a little blurred. And... Uh, I really, you know, I really want to do what's best for the movie, and I think familiarizing people with the costume. Now, when I show up without the costume, people are like, "Why don't you wear the costume?" 
So that's cool because you guys know what's going on out there. And uh, when am I ever going to have another chance to do something like this? I love that you're doing this, and so do the fans. It was so nice to see you stop and give the acknowledge the fans and sign some autographs. Like, how important is it that they're out here? And we're here at this big premiere celebrating this movie. Well, you know, uh, we, we have some difficult circumstances in front of us, and whenever we can safely feel like everyone's comfortable and get together, I think, uh, especially something I've learned over the past year and a half, those moments we can enjoy, we should enjoy. So I'm very happy to be here tonight. I'm happy that people feel comfortable and safe enough to come out, and I'm certainly happy to enjoy in the theater with the crowd. And how exciting is it to share this experience with your castmates? I mean, you probably haven't seen each other in a really long time. Well, uh, some of them I haven't. Some of them I have, because some of them you'll see in the HBO show, uh, Max Show, Peacemaker. So some of them are like, yo, did I just see you a couple weeks ago? But it's actually, it is really fun to see. Um, I, want, I just want to see what people think of this. Because when we were making it, we kind of knew we were doing something a little bit different. And I just want to see what people think. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I know they're going to be talking. I just, you know, I, I can't wait to hear. Well, you're selling it. And I can tell you that. People are going to be thinking, you know what, he's selling this. Like, you can't get enough of it because you came in costume tonight. I'm, I'm having fun. The movie's a fun ride. I just hope audiences feel the same. What can you tell us about The Peacemaker? Because usually we don't see characters in Suicide Squad make it to the end, but we know uh, that there's something so, coming with your so character. You know yeah, he's got a series, right? Episodic on HBO Max. And I think step one is go see The Suicide yeah, Squad. true. And if you're one of those people that have as much fun with it as I did, then you're going to want to lean in. And all Peacemaker does is allow people to lean into a certain character in the squad. Okay. Speaking of leaning in, you lean back into the WWE, and you might not be alone. There might be some Brilliant other people. Transition there. Like it's fantastic. <laughs> there may be some other people who might be leaning in, too. How would you like to see The Rock return? Oh, I'd love it. I'd love. I, I, first and foremost, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a, a WWE performer, but I'm also, I'm, at, at my heart, I'm a fan. And I love The Rock. Like, I love The Rock. And, and so do millions and millions of people. I think he would warm so many hearts if he came back. But I, uh, if there's anyone who has a greater sense of empathy of what he's trying to accomplish, and he's on his own freaking planet. Like, I'm trying to juggle everything, and I can't. And I, I haven't been back in like three and a half years, and I'm, and I'm like not even I'm a, a 36th of as busy as he is he's he, but he is he's, he's on his own thing so for him to to still be thinking about that I think that's really special and really cool and I I know he knows the effect his return would have and I think that's also really special and if he can make it happen cool and if not he's absolutely earned the right to choose where he wants to what what, what are the universe he wants to conquer you know he's one of a kind I think that is so cool and humble of you that you give credit to him I mean you're big obviously in your own right you know you've been added to the F9 series now to the Suicide Squad so when your name is put in the mix it's because people know it's a big deal as well so yeah, that's but pretty I think cool. I think you certainly have to pay homage to those who paved the way and without uh, the rock Dwayne the Rock Johnson I wouldn't I wouldn't be here in this goofy costume so thanks <laughs> Well, thank you for stopping my extra. Enjoy yourself tonight. Thank you. Thank you for. All right. Wow. John Cena. What are hey. your thoughts on this? Did you I get mean, to see I it? I haven't had a chance. I haven't had a chance to see the new Suicide Suicide Squad yet. That's actually on my plans tomorrow. But uh, I just know it's gonna be weird not seeing him in that Peacemaker outfit every time I see him now. Yeah. Like, I, I've seen him in it so much. When I don't see, when I see him not in it, I'm just like, wait a minute, put the mask back on. What the fuck are you doing? Cabby Gun said the movie was so bad it was good. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm, are you surprised at this point? And don't worry, by the yeah. way. You know, we'll we'll talk about it. I'll, I'll watch it at some point. You know, I know Ashley said she saw it twice, and it only came out three days ago. It's like God. <laughs> Damn. That's, the, that's the reason these movies aren't handled with more care. Thank God for Kevin Feige and and Marvel as much as 
there's issues with things there. That thing is better than anything we have going on. DC's never really done it for me. I think John Cena's performance will probably be good just because he's one of those guys like The Rock. As much as yeah. when he was around, it was it was the cool thing to boo him. And I told you guys that. Like when when Cena was here every week on Raw and SmackDown, it was just it's always cool to boo the coolest guys. The same reason people shit on Superman slash Clark Kent, Steve Rogers slash Captain America, or even Goku, you know. So it's one of the things it's just cool to to do that. Sup, George. Um but really that energy that he brings like it's the same guy that's doing it in these movies and everything else you know his delivery the way that he talks and carries himself you know look how much they missed him when he shows up in wwe he saved their asses by coming out and just being john cena and i've always said like toward his last run when everyone was doing that it was weird because that was like one of his best runs that's how i found the funniest about it as a wrestler i'm not talking like the whole obviously the adults you're going to want the word life rapping john cena not the disney loving hugging your children john cena that he's become but i'm just saying if you look from a wrestling perspective man i don't know how people didn't give him credit it was just weird for me to watch the matches i remember what was it was it night of champion what was it the cm punk match he had that was like crazy it was like this absolutely fucking five-star match that him and punk it might had. Have been, not even the money in the bank match right was it money in the bank it was something no i think i think it was a, it was a raw because it was their last one-on-one match they had no, i remember being something with a pay-per-view and he broke out moves that i've never seen before I've never seen him do before, not that I've never uh, seen yeah, before. I know it's, I, if it's the same one they, that Punk pile drive him, then that was a raw. And also, at, at the I end see, of the yeah, day... Yeah, yeah. It, it was the, the, as Spartan G's called, the Cena Corona. Yeah, that, that was a raw. I'll have to check, because I feel like it might have been... like You might have been correct with the money in the bank. I feel like they had one, one pay-per-view. They had something where they had like an incredible match. And I feel like it was a pay-per-view that we came on here and spoke about. But uh, also, like I've always said, finishers, you guys know how important that is, like a good finisher, something convincing. That's why I didn't like the Judas effect with Jericho, because it's like, that doesn't look like it will put you down. I know some people say it will, but out of all the moves, they need a slap or a snap somewhere. Good Lord, that Judas effect, sometimes you don't even see it. It sometimes looks like he just rolls them off his back, (laughs) you know? But uh, the John Cena, the AA, he fucking launches people. Like, when you really look at it, like, sure, it's just a variation of a, some modified burn, burning hammer. But you ever really see how, how far in the air? It's like they're launched. It's just like they're off in their own orbit for a little while before they come back you, down. You, you know it's a heavy person when you can't give them a little snap up. Yeah, like he, he does like a little launch for it. That looks like I believe that that would be the, a pin after that. You know, like if somebody like a big muscular dude forced you down like that. The one with the so. Orton always kills me. It's just because he fucking Orton's always perfectly straight the whole time. Yeah, right. And it makes it look like it sucks more. It's like I kind of believe that that will be the end. So, you know, Cena, I, I, I like Cena. I'm glad that he's back. You know, yeah, it's I'm, good to have him back. You know, I'm so happy to have him back that I'll watch a shitty DC movie. You know, think about that for a minute. But uh, while we're talking the movies, The Rock spoke recently in regards to Jungle Cruise. Do we have any shot of The Rock here? Do we need a shot of The Rock here? I don't know. Who knows? Either way fucking jungle cruise you guys know what it looks like um so apparently rock isn't as concerned in regards to jungle cruise as uh scarlett johansson was with disney streaming it and her not getting her royalties for the box office because she doesn't get a cut of the disney plus money so that's how the lawsuit happened for anyone who didn't keep up but i don't know who's guilty or who's innocent don't ask me that shit right now the point being that it turns out that there were rumors that dwayne johnson was going to follow in and suit as well but he has no issue with it. as a matter of fact uh he was quoted saying emily 
and I are so blown away by audience's enormous love for Jungle Cruise. Thank you. We're very pleased with our 92 million opening results around the world, both in theaters and at home in your living rooms with families. It was important for us to give you the option on how you want to see it. And we're grateful to the bone that you absolutely love the movie. And we love seeing all of your amazing comments. We're also the only blockbuster of 2021 that did not see a double digit box office drop from Friday to Saturday. But instead, our movie, because of you, saw an unprecedented surging 15% Friday to Saturday uptick over the weekend. That's a that's a quiet yet big business metric that speaks to the love of Jungle Cruise. Thank you for the love. We love and appreciate you back. And I hate to say it, I have not seen Black Widow or Jungle Cruise. I had Jungle Cruise on in the background one day this week, and it looked interesting. But it sounds to me like the new Disney way of doing things has a stipulation. And the stipulation is they got to like your movie. Again, before everybody starts throwing shit at me and give me heat, this isn't me saying Black Widow was bad or that Jungle Cruise was good. What I'm saying is that clearly audiences liked Jungle Cruise and for some reason, they did not like Black Widow because how the fuck did he make 92 million opening around the world in theaters with the box office and the Disney Plus? And she didn't. She wouldn't be suing if she made 92 million, would she? Rock seems happy. How come Disney was able to please Rock and he didn't need to sue? So it really looks to me like if they if the audiences go for you, it's the same as with wrestling right now. The what we're talking about here for fucking four hours. If, if the audience buys your shit and they go for your gimmick, then you're going to be successful. And if they don't, then you're taking risk versus reward because you're going to lose money. Does it make sense? What do you think? Oh, it makes perfect sense. I just figured, you know, and that's the thing. Exactly. He doesn't need to sue anyone, but I'm still surprised with the Scarlett Johansson. Again, I haven't really looked into all the details, so I can't say. Mm -hmm. Being a friend, we're having a conversation about that earlier, and it's another one of those things where, people have turned it into something that has nothing to do with it because i've heard people talking about some oh it's just another case of a woman not getting paid equally in the workplace not realizing it's a contract thing yeah. that's why nobody else involved in the movie gives a shit like yeah it's weird that i hate when people it, do that shit too her and the person that she signed a contract with that's it I hate when people do that shit, too. Not once do we bring up this kind of stuff and we ever factor her being a woman. You know what I mean? Like, that's ridiculous that they even would, would go there. It, you know? the, the reason The Rock doesn't give a shit because Rock didn't sign the fucking contract. It has nothing to do with it. <laughs> so it says Disney did not update premiere access numbers for Jungle Cruise, which collected $30 million from Disney Plus on its opening weekend. Jungle Cruise has now earned $65.3 million domestically at the overseas box office. It grossed another $15.1 million for the foreign tally of 56.5 million and 121.8 million globally well i wonder what that number is versus black widow stuff but she's pissed off and uh again i'm not saying that i agree with her or disney but i'm saying that if whatever the contract negotiations are the person should probably only enter them with disney plus if they're sure the people will like their movie jungle cruise is a movie that is gonna make more because of the fact that it has not only Dwayne Johnson, but it's a family movie. It's the same reason WWE became a PG product that doesn't like having blood or anything bad and has a lot of cartoony stuff. Because at the end of the day, although you guys hate that shit, you're forgetting you're allowed to have a bit of reach if your demographic can have kids in it. During the Attitude Era, they couldn't have that. That was TV 14. You couldn't have Stone Cold and, and have kids and sell toys of that shit of Stone Cold and the Rock back then. Sure, you could, but it was like teenagers. You know what I mean? It wasn't like the kids. You were missing like a demographic of everyone, the, the, the 8 to 13 demographic, which is essentially what Disney tries to do. They want to make sure that everyone's included the way WWE is. As creepy as that is, that everything's turned out this way. So there's a discouragement towards uh, there being, uh, I guess, more edgy shit. 
And we live in a world where Jungle Cruise is the kind of movie that everyone would go see. So you can put that on Disney+. Plus. Black Widow still is a niche demographic. It's the Marvel side of Disney, where Disney is really the everyone side of Disney. You know what I mean? Right. If I had to pick, I'm watching Black Widow first. I'm a Marvel fan. <laughs> you know? But I'm just saying that if like... If you got kids... If you got kids, you're probably watching Jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise was PG-13. So you see what I mean? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's a PG... Well, so so what was uh, Black Widow? Black Widow's probably the same, because they try to keep this stuff PG-13, too. Well, I don't know. You guys tell me why you think it was that this one, the Rocks movie kicked ass and Scarlett Johansson, on the other hand, is suing. Because I have no idea what's going for that. But we also are also hearing uh, Hiram Garcia. I guess that's one of the guys that makes the, uh, the Fast movies. Because he spoke to the Collider. I'm going to assume he's one of the guys responsible for the Fast franchise. He said that after filming Fast 8... The Rock made clear the decision to close the Fast and Furious chapter for all the evident reasons, and he wished them all well and shifted his focus to the other storytelling venues. So while he won't be part of F10 or F11, that's in no way going to interfere with their Hobbs plans and that those characters still exist in the Fast universe and they would love to see all aspects of that universe thrive and succeed and that they just have specific plans for what they want to do with the Hobbs character and they think that the fans are going to love it and that they're working to deliver something very unique and fresh that they know the studio's eager to get into it ASAP. So remember The Rock got snubbed by Vin Diesel and he said he's not going to be in any more of those movies so now they're going to do more Hobbs shit, I guess. I've never watched any of these. It used to be about racing and then I don't know what the fuck happened. I don't know if it was family or what, but... Yeah, we got gravity-defying shit and memes, so. And no, don't worry. I'll warn you guys before the uh, before the triggering shit comes up, because there's a few things that are going to be triggering. What's up, Quest? How many of the scene are going to be swole like The Rock, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you guys when we get, because like I said, there's a few, few crazy triggering things that happen here. And, you know, we looked into the releases, and it's not like before. We know a little bit more what's going on. I could tell you a little bit more why WWE's releases, because they released a Stormer, guys. We're going to get to that. Just trying to wet our feet a little bit before we do. So if you guys recall, Jericho had that match. I don't remember what it was called. The one he fell onto cardboard and broke his arm. Oh, yeah. Um, Blood and guts. Blood and guts. And Shotzi Blackheart, she did like a little joke gif because Jericho landed on cardboard and it looked fake. The funny thing is it looked fake, but he really fucked his arm up on that bump just because they set it up poorly. I don't know if you guys remember when we covered this, but... uh. Shotzi put up this gif. I'll put it on screen so that you guys can see here. Hold on. Fucking Spartan G is talking about Fast Furious. He was like, it used to be Need for Speed. Now it's Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. So when Jericho fell off of that cage onto those cardboards, Shotzi over on NXT put up this clip. Sort of making fun of um, Jericho. And remember later on, Jericho did an interview where he said that like there's some people in WWE that later on they, they'll, they'll get released or something and then they're going to come looking for work here in AEW and he's going to remember that shit. He was talking about this. About the fact that uh, he got offended by Shotzi putting out this gif of, of a girl flopping onto a bed sort of mocking that shitty spot that Jericho did. Oh, God. Anyway. So... Shotzi and uh, Tegan Knox spoke to TalkSport and they asked Shotzi about this, about the fact that she offended Jericho, who, you know, basically said, now good luck looking for a job in AEW when they fire us. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he basically said. And uh, this is what she had to say. Shotzi, you caused a little storm earlier this year, didn't you, with Chris Jericho and whatnot. Um, 
think maybe that was taken a bit more seriously than it really should have done. It seemed to blow up a bit that I was a bit, I was surprised. Yeah, you know, I meant no offense to uh, Chris Jericho. I thought, honestly, the match was great. Mm. Um, but you know what? Like, take a joke. Take yeah. a joke, bud. That's what I thought. <laughs> it's just a gift. <laughs> laugh, yeah. laugh at it laugh at it and move move on it's it's live tv you know things happen it's pro wrestling just don't take life too seriously is all i have to say uh i concur and uh yeah hopefully jericho didn't see that shit that way though you better stay your ass in nxt now's a bad time to be employed by nxt also you know oh my god <laughs> Oh, oh, that's why she is on SmackDown. Stacey's just pointing yeah, out she's she, on SmackDown. Her, her knock got out. You see, you still you still want people to hang out on NXT? I told you that was that wasn't a, a very stable. As much as I love it, you know it's my favorite brand, but I've seen them turn ECW into literal putty. Like every week when ECW came on, it was the way that that one night only was. You know, like I have DVDs, I have piles of DVDs. I'll take pictures and show you old DVDs. Where every every show was like that, and they if you if you saw those and then saw what they turned it into, you'd believe anything's possible. Because when it went to sci-fi and I saw it, I didn't even recognize it. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" So be careful what branch you wind up in within this organization. But I guess she's safe, safe for now. Anywhere. Yeah, well, she's safe for now. I think. We say yeah, the next thing you know, we're here next week. The way they just throw out fiery, it's highly believable at this point. So. uh Dixie Carter. Don't ask me. Name I never thought I'd hear again. I stopped everything I was doing to watch. Like normally, I just grab the news. Like I was go around grabbing everything. I went. went, I actually stopped. I was like, wait, what? You know what I'm talking about already? No. Oh, you don't. Oh Oh, shit. Okay. So it's not. I don't know if it's really that big of a deal, but. Ring of Honor is really pushing the women's division right now. And they did like a video package just talking about the importance of women. And Dixie Carter was the one speaking in the video. Has and she ever been in Ring of Honor? No. It was just for me. It's, so what it was the f- fuck is she doing? It was strange. It's kind of cool, but I just it's so strange to see Dixie Carter in Ring of Honor. I'll show you guys. Hey there, it's Dixie Carter, former president. Hold on. Let me bring this up on the screen. Hey there, it's Dixie Carter, former president of Impact Wrestling. One of the greatest things about my time in wrestling was getting to spend it with the incredibly talented women that wrestled for us every week. Nothing made me prouder than to see them shine in a main event, carry their own pay-per-view, or be the highest rated segment on television, which they often were. And today, women's wrestling has never been better or stronger. So to all the ladies competing in the Ring of Honor Women's Championship Tournament, I just wanted to say congratulations and good luck. i tell you something right now. If I hear that next anniversary show that they're having a fucking Dixieland match, they're dead to me. But there's a name I never thought I would hear in Ring of Honor, right? You know but you know, like, you know what? She has more of a right to be in Ring of Honor, though, than, uh, than like, I mean, to, to, I mean, to talk about women's stuff than really Steph does in a lot of ways. Because Dixie yeah, with because the knockouts used to be awesome. Least, yeah, she at least did stuff. She wasn't just there for when they got first time ever. I saw, I don't know, I don't know. I saw, um, Jesus, that distracted me. I have no idea, <laughs> <Sorry>. okay? 
I wasn't looking. I saw cool women's matches in Ring of Honor way before really seeing them in WWE. I mean, yeah, you had the lead entry stuff, but that was really it. And uh, Molly, I guess, was really good. But the way the, the women being a focus, I guess, was being done more in back when I used to actually watch TNA and like it way before. Like the good TNA. The TNA that had Madison Rain and the other beautiful people, Angelina Love and... Ricky James. Yeah, and Tara and... You know, and and ODB was there regularly, and you know what I mean, like that. Their own one night only. Yeah, like that, and they didn't suck ass. That was a that was really good. That was good. That was like the impact that I look at now. It just looks like a like the shattered remains. It doesn't even. Um, it's not the same company. Like when I look at it, I don't even like feel like like with other companies. At least I could go, man, this is so different. I can't believe that. But with them, it's so far removed from the company that I watched that it doesn't even hold like a small remnants of it you know what i mean like nothing about it looks like tna impact or even gfw for that matter it's its own thing and i'm not saying that's good or bad i'm just saying that it's almost impossible to look at what's around now women or men and and even think that that's connected with the things we used to watch like i, I almost find it humorous when i hear things like slammiversary and bound for glory because like it's almost like not really like nxt's more nxt's more fucking uh Halloween Havoc than AEW, or, or I'm sorry, than, than they are bound for, than TNA is bound for glory. I said before, when I watched Slammiversary, it was just odd to see the anniversary show with just a regular size crowd. Like, little stuff like that, it was just like, what the fuck? Yeah, and yeah, you're right, Dixie did let the women shine in, in TNA. And it was, it was... The, the women, the women were getting first over there long before they were getting them in, in WWE. I saw Mickey James and Tara wrestle in a cage match. I saw people like Roxy Laveau wrestle in hardcore matches. And they didn't need Dixie to come out and be like, your girls are getting another one to do it. They just let him fucking do it. That's the way it should be, you know? Now, if the girls get a first time for anything, I'm almost glad they kind of got him out of the way because it's all it would be was just Steph. They just roll Steph out and be like, hey, take all the credit like you've done, fuck all. It'd be interesting to see Dixie Carter show up somewhere, not AEW. But somewhere, you know, I don't think that right now, and it's no disrespect to her or them, but just in the position that everyone's in right now, I just don't think that Dixie Carter showing up on AEW would send the message that we need right now. You know what I mean? Ring of Honor would almost make a little bit more sense because it would it be does. something different and more, it'd be more unexpected as well. Like Dixie Carter showing up in AEW next would startle me a little bit. You know, too much, too much of the same thing. Too many of the same people in Gorilla from last time make me uncomfortable. No disrespect to any of them. It's just a certain combination of foods give me indigestion. You know, <laughs> okay, I'm separate. No disrespect to the food. It's, it's just, just that like, combination. Kind of I like just don't man. want. I think right now with the way this shit is going, I don't want Dixie Carter in AEW of all places. You know what I mean? If, if Dixie Carter comes, then who knows? Next could be Hogan. After Flair, because Flair's inevitably going to be there. Like, what the fuck is going on? What are we watching? Didn't wasn't TNT the the, the wasn't the whole Turner thing that they didn't want wrestling? How did we wind up here again? Hey, Tom's changed. Was this a trick to to bring back world class all along? <laughs> were, was it, were all of us fooled? This might be like the real the the real alliance thing. Remember when like all the ECW guys turned around? <laughs> and it was just like oh shit this wasn't even about like is that what happened here did we just get swerved and like this whole fucking thing was just an elaborate plan to get fans to bring back world class I go back to WCW 
because it seems like that's we're closer to bringing back WCW than anything else dying. This is the closest I've ever seen to WCW coming back in my life. Sting and Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen are all going to be in the same fucking place. Along with Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross. You guys don't remember Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross were the early fucking two announcers of WCW before they even brought over Hogan and them. Before they, we wondered if he was the third man. Right, before the third man, Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone were over there. What the fuck is going on here? It's crazy. This is the closest we've ever come to WCW coming back. Everyone's comparing it to all these other things. I see WCW. The same fucking people, the same people talking to me, same announcers, everything. The same network. As long as, long as we don't get another Goldberg, I'm okay. But yeah, I didn't think about that until you're right, though. You know, you, you have a Reynolds and, and Gorilla running the shit. Spartan Jesus said all elite world championship wrestling. The more I'm thinking about it, the more it's crazy. I mean, fuck, Dustin wrestles at the fucking natural. That's the only place he's ever done that was in WCW. <laughs> if he comes out his... I mean, I swear to God. Guerrero for Chris Jericho. Like, Hooventu Guerrero for fucking Chris Jericho. 19 years they, sne- they slowly snuck the travels here. They slowly made they made WCW. <laughs> Turner, TNT was like, bring all the WCW guys back. Big shows there. Wouldn't it be some shit if we find out later on that was like a TNT call? Like, if you get WCW guys, you bring them in. Well, they, 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 that seems to be the emphasis whenever they bring someone in. Is they go, oh, you know, this person was back in TNT 18 years ago. Like, this whole thing is a fucking and WCW I mean, we reunion. From from times we've talked about stuff with Raw and SmackDown, the network do have a little bit of say. Like, I got to see Arn Anderson hit somebody with a spine buster on Turner Broadcasting in 2020. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Think about this. There's a lot of WCW shit going on. As much as I've been so busy comparing them to all these other guys, it's like they've been sneaking it all under the radar. And yes, to top it all off, they have people who too sweet. <laughs> all they need is paid advertisements, right? I can't fucking believe it when I'm really looking at this. WCW is very much alive. This is like when they tried to, they pulled the Star Wars. All they did was change the Empire to the fucking First Order. You know, it's the same Bart shit. Bart Jesus, don't you ever wish that evil on me. You fucking do it. And anyways, TNA brought seven back. Black Rain, more me meow. Almost everyone who was part of of Thunder and part of Nitro is a producer backstage, if not on camera at all times. That's some shit. Medusa was there. Like, yeah, we could just be. We'll be here forever if we really think about it. And when you really look at it, the color scheme they used to me always felt like Nitro. Like when I'm watching AEW, it looks like Nitro. The camera angles that they use, the gray ring, just the whole color palette there. I feel like I'm watching fucking Nitro. How soon is it gonna be before we cut to commercial break with like a slow motion instant replay as it fades to black with the. I saw it in my head. That's the worst part about it. Oh, God. And Nitro was, the whole purpose of it being called Nitro was because of an emphasis of explosions. And obviously it was a play on Monday Night Raw. But then they have Dynamite, which is just another kind of explosion. It's all connected. They meant to do this. Oh, God. Not even have a Thursday show coming out. A bloated roster. A lot of shit we don't take seriously. Some that we do. Everyone's allowed to do whatever they want, and not one person really books it. This is an unplanned segment. I'm just fascinated with the similarities between AEW and WCW. Now that I'm really fucking looking at it. And Spartan Jesus would be the fucking one talking about some Illuminati confirmed. If think about it, if they would have, if they would have literally Illuminati, that's what it really is, Illuminati, because <laughs> they're Illuminati. It's wow, a conspiracy. Illuminati. <laughs> 
that's what it is look at how fucking crazy this is like i'm i'm my mind is blown out the fucking door right now if they went back in time and did everything that they did exactly the same but just said that they were bringing back wcw and everything happened except those three letters you would have believed it you would have just we would have all accepted we look it looks just like wcw yeah. we like they really did a good job better than ecw they're more wcw than ecw was at one night stand or than tna was at fucking uh hardcore justice like they are straight up nitro right now man they are feeling themselves so much in that nitro atmosphere how soon until we get cheerleaders where are we gonna get the dino girls Juventud <laughs> Guerrero. We later, we later don't have to talk about Juventud Guerrero, who looked like shit, by the way, wrestling Jericho. Yeah, who be who, who, who the the juice has gone sour. Huh? Yeah, those a few. I don't. I can't. I don't even want to. If it doesn't bite me. <sighs> what a weird time to be a fucking wrestling fan, right? This is the strangest time in our lives, and I've seen some weird shit, and it's gonna get weirder. You were there for Kazarni. No, kidding. Before we do that, we're going to talk about Manny Pacquiao, who was asked whether or not he's going to fight Jake Paul. Did you see this? <sighs> no. Me neither. Now, you're fighting in Vegas. Do you expect Floyd to be there? I don't know. I don't know. He's invited. <laughs> he's invited? Okay. Do you, want, do, you want, do you want to face Floyd? Do you want to rematch with Floyd? I'm still active in boxing. I, you know. idea. Um, he's retired already, so I don't know. You're open to it? Yes. Now there's a lot of talk. He's coming off a fight versus Logan Paul. Would you fight a YouTuber, for instance, like Jake Paul? No, I will not. You don't want to do it? I will not. I, will, I, I want to fight uh, the best to add, my, uh, to add into my legacy. So you don't consider Jake Paul a good fighter? Uh, he, I'm not underestimating Paul, but uh, he's, um, he don't have a uh, long experience of boxing. So it's in, that, in that point, uh, he's already uh, a disadvantage for him to fight in boxing. Because he just got in and started? Yes. Okay, he'll never, you don't think he'll ever reach that professional level? It's up to him. Maybe he will continue his career as a boxer, but uh, boxing is not that easy to you know, to fight. And, uh, yeah, but not if, he, focusing if he called you out, you wouldn't be open to it? I'm sorry? Would you be open to it, to the fight? I don't know. I don't know. You've been long rumored to fight Connor. You guys are in current litigation. How is that playing out? Would you consider fighting him? Oh, that's uh, before. It's a, a, a promise, but uh, it didn't go through. Any any chance in the future you guys will battle it out? I don't know. I don't have idea. It's a possibility, though. After this is all said and done. I don't know. <laughs> See. He were annoying the shit out of him. But yeah, I, I like that he said that he wants to add to his legacy because fighting fucking Jake Paul is not going to add to your legacy. Just you stepping in the ring with him is hurting your legacy. I respect Pacquiao for that, man. And it's like I said before with the Floyd thing. Fuck this exhibition shit. If a YouTuber steps in your house, you whoop his ass and you send him back out. Don't drag the shit on. You put him on his ass and like, tell him to like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't know, you you may weather fans out there. I don't understand. I don't think y'all understand how badly your boy fucked up his legacy. He didn't put down a YouTuber. <laughs> I would, I swear to God, I'd jump off a bridge if I let somebody walk out of my house alive like that. Like, and it, once again, 
it's calling out somebody who either is not with their prime or doesn't do it anymore. Like, this PSA, I'm not interested until that motherfucker fights somebody who actually does this shit. Your quest at Pac-Man translation. Get the F out of here with that Jake Paul BS. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. He looked annoyed, right? And then the guy pressed afterward. Like, he already answered your question, bro. You know, like, how are you going to ask the guy again? Right. Like, he literally said he's not interested. That means you don't talk about fucking YouTuber or Suicide Forest Boy anymore. Like, what are you doing? Leave leave the guy alone. They they keep trying to push it to get a certain answer. I I wish to God Jake Paul existed in the era of Tyson, man. Yo, Tyson would not. I have let him make it past a fucking introduction. It would have been, Mr. Tyson, you're <laughs> happy now? <laughs> Fuck Dick Paul. Tyson would have fucked him until he loved him. That's what fucking she was like. Would have just knocked his. It would have. Oh my God. Can you. I can't even imagine. I wouldn't have been able to look. There's Tyson fights where he's fought professional boxers. Because we talked about it before. Tyson's still scary. There's times he's fought other professional boxers where I saw the writing on the wall. And I, I didn't even want to look. Like, I just felt bad, like, just before the bell. Like, oh, my God. Like, I'm, like I want to see this, but it's like I'm cringing. Like, I already know what Yo, this is going to be like. And it's back, always been back worse. In his, back, back in his heyday, and this is not saying that fucking Mike Tyson could not still go now because that man is terrifying even at his age. I used to see people get hit by Tyson, and they had this look like they're surprised they're still there. Oh, yeah. Everyone like, always like, looks they, surprised. They, they, would, they would have that. Everybody knew that look. When Tyson called you with one, one good one and they stayed up, they looked up like they were surprised the human body could take that level of punishment and stay active. He was a fucking animal. And that's the thing. That was terrifying. Like, that Still Paul is. shit wouldn't rock in our generation. There's just no way. It would have been the shortest pay-per-view we've ever seen. If it would have even gone to pay-per-view because if they would have tried any of that goofy shit with Mike Tyson that they do before the fight, he would have killed them. It wouldn't have made it to the fight. Just being in the press conference. With people Tyson used to complain you about. Fuck you gonna say. People used to complain about how fast Tyson would finish his work. You know, he's gonna like, get paid by the hour. Nope, not even by the minute. <laughs> that, 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 that's why I think it almost kind of it's weird to me when I see people complain about short fights. And I was like, you remember Tyson fights back in the day? People like Tyson and Butterbean. No motherfuckers didn't let you last thirty seconds. <laughs> Like, if we made it through those days, I think we'll be okay with some of the stuff we see now. Anyone who got to live through, in my opinion, anyone who got to live through the Jordan slash Tyson era live makes it a lot easier to suspend your disbelief in any kind of fiction at that point. You know, where it's just like, yep, I've seen amazing shit, so why not this? <laughs> I saw a man punch the soul out of another man and the soul retreat back into the body. Nothing At this point, nothing's off the table. Like, oh, man, I, that's, that's something that would have been the one time that would have been worth it. And the only thing that would have been bad about it is I could tell by Jake Paul and the way that he is that it wouldn't have been, it, it wouldn't have sent him the right message because most of the people who are in Tyson's fight are only in like the first quarter of it. The rest of it is them on the floor and everything else happening afterwards. It's like, I don't think that he would have remained conscious enough to actually suffer, to be scared enough to not want to do it again. He'd probably try to say run it back just because Mike Tyson finishes people so fucking fast. That do, do, do you really suffer? It's like getting shot in the head, but not dying. Like, how much could they really suffer? I've seen him hit people where it's like, there's no way they remember that shit. The ones that you're talking about, sure. Like, if we're lucky. And he gets one of those ones where he hits you. The ones where where it doesn't happen that way, sure. Like those guys, I've seen the ones you're talking about where they go in and then they get hit and they back up. They get hit and it's like, holy shit. (laughs) If he gets one of those and we're blessed with that from God, then sure. (laughs) 
because then he'd have that moment in the ring where he's trying to figure his body and his mind are both saying different things. Like his body's there to fight, but his mind's like, what? <laughs> We're still here. You understand that moment by itself would make whatever price they charge worth it. Go back to YouTube. Oh my God. That'd be fucking Wait. wonderful. Just that one time, just a moment with a fucking, oh my God. The fuck? What hit me? Did, is he armed? What? Yeah, that's what we need. Get somebody tough. We don't have killers anymore. I'm telling you, just, I'm telling, this is what you do. You put Jake Paul in there. Either of the fucking Paul, but fuck it. Put them both in there with Amanda Nunes. Problem solved. Yeah, no, you'd get to open up Pandora's box in today's world with that. Oh, boy. But yeah, kudos to Pacquiao for not damaging his legacy by trying to fuck with these guys and be part of it. Like, he's a good boxer. You don't need to lower yourself to that shit. He's always been more about legacy than money anyway. Exactly. You know? So uh, what else do we got on this wonderful program? Is the heat coming yet? I guess some of the heat starts here. Not much. So this oh, isn't the trigger gosh. warning yet. So Michael Elgin worries fans after posting goodbye video. Yay. Have you seen this? I have not. Oh, this is the first time I'm hearing of it. This oh, Jesus. Me neither. Let's have a look. Oh, my God. This is 27 minutes, Dustin. I should have looked at this before we came out. Where the fuck do we start this uh. from? The last oh, post of any kind I'm going to make. And um, the last three and a half months was the first time I really opened up when I saw a counselor and a psychiatrist. You know, I've been to counseling before, but I didn't really allow myself to share much that was real. And I didn't really open up my mind to listen to what people had to say to me. And it's allowed me to do a lot of soul searching and understand what I have to do with my life and understand that I need to be comfortable with moving forward. And I now know that, I now know what I have to do to move forward. And the last week I have tried to get things in order and uh, tell the people that I care about what they mean to me and express certain things to them that I was never comfortable or able to do. And there's still a lot I'd like to say to those people. And I want to say a lot of this here um, so that they know that I wasn't just giving them lip service when I spoke to them, that I meant the things I was saying. So first, you know, I want to thank every wrestling promotion, every wrestling promoter, Every wrestler that I got to share the ring with, thank you for being part of my journey and thank you for being a part of my life. You know, the little kid in kindergarten that told his teacher he wanted to be a wrestler and the kid growing up that wore all the wrestling t-shirts and played with his wrestling toys and watched wrestling tapes over and over again. Him looking at what I was able to accomplish, I'm sure he would, uh, he wouldn't believe it, you know? And uh, I know I'm hard-headed and stubborn and sometimes thought I always knew right. And sometimes I acted out. And I'm, I'm sorry that I did, but know that I appreciate each and every one of you that I was able to share a locker room with. Or oh, so this is really long. We can't go into this whole thing here. Stepped up as a father figure. Go out and wrestle and you had the cage. It was. And how happy you were and i'm sorry that i'm sorry that i didn't give you the time 
and the care that you deserved. Because, because you are the best thing that has ever happened to me. Must be talking with kids. I'm and I was so jump forward a little attracted bit. to the way you look. And I was so happy to have you in my life. And if any of my actions ever made you feel like I was trying to make you feel bad when we weren't being intimate, I apologize. Because I know 100% that never was I like, oh, I'm going to do this to make her feel bad about that. Now, if any of my actions made you feel that way, you have every right to feel any way you feel. And I know the last week of our relationship, I was was arguing with you about so many things that were foolish and childish on my part and I was just falling apart and instead of telling you how I was really feeling I made it seem like there was something wrong in our relationship on your end and there wasn't so if the things that I acted out in okay we have some time I agree with George we just don't have the been supportive and loving and caring I appreciate you do the things that I have to do to to be at peace. So once again, to everybody I didn't name, you know who you are. And you know that you mean a lot to me. And to Jax, to Rachel, my mom, Don, and even Alex. I really did and do care for you deeply. And for any time that I lacked in showing you that, I'm sorry. If there was a time machine that I could go back and improve those things and have the time to sit down and ask what I have to do to be better for each and every one of you, I would. But that's impossible. So again, thank you to everybody that's been a part of this journey so far. And uh, this will be the last that you hear from me as that chapter is officially closed. So yeah, he's definitely going through some issues there. I I mentioned to you guys last week that uh like I do the uh after I run I I run work on the show all day putting the program together, but just after Raw ends, I do that last final sweep because the news always changes in that last sweep. So update in that last sweep that I did, uh, his close personal friend found him to be safe and sound. For anyone who was worried about his condition after that, I know there was speculation for a couple of uh days in regards to that oh that's crazy Hmm. right you know i feel bad for the guy you know he definitely sounds like he's trying to uh to take a step in the right direction i hope that he is you know yeah true that sucks that uh that happened i know he had issues so yeah i'd like to see him get his life together and hopefully not close a chapter permanently you know exactly like come back to wrestling or whatever Unless he just kind of feels like there's going to be one of those things where people are going to wait for him to get successful and then try to bring up old shit. Like you always say, why well, you got to bring up old shit? Or whatever. Exactly. I guess he has, to, why, why? he has to make pass with his, uh, he has to make peace with his past issues. Yeah, no? Exactly. True that. Well, I wish him the best and whatever he decides to do with himself, you know? Definitely sucks to oh, hear yeah. about that. Glad to hear he's okay, though. Yeah, dude. Get yourself better soon. So, Braun Strowman recently posted. A sexy picture. They involve a hot tub. Oh, wrong person. That was Natalia. Yeah. See, that ain't Braun. And Braun's changed. Changes. Holy shit. No. 
He says, update, after five days of less than 50 grams of carbs a day, I was 343 today. Still holding some water, but I'm okay with that. See, he's smart. Less than 50 grams of carbs, that's still a little high. I bet if he dropped that shit 20 more grams a day, well, well, yeah, he might die. You're right. Wow, that got more quick. <laughs> I mean, I looked. Up, I looked up at him when I said it. I was like, yeah, I mean, probably die. Fifty gram, thirty gram if you're regular, is good. Will keep you. You could get a body like that if you were to work at it and keep your gram count around there. Fifty is a little high, but I guess yeah. When his size, are probably there's probably some math there that we have to redo. You know, he went to keto mode so quick and it was like, oh, wait, no, no. That motherfucker probably stays in keto at 200 grams of carbs a day. <laughs> <laughs> How come you only ordered six Dunkin' Donuts? Oh, I don't want to break keto. <laughs> <laughs> because you have to understand that if this fucking post starts with after five days of less than 50 grams of carbs a day, what was his regular carb intake? It's probably some astronomical number that we're not even thinking of. It's probably like his carb intake probably just says white castles. <laughs> you know, it's just all of the burgers here. 50 carbs a day is the compromise. Why you only get six I'm trying to break Carb is funny. I'm not going to make this a health show because I know we talk wrestling here, but I'm telling you, even even Braun realizes that the carbs are what fuck you up. Like, if you look again, full disclosure, we posted birthday pics today of the wife. If you look at that body, that body came from that carb count, man, more than anything. It doesn't matter what your weight is. You'd be amazed how quickly that shit works. And that's how that's what happened with Braun here. He lowered his carb count. 50 still kind of high, but he's huge, you know? Anyway, that's not even what this post is about. But uh, he says, I have a big refeed coming to blow me back up. What the hell does that mean? Like a refeed? Like, what, does a truck just back up burgers into his mouth? What's a refeed? No that sounds like something that you would give, like, to a tiger. Time for his refeeding. Fuck is going on? Yeah, right, of all things. Really enjoying this. New, they, announced, they announced part two of that game also. Yeah, really enjoying this new yeah, program. Yeah. Oh, yes, I'm so excited. I'm fucking excited. <laughs> Maybe Braun will be in it. How happy I am with that shit. Maybe Braun will be in it. He could be the crossover. You have the Jurassic Park feeding for Braun. You know what? Fuck it. We're, we're, we're apparently going to have, I think, Ariel and Marine Dinosaurs. Give me a fucking Braun exhibit. I'm sold. Yeah, right. The Brontosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, right. Feed him. Feed him fucking Ryback. So he has a big refeed coming to blow him back up. Really enjoying this new program. Mental Entity has been helping me with. I have a whole new fire lit under me to do better. Not only my physical appearance, but my mentality. To be a better, healthier, more loving person and stop being negative and hateful to things for no reason. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to. It's just funny that. It's still it, funny. It's, it's just a funny, funny sentence that he decided to say. To stop being negative and hateful to things for no reason. It's cool that he's able to open up and say something that honest about his personality. But it's funny to think that that's an issue he had. He was a person who openly admits that he was negative and hateful to things for absolutely no fucking reason. Now he goes on to say, I've gone through some really rough times as of late and ran off a lot of people I really cared about in life. And it kills me knowing I hurt other people in me being so negative. All I can do now is sift through the ashes of everything I burned down and hope for forgiveness and start to rebuild myself for the better to show 
to everyone that I can and I will change. So, hmm. I love how he talks like a deep philosophical fucking thing, and then I want my nips done too. <laughs> what the fuck? You know, this deep this guy, this whole guy spills his fucking guts. First thing the pops on chat, I want my nips done too. <laughs> you know, Write definitely this is definitely a wrestling chat room. That's exactly the kind of shit that that, that, that you would see in a typical wrestling chat room, isn't it? Like exactly the way that that went. We talked about him and how he went, did some soul searching, realized he doesn't want to be negative and he wants to make it up to other people in life. And I will change. Hey, I want my you. nips done too. What's the next thing after that? Anyway, Don't Bron. Don't answer that question. Anyway, Bron. Uh, so he's saying that he will change. At least he admits that there was an issue. And it makes me wonder, maybe maybe he was hard to work with in WWE since we did hear rumors of that. We heard that he was a difficult guy. Now he's admitting it. Maybe they were like, fuck how big he is. Let's fire this asshole. He's being a dick to us. You know, because he's admitting it. He's sorry, right? So I don't know if it's specifically the WWE, but he's saying that he's sorry. So maybe he's a, that's all that, you know, I didn't even notice it. And I have it on a big fucking, there's like a 60 inch screen and I didn't even notice it. Right. The last thing I was paying attention to was this man's nipples. Like, like I told you guys before, the graphic of the stream is really like to my right really is that screen like that is that size. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice still. I guess I didn't want to. Now I can't Old not see it. Nips. Gone. <laughs> Oh boy! You'd be thankful you didn't have to deal with 4K nipples, right? <laughs> I love how I just hear Stasis die in the fucking background. We like, gonna kill the poor girl. On her deal with again. 4K nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, Ronda Rousey apparently got heat. This brings me back. Remember when Ronda used to oh, be a heel? I heard about this. What happened? Let me see here. Oh, I think I read this. I read this when I was like off, off duty, I guess you could say. Off, se- off duty. <laughs> yeah. I've seen you same quote unquote fans chanting, we want Wyatt last night chanting, we want beach balls over, over Bray Wyatt performing. If WWE treated him like he was expendable because you ungrateful idiots did first. Ooh, what do you think of that tweet? Um, you know, Ron, the WrestleMania, the, the post WrestleMania crowd's not there all year. Like that. That's just one night of the year they want beach balls. Relax. <laughs> but I mean, uh, I can see where she's coming from to an extent because there are some fans that like they don't appreciate some of these people while they're here, but then the second they go on, they want to be up. They want to be an uproar. Yeah. And I mean, there were fans like us that obviously fucking loved Bray and loved everything he did and enjoyed everything he did. But then there's also those fans that just talk shit <laughs> so Bray in a sense is coming to the defense of uh, well, Ronda rather is coming to the defense of Bray saying that if the fans would have uh, supported him in the first place then maybe Vince wouldn't have gotten rid of him uh, but George hit the nail on the head I disagree with her more than I agree with her in this yeah, case same. because that's a bad example if you're going to use that example then don't use it with Bray because you're by saying that, first of all, you're you're stereotyping and you're grouping all of the fans together as one entity, and you shouldn't do that. I know that a lot of the time they can be, but in this case, it couldn't be more of a divisive opinion here. That like, would fit more that, for somebody like a Mojo Rawley or something like that. Yeah, like everyone, we like we like Bray. I like Bray. You like Bray. Everyone in the chat room like Bray. 
We all like the fiend. We like the regular Bray. We always talk positive about him. Most of the fans put their phones up during the segments. They all popped when he came out. Everybody supported Bray. It's really crazy for her to say that just because people asked for beach balls a few times during a match. Like it's like implying the guy wasn't over. He was over and the fans, he had the support of the fans more than anybody. So there's no reason whatsoever for her to say that. And uh, the Firefly Funhouse, that, that was a leap of faith, too, not for nothing when it first started. And they still and they still yeah, were able to keep back. the fans. You know what I mean? Because so the fans knew it was, for, it was from Bray. You know, and it's kind of like doing that shit. Is, it, it almost, it sounded at first when I read that shit, and I hate to say it, it sounded at first like Ronda defending Bray. And then I read it correctly the second time and realized that it was Ronda defending WWE. You know, she's a company girl, clearly, and that and, was and that she, was a it cloaked, sounds like she's just trying to get heel heat too. And that and that was, but that was a cloaked company answer. You know, because that sort of shifts blame away from WWE's accountability at releasing somebody who's an asset to the company, and you really blame the fans. So basically, you're saying if it wasn't for the fans acting the way they did, this is all his fault. Bray's career is over because of the fans. You know what I mean? Not because WWE released him like they did 50 fucking one other people. But right. because and this particular blame, instance you blame us is because too? of the fans. I, I'm sure WWE loves that response coming out around his mouth. She blamed the fucking fans like they do. I don't think that was a good response at all. And upon reading it once, which is why I read everything twice, it does. I don't know. It doesn't sound like a character because this doesn't have to do anything with character. Somebody lost their fucking job. You know, yeah, she shouldn't have a character the, during this. Her whole thing was the, the live shit on the fans. But so she's allowed to get heat by bringing up something in character about someone who really lost their job. But when Leo Rush did the same thing to Emma, that wasn't okay. Because Leo Rush yeah, said, oh, I guess I guess that's what happens when you aren't ready for Oscar after she lost her Oscar in her last match and then and then got released. And then she got released for that because the whole point being made was that he didn't know his fucking place as far as the kayfabe of things. But it's okay. I'm not giving Ronda that excuse that, oh, there's a character. Bray yeah. actually got released. There's no fucking storyline going on here. You know? And again, as a character, that still sounds like a very corporate answer. The fans aren't accountable oh, yeah, for yeah. WWE that, that, firing anybody. No, without, without a shadow of a doubt, that's some corporate type shit. You know, this is the reason I don't pay for their fucking network anymore because how are they going to shift the blame to us for firing people? Now, that, that's a very pretentious uh, wording to have there. And, and then at the end, to, to say ungrateful idiots, it's like... Ungrateful? Well, the same motherfuckers who cheered you, you were like, what the fuck are you talking about ungrateful? You know, it's just kind of like I don't I don't really like that because you can't shift the fame to the, the blame to the fans, especially for someone that they support. And the proof of the fact that they support him is the fact that the a lot of the uh, advertisers are pissed off at the fact that Bray's gone and the channels oh, yeah. are pissed off because of the amount of merchandise that he moved and the amount of things that they could do with him and the money that he was bringing in. So if it was just that the fans weren't supporting him, it would be that that's a contradiction to what we're hearing about the heat that they're getting with their investors because they really like the money Bray was bringing in. Where does that money come from? If not the fans, like, are you giving all that money, Rhonda? Like, I mean, well, let, let's be real. When you look at how over Bray, um, Jordan said that Bray's always been over. Remember like in the early days of the Wyatt family, when they first came up to the main roster, Bray wasn't beating a lot of people. But Bray was over than everybody who more over than everybody who was beating him. <laughs> yeah, but I hate this fan blaming bullshit that's going on. I don't want to segue too far, but it's, Kevin Smith did the same thing. He made that He Man spoiler alert where He Man's killed in the first fucking episode, and then it becomes all about Tilo and muscles. Sort of like they they Last of Us two He Man for anyone who didn't watch it yet. You know, 
Um, and I'm not even joking. If you know the plot of Last of Us 2, it's very similar to He-Man. It's just that oh, Last yeah. of Us 2 was a little bit more apologetic to Joel than they were to He-Man. And, uh, you know, when you look at that, they, you know, Kevin Smith blamed fans. And it was kind of like, you can't blame fans. You, you, you killed off He-Man in the first episode and then made it about Tila with muscles. That's what fucking happened. And then he swore on his child's life that this you'd get more He-Man than you want in this thing. And he dies in the first thing. I'm sorry for spoiling it for you, but I'm really not. This is a piece of shit. And if you like it, you're probably a piece of shit. So you shouldn't even be listening Spoiler to this. Spoiler story, your kids are fucked. Yeah, that fucking He-Man sucks. I didn't even watch it. I just, I just, I just read the synopsis and, and saw some of it. I've I seen enough. I've seen enough. But the point being, he's blaming the fucking fans. That the fans need to grow up. You're the one that has a hard-on for Tila, motherfucker, and you're a middle-aged man. Get together. Make your life. Can't fucking blame the fans every time something happens. All because of us, He-Man's dead. So let me see if I'm understanding this correctly. We killed He-Man and got Brave fired, right? This is what the fans did. We're such shitty fans. Those same fans who held up the fire, held up the phone lights, and lit up the fucking buildings every time he came out. That's amazing. That's amazing. The fans like us that as kids had had the Castle Grayskull with all the toys and shit, or had the game for Intellivision and ColecoVision, the video games and shit. Fuck you. I didn't kill He-Man. You did. And I didn't fire you ass. And I didn't fire Bray. You did. My fucking behavior as a fan has nothing to do with these decisions, and I'm sick of people doing that shit. Every time something goes wrong in Hollywood or in WWE, which are practically the same entity right now, the first fucking thing they do is say that the fans did it. Like we're 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 all family when everything goes right, but the second something goes wrong, it's on them. No, you know what? I wasn't gonna go. I wasn't going to go into this, but I canceled most of all that other shit, too, after the He-Man thing. The He-Man was the other trigger. Peacock was number one. He-Man was number two. That, that He-Man thing it made me cancel shit that wasn't even Netflix, honestly. Just because it made me not. I don't trust anybody. I don't trust anyone now. None of you. None of you corporations. Fuck you all. Because for me to see Kevin Smith swear on his child's life that this would get more He-Man than ever, and then He-Man died in the first fucking episode and all became Altila, I do not trust any of you. None of you. You're all crazy. You're a little bit too left fucking leaning, and I don't really go into politics. I'm not on either side, but that's some crazy left leaning shit right there. So now I would just not have subscription services. Fuck them. I keep the Amazon video because it comes with the uh, because I get things delivered here. But I'm I'm done. I'm done with all these other things, and this is what I'm talking about. This was gonna happen. You're gonna alienate your fans when you do shit like that. Your fans are gonna learn and they're gonna turn on you. If it could happen to Kevin Smith, it could happen to WWE. It's like I said with now it extends past the booking. Now it's shit like this. They are going to piss people the fuck off. And it's not going to matter how many goddamn fans Raw and SmackDown pull in every week. That's just going to drop because eventually nobody's going to give a shit about how good the wrestling is. They're just going to remember about that time you let Ronda Rousey blame uh, blame us for breaking fire. Yeah. Tell me about it. And and you notice, have you noticed too, this is the only company that does this. Impact doesn't blame the fans. ROH doesn't blame the fans. Fucking even CZ fucking W doesn't blame the fans. But these guys blame the fans. It's something else. Bottom of the barrel company with big fucking money. That's what WWE is. Let's let's stop pretending like it ain't fucking true. I wasn't going to bring that up, but no, Cabigan, you're right. He died twice because they did a thing. I mean, let's talk about it a little bit. They did a thing. They blamed the fans twice, didn't they? They did a thing where He-Man's in the afterlife where there are other He-Man that came before him, but they could bring him back. But the stipulation is very similar to what happened with Dragon Ball with Vegeta during the Kid Boo fight, where it's like, you're here now, but if you get taken out, this time will be... Do you remember that whole thing? With, with I'll Vegeta. never forget it because it's the most tense I've ever seen during a Vegeta asshole. Yeah, because he's already had the... Vegeta already had the Halo and he's fighting Kid Boo and it's like, look, if you get killed here, that's it. Like, they can't even bring you back from that. Like, your soul's gone. They kind of did that with He-Man. Like, they- <laughs> 
<laughs> like after the death, I'm talking happened again. I'm not sure if he's dead. He was definitely incapacitated. Who knows? But the point being, whether or not he died, they blame the fucking fans for the death of He-Man and for the death of The Fiend, apparently. For the death of Bray Wyatt. Ronda, that's a very corporate answer, man. The fans didn't do shit. You might not want to come back after that shit, Ronda. You motherfuckers are the ones that are firing WWE people and killing Han Solo in weird ways and doing weird shit to people. Fuck off. Stop trying to make this shit about us. I've seen some of the most offensive things on television in the past five years ever. Fuck off the craziness. They did those fucking Star Wars movies and that was us too. Remember, they were blaming us for those and those were horrible. You had like tons of comic books out there that you could have copied off of that were actual Star Wars stories you could have made in cartoons and shit and even games that were better stories. You made that shit. How's that the fan's fault? If you had tons of material to make and you made those shitty movies. Even George R. R. Martin, George R. R. Martin didn't fucking blame us on Daenerys dying. Spoiler. But <laughs> well, we're spoiling everything. Yeah, fuck it. But yeah, it's just like, yeah, I don't know, Ronda. You might not want to come back down to that shit because uh, you think they were mean before? <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, bad creative is bad across the board. Writing is writing, whether it be that you're writing Roseanne or you're writing Raw or you're writing fucking Disney stuff or, or whatever. You know what I mean? Whether you're writing He-Man, it's, it's, don't don't make a bad fucking decision that looks bad on paper. And then, and like, don't they usually have like groups? Don't they usually have group viewings where people rate things? Like, how do you feel about the fact that we murdered fucking He-Man and made Tila when Muscles the lead? Like, can they have a group or something? You know, like, how do you, get, get out of here? That, 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 that would be the game equivalent if Todd Howard blamed everybody else for why Fallout 76 sucked ass when it came out. We got to be patient or understanding. We don't get it. We don't get the storylines. Fuck off. People wonder why I'm not patient with WWE anymore. Shit like that's why. I don't. I. 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 am done with the whole. Don't count them out or anything. No, they either they either prove it or they suck. But this is what I'm talking about. This is the reason why I'm talking about high canceled Peacock, but not just them. Don't just isolate them. It's everyone. It's it's companies oh. right now. It's entertainment media has this this axe to grind where they want to give you specific snowflake material that has agendas to it. But at the same time that they're doing that, they also want to call you immature and all this other shit. You know what? I got to find this. Let me see if I can find this here. Where the fuck is this at? Give me a minute. And this is still, we're, going, we're moving a little bit away from wrestling, but this is the reason why, because this, is, this goes into why I canceled all of the stuff. Give me a second here. But you could keep talking about, like, what are your thoughts about, about this entire situation, about Ronda saying, oh, well, it's the fans. And- you know, the funny thing is, the more I hear it, the more aggravated I get. Because at the end of the day, it's like we said before, those fans backed Bray when they gave him dog shit when they gave him that little two and a half second WWE championship run those fans backed him the whole way we remember that one where they had the fucking screen on the ring and they were just playing dumb shit on there the whole fucking time or they were playing fucking Tiny Toon Adventure their fucking Disney Tales and shit in the middle of a fucking match those fans backed Bray the entire time there has never been a moment where fans have not backed Bray Wyatt from his best time to his freaking worst the whole time he was with us, we backed him the entire way. So in no way, shape, or form is it ever going to be our fault he's gone. Exactly. But that's the thing. Fan blaming is the new gimmick. And again, and I know people are going to get pissed, but I'm going back to Master of the Universe as a reference. Keep in mind that I already spoiled the fact that He-Man dies in the first fucking half of the first fucking episode. Right? And then the show goes on with Tila and Muscles for the rest of it. Now watch this trailer. We're going to watch the He-Man trailer together. And tell me if you get the impression that it's not going to fucking have He-Man in it. 
I almost shared this trailer. That could have been me sharing this shit. <laughs> time after time, you try to take this castle, but you will never succeed, Skeletor. Call your champion. Fuck you, Netflix. Fuck you. Okay? You see what I'm talking about? That shit made me cancel everything because I don't trust anybody. They deliberately showed you the trailer of the He-Man that they knew you would want, and then they bait and switch you. This isn't just what we didn't know. They fucking bait and switched you there. Did you see that trailer and think, would you have thought, I should let you watch that shit? So you would have seen He-Man fucking die. <laughs> I look, we gotta look at it from the, from the other perspective. There was a lot of He-Man in there. Actually, I can't, I, can't, I can't even finish it. It's so stupid. <laughs> I completely went blank. I fucking... Oh, Holly you know, Holm. I, I, I follow Holly Holm. Like, 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 mm-hmm. Completely taking the UFC and shit. We're talking about WWE Ronda. We're talking about Ronda who... Just as a person. In front of the same fans she was talking shit about. Just as a person, blaming fans for, for Bray Wyatt losing his job like that. You know, WWE canceled him. They didn't. You know, I don't like that at all. And the Holly Holm thing, we follow Holly Holm career here from the beginning. I said that was a beautiful story for me just because I didn't know those two worlds were going to collide. And it's like if anyone was going to take her, I was going to be her. I've seen Holly set somebody up for that same exact thing too, the oblique kick, and then have them turn into that that kick. She's done. Go back and watch. Google, Google Holly Holm and look at it. She, it's not like this was, oh, I just happened to get Ronda. This is a calculated, she's a fucking professional. And she, this was, she by design was the perfect, we said before, she by design was the perfect fighter to be her. That was her finisher. It wasn't like she just got her with a lucky kick. Like, oh, that kick was she no. If you go back and look, that's the she beat people with that same trick before. That's her finishing kick. You know what I mean? She said, "Round up." This and, is a professional. Hands by the fact that Ronda was fucking exhausted by the time she lit. But she she waited for that shot. Yeah, and Nunez is super saiyan. You know, there's nothing that could be said about that. Nunez is just a super saiyan. Just, who, who could punch? Who could do anything about that? That's just an abnormal. Like Nunez is just a freak of nature. She's like a Tyson of girls. Like I've never seen a girl hit that fucking hard before. I can't blame Ronda. <laughs> Nunez is like when you get the fucking juggernaut and caught. It's just all over for anything in range. Yeah, like at that point, everything changed. Like she hits way too hard. Like I've never, I don't even understand. Nunez to this day hits people so hard. It's the same thing as Tyson. If you get hit and don't go and don't lose consciousness, you're amazed the body keeping withstand that kind of damage and still stay active. She ran I, through fucking cyborg. <laughs> I feel so bad because I forget the name of the girl who I last seen Nunez beat, but she fucking beat her so bad that the next day, coincidentally, I found that girl streaming on Twitch, and I just watched her stream. <laughs> and I didn't want you to laugh. 
Uh, but I, I just watched her stream for an hour. I just felt so bad. I almost felt like I was just give, giving her energy back from now. I was like, damn. She's on Twitch the now. The only reason it's funny is because we watched her knock Misha Tate into retirement. Which, speaking of that, congratulations to Misha because she's back and won her first fight. But uh, I missed it. We watched her knock. Yeah, we watched her knock Misha Tate into retirement, and then we watched her knock another girl on Twitch. Spartan Jesus, that's our fatality. <laughs> it with, really with, is. with Holly Holm. Yeah, no, Holly Holm. That, that's that thing. That there was there wasn't that moment where like Ronda tried to stay up. It was just gone. So I don't like Ronda's answer here, and I no longer trust corporations. Is the moral of the story? that we're getting in regards to uh, what's happening here. But but the thing is, with Bray Wyatt, we did hear rumors, and we didn't... This is Okay, this is where we're probably going to get a little bit triggered. Here comes Warner. I guess for, for the rest of the show, we get a little bit triggery here based on certain things that are being said. We're going to get into the releases that happen later on, but out of all of the releases that have happened, assuming, just assuming that what we heard was true that bray got bray took time off because he was having mental health issues he was taking mental health days out of all of the releases if that story turns out to be true and confirmed he's the release i can understand the most i know people say that that's that that's insensitive of me and you know whatever you have to tolerate mental health and all that other shit i'm not speaking just from my perspective i'm, I'm speaking from the perspective of old school 70 year old men Vince McMahon is a 70-year-old man that comes from a different generation as the rest of us, where you didn't cry in front of women and you hid your feelings and shit, I guess. And you you know what I mean? You didn't show weakness. You There was no mental health day. There was no fucking, you, you did what you had to do to provide for your family and that's all that there was to. And if you didn't feel well, you still went to work and you did what you had to do. And I know we live in this new world where now, if you say that, you're an asshole. Because they're supposed to have tolerance. But what I'm saying is that Vince, during a pandemic, relied on this guy. And he let his character be one of the people that was around. He was getting more TV time with Alexa Bliss than anyone. They were doing a lot of Bray Wyatt stuff. It's like I told you guys about how you learned who you can count on during a pandemic. Who your real family and friends are. You learned who the pieces of shit are. You got to really look at it from a business perspective, too. If you can't rely on your talent during the worst time in history, in our current history, then... Why then? Then what do you need him for now? That's the I'm saying again from the Vince McMahon perspective of what's happening with Bray Wyatt. You know the character, him as Bray, him as the, the Fiend, the transformation, the whole thing. He came up with all of it very creative. But the thing is that when you don't feel like doing something, if you don't do it, that used to be considered negative. Not just well, you have to understand. It wasn't up to your community or your listeners or your fans or your viewers to understand. It was up to you to fucking come through. You made that decision when you decided to be an entertainer, a performer, a wrestler, a streamer, a podcaster, a blogger, you name it. You made the decision at that point that this is what you're going to do and you're going to commit to this in a certain way to a certain extent. And yeah, shit happens and you're, you, you can only extend yourself but so much. But at the end of the day, you did commit to that. And it and, and someone like Vince probably looks at this like I'm firing people left and right and I kept Bray Wyatt around. And then he he fucking you know, he's having a mental health day. I know it's selfish when you if you look at it from a certain perspective. But I'm just saying I could see them not letting a guy like that work again. And I said this on here before. And you're right, Spartan Jesus. The guy's friend died, Brody Lee. But you know what? You know who else was Brody Lee's friend? Everybody. 
everyone in the AEW locker room and in the WWE locker room was Brody Lee's friend. The Dark Order, who's part of AEW, who was in the group that he was part of, and they kept working. They had fucking they had they they had a show in his honor that at that point where all the members of a faction competed. You think you don't think that was fucking hard for those guys to go out there when the guy just died? That must that had to, that, that was like one of the Owen Hart situation. Those guys had to go out there and tribute to this guy who passed away. That was fucking hard for everybody. It was hard to watch. It was hard for them to do. It was a struggle, but they 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 did it. You know what I mean? And I bet they felt good afterwards. I'm not this isn't a slight on Bray Wyatt's character, but it's just saying that from a certain perspective, I can see people looking at the fact that we were in a time in history with COVID. We had nothing was fucking certain, but we still had some entertainment, which he was included in. And uh, yeah, I get it. Brody Lee died and a lot of crazy shit happened and a lot of people handled it differently. But unfortunately, he was in a situation where they gave him the ball and kind of said, look, you're going to be a main character on one of the remaining shows on primetime television. And we need A, B and C out of you. Can you do it? It's not like they just dropped this shit in your lap a lot of the time. And if we know anything about Bray, we know that he was the one that came up with his character, his gimmick and everything. So that means he's dropping a lot of this shit in their lap. And yeah, there were some creative conflicts about things that they wanted to do and that he wanted to do. Sure. But again, assuming because we don't know for sure that he needed to take some mental health time, whether or not we agree with him taking the mental health time, whether or not it was necessary, whether he did it because of Brody Lee's death or because he was happy with the writers and the creative direction they were going with his character. We can say that they probably looked at that and went, well, we're not going to use him now if he comes back. We've seen people leave for less. We've seen people get pregnant. And when they come back, they don't push the girl the same way because you got pregnant when you had the title and they had to fucking write a storyline to get it off you. And now they don't give a fuck. They're not going to push you the same way because they couldn't use you when they needed you. We've seen people get injured. Well, you can't even help getting injured. And when they come back, they just creative has nothing for them. That's where the term came from. Creative has nothing. So I'm just saying out of all of the releases, I kind of was waiting for the Bray Wyatt one. Because I think once they put you in a position and you take yourself out of it, then then that's just it. You know, again, whether or not you guys think it's fair or not is up to you. But I just think that with Vince, once you, if he gives you everything, I'm gonna give you everything, and then you, you, you still, you still go, which is what Punk did. As much as you guys love Punk, Punk fucking was given everything. I never seen somebody get licensed music like that. He had in Living Color. He had like the championship. He was beating like big names like The Rock and shit. You know, if he gives you that much and you still leave, you're probably gonna gonna get some sort of punishment or not be welcome back. You know. But then, of course, you could also see it from Bray's standpoint where, I guess, Brody's passing affected him so much that maybe Bray thought if he kept going through that, he probably wouldn't have been able to. It almost kind of struck me as to hear he was gone because of Brody's passing. He almost seemed to feel like he wouldn't be able to perform to the, to the I guess, to the degree he'd been performing. Because I guess his head running white. So it's like he wait right at so I can understand that from his end. But yeah, like you said, you can also understand like Vince gives you the ball and you're not able to run with it. At that point he just takes the ball away and you're not getting it back. Yeah. And and again, and I'm not comparing by any means being entertained to the small stuff that we do on here, but there's times I've I've said in the beginning of the show that I've not wanted to come on here. I'm either tired, I'm not feeling well, I'm not in the mood, whatever, I have other shit going on. And, you know, thankfully I have my wife and she pushed me like, no, she'll get the mic and physically get the shit. I'll turn this shit on if you're not here (laughs) and it would just be on. So that would suck. So I've kind of like no choice. But the whole point being that when you're doing this kind of stuff, you just got to kind of push all that shit to the side unless it's something that will physically mess you up. Just to 
give a comparison like the Simone Biles thing. That situation is a completely different circumstance. And there are times where, of course, mental health comes into play. And in her situation, she stepped down because she's doing something involved. She, first of all, she's one of the best Olympians in the entire world, one of the best gymnastics in the entire world. She's doing something where if she fucks up, she can die. Like, she launches herself into the air, and I watched that live. She launched herself into the air, and in the air, I forget the terminology she used, but she lost her she lost her direction in the air when she was doing that corkscrew. Didn't know where she was, where the ground was, in the air, because something fucking went wrong. In a lot of cases, that could be deadly in that spot that she was doing. Again, I don't know the Olympic terms. I'm using wrestling terms here. But in that spot, and if anyone knows wrestling, you understand when there's a spot, certain things, there's certain points where the guy couldn't bump, he'd be fucked. That spot that she fucking does, where she lost herself in the corkscrew. If you lose yourself in a corkscrew, there's only but so many ways that you could come down that aren't going to be terrible. So there's a difference in her situation where I watched her lose herself in the air and she's so fucking good at what she does that she still managed to land on her feet. She did something that no one's ever done before. If you guys go back and watch the way she recovered in the air, no human being has ever been able to stick that fucking landing after losing themselves in the air. So that in itself, even though it doesn't get her the points, it shows just the type of fucking physical human being that you have. It was like a gravity-defying moment that she was able to fuck up in the air and still make it back down. That being said, mentality-wise, if that happens to you and then you go, look, I don't think I want to do the next one, fuck you if you said something bad about her. She has a reason. I saw her in the air. She could have fucking died. And then after she almost died for her fucking country, she then said, all right, I'm good. It's not like she didn't go there. I watched her almost die. That's what the a big... fuck did you do when she almost died in the air? She almost fucking died in midair. And her attitude toward her was, I don't think I'm in the right place for this right now. Me neither. I saw you. You definitely weren't in the right place. In the air, you literally were in the fucking right place. You know, as someone who's seen people take very bad a bump, you had an angel that fucking saved you there. Because a lot, just like in wrestling, when you see someone take flight, you could tell that something's about to be wrong. Somehow it wasn't. Something like that was divine intervention. And then she stepped out gracefully. That's a different level of mental health. You understand what I'm saying? It's not the same as why well, I don't want to get up and go work at the fucking quickie mart. Or I don't want to go get up and go write my book. Or I don't want to get up and go. You know what I mean? It's kind of like there's certain levels of, of times that we I do feel you have to power through things. And the Bray Wyatt stuff, being the fiend and doing the stuff during this uh, wouldn't kill you. Maybe he wouldn't have performed correctly. Just like this episodes, I feel like I'm, if I'm tired, I think the episode could have been better if I wasn't. But he would have been there, right? Better than nothing. I will never know. This is speculation based on if he decided to take mental health days off. I don't know that that's the case for sure. But, I mean, a lot of the stories that we're hearing from a lot of the sources all seem to confirm that. So, I think Ronda's wrong for blaming the fans for his departure. Uh, and I also think maybe the fans are wrong for blaming WWE for his departure because no one's looking at the fact that maybe it's because of Bray. What if Bray's to blame for his departure? And they do happen to be making cuts, but they happen to be making cuts of people that have problems. Just speculating, not saying this is true. Braun Strowman was one of the people released, and I just read some shit from him. Nipple rings aside, I just read some shit from him where he spoke about how he burned a lot of bridges and he was negative towards people for no reason in his life. And, uh, you know, just shit like that. And about how he just w- would hate everything. So, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, as much as we're having WWE in some cases 
pegged as this nasty corporation. They are doing cuts we don't agree with, but they seem to be trying to, there's a method to their madness. They seem to be doing it logically. Um, Disco Inferno and Conan, you guys know that they have the podcast to keep in at 100, which I'm a huge fan of. Uh, they spoke on there a little bit about the Bray Wyatt stuff. And um, one thing that Disco pointed out that I thought was really interesting was that a lot of the people that WWE released, who was it? It was Lana, it was Bray, it was Braun. I feel like there was a fourth person. But there were people who cited having problems with mental health. And I know you're not going to agree with this, everyone, but it looks to me like WWE, if they have to cut people, they're going to start with the people who have openly said that they're having mental health issues. Because having mental health issues and being on the road and performing where there's physicality involved, being live probably isn't the best idea. And I hate to say it, but these people themselves said that they had mental health issues, you know? But exactly. I trigger warning... Because I do agree with what you're about to hear. This is from Disco and Conan. You guys know sometimes I've spoken to Conan on Twitter and cool guy. But this is from theirs. I'm going to link you guys in the chat room. This is what they're talking about when it comes to mental health in America. I think it's really important to you guys. It's the first time I'm hearing somebody talk about mental health. And I, I agree. Also, we got. Let me bring this. I'm going to jump ahead to where they start talking about it. Because this is these guys really know exactly what's going on here. Oh, Alistair Black was the last one because I see he's in their shot. The most prominent, outspoken people in the WWE that spoke about their mental health issues have all been released. Malachi Black, Braun Strowman, Lana, and hmm. who's this guy? Uh, uh, what's really? This guy's name? Bray Wyatt. And Bray Wyatt. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, you know, Meltzer reported I mean, that... I, did, I never heard Malachi Black talking about that. No, he's, that... he said, yeah, no, absolutely. No, you I, no, no I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. I just never heard him. Yeah. I, I didn't either. Yeah. I just I googled it. Right. Like when I saw all those people get released, I googled. I go, one of these people had mental health. Bro, then things. you might as well get rid of half the dress room because that this younger generation they suffer from that a lot. A lot of people, not everybody. Right. That's a what lot. I'm saying. Like, a lot more think, than ours. And think about it. Like like my explanation. Visit man's like an old school. Yeah. You know, like right. bro, and we just saw it? and we just yeah. saw how prevalent it is. We saw. Yeah. Osaka, the number one player in the world, yeah. withdraw from Wimbledon for mental health issues. Okay, she didn't, want to, and, she didn't want to face any negative questions from people. Right, that was the reason she gave. Right, right. And Simone and Biles, Simone Biles, you can't get any bigger than her because she said she got, she basically could not handle, and she said, "I, I, I couldn't, couldn't handle the pressure. pressure. She was afraid she was going to get hurt." Yeah. That's like a thing. It's like it's like no. a thing for well, athletes. You, it's a weird thing for athletes well, to be able now thing. to embrace. Yeah. You know, right, where like, before yeah. they fought through it, before you oh. couldn't say that. Yeah, right. Before well, you just. Had, I mean, this is a, you know, I and, and like bro, you can't imagine. How about this? How about this? How about having soldiers going to combat and going, I can't go. I yeah. got right. mental health problems. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Who yeah. was yeah. that that told mental, us about uh, they, bro, hold, they, they hold up a ticket? Like, a, it's a red ticket, and that means you have to be able to sit down and take a break, and they have to let you and like that. We just heard that yes, on dude, recently on a roundtable. Here's the problem. Okay, it's the way you, do, you the way you handle the situation, and there's com- two completely different philosophies of people, the, our generation, and the previous generation. If somebody has weakness, you don't say, "Okay, f- cool, let's embrace the weakness." The way to the, the, the way to combat weakness is to create strength. If you're a weak person and you're physically weak, work out, get strong. If you're a weak mental person, you have to face adverse situations to learn to deal with the mental stress to make you mentally stronger. 
this generation decided like, okay, we got people have mental weaknesses. Let's just embrace the mental weakness. Right. That's not a good way to promote somebody's. That's not going to give somebody better. You're not going to improve their mental health by letting them embrace the part of their mental health which is is not healthy. It's like, you know, me- mental weaknesses is bad mental health. Mental strength is good mental health. You're stronger. You feel better about yourself. Like, like I don't know why we're accepting this society. The way to battle this is accept it and just, you know, comfort them and say, no, that's not the way, that's, that's not the way you correct this problem. You, you won't find a psychologist or psychiatrist that says that's the way to deal with mental health issues. You know, that would be interesting to get a psychologist on here and ask him that. I mean, like, bro, you've heard. Could you do that, Joe? Yeah. I mean, what? uh, And don't bring Hughesley in either as a psychologist. No, he's just a psycho. When you let progress, when you let people come in with ideas and and the the ideas, we challenge, you want to challenge the ideas and like they don't even want you to challenge. They want to like. You know, try to shut you down from the conversation. It's like, bro, this is not the way this stuff is supposed to work. It's like if you have a very strong opinion about, about but what I'm wondering as you're talking, Disco, even though you make some valid points, is if maybe in today's thinking, it's you know, you shouldn't force people to do something that they're not ready to do, and you have to support them until they're strong enough. I don't know how they get stronger. That's why I'd actually like to have a psychologist and ask them that. You know, I mean, it's like it's like we're creating like a culture of crying. Just to like see what they say cry. clinically. You know, yeah. I mean, yes, but they'll, they'll all tell you the same thing. Yeah. You have to, you have to, you have to subject people to stress to make them strong. That's the only way. You can't. Nobody's going to leave. There's no com- There's no hundred percent comfort zone in life. And the, and the way that we're trying to go through life right now is make everything comfortable for everybody. The people that aren't making it comfortable for other people ostracize them. You know, like like you know, you can't offend. Bro, comedy's disappearing. Fun is disappearing. There's this a, a constant thing now of things you can't do. You can't do this. You can't do this. There's just like this wave of things you can't do anymore. And it's that's like, so that's weird. Not, Who started you know, that? I don't. The cancel culture. The 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 outrage culture. The victimhood culture. The people that like that have made it more, you know, more uh, a bigger thing to be be offended. You know, they're like if you're from and just as but is it, it, it is a certain group. Is it fractionalized? What's the what's the what's behind all this? All I know it's, is it wasn't like this ten years ago. It's this is of like course. it was like, like this know. fifteen or twenty or twenty five, yeah. bro. Yeah. But within brutal, five, maybe it's really gone nuts. You know, 60%, maybe it had percent. Sixty percent of people, Republicans and Democrats, sixty to sixty five percent are afraid to speak their views. Right. Based on vacation, but sure. bro, that's not. This is America, the land of free, free speech, and right. there's no way that two thirds of the people should be scared to talk in a free speech society. And we've a, we, we're allowing whatever this grip. Even on our show, we have to watch what we say. Yes. Whatever, we used to, whoever, well, I used to be very unfiltered. Yes. Whoever has the grip, because the grip comes from the top down, right? Right. Whoever has the grip is so strong right now with that grip and so protecting something, it's very hard to fight against. You know, so it's, it's the progressives, isn't it? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh, I don't care. It's, got, it's not progressive, though, you know? It's, it's turning into they, regressive. They've got, they've got corporate sponsors. To them it corporate is. Sponsors. they got all the money. Bro, we, we, we had the, uh, you know, it's, it's funny, too, because, like, everybody always talks about, um, you know, the, the, the corporate tax. They've got to pay their fair share. they got to pay their fair share. Bro, how many years have they been saying that? 
They got to pay their fair share. They got, and all they do, they just Forever. keep letting them build up wealth. Yeah, keep building up wealth. Keep building up wealth. Keep, and talking about how they need to pay their fair share. How do they, they keep build? And then the next thing you know, the corporate wealth starts dictating policy. You know what I'm saying? Like inclusion. Like if there's a social justice issue, uh, but the corporate sponsors can pull their money out from the people that are keeping businesses going, and then divert the the the, the wealth somewhere else. You know, this big giant conglomeration of wealth and this social these uh, this these policy, these policies, social justice policies they want to force down everybody. It's like it's happening a lot faster than you think because the money behind it is too hard to fight against. They can censor you. They can spot. They can suppress. It's like, it's like a bulldozer right now. And we're seeing like a lot of policies that we would like to debate, but we don't know if we're going to get downgraded or, you know, our, our, our YouTube's going to censor because there's literally things you can't talk about. Yeah. Like for, like, for instance... I mean, this is 2000... I, I, I would have never thought we were heading this way. Bro, even five years ago when we started the show, yeah. we were cussing, we were j- 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 foul-mouthed, we didn't, we didn't give a F, right? And now we've gradually had to, like, you know, we had to curb the way we talk, we got to watch, you got to do things, you, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, just more and more things you can't do. Like, for instance, DI... And it's not it, turning it's, around, you know? There's kind of, and you just look at this as, like... Bro, the, you, you can't not look at these trends and think that this is like this is how communist societies yeah. started their development. Yeah. You know, ten years from now, on the way this is trending, forget it. There's gonna be like everything's gonna be state-run media, mm-hmm. approved speakers, people. You know, just like you, you, there's not gonna be free voices anymore. Yeah. So, like I said, trigger warning, guys. I I I agree 100 percent too, George. This is what I'm talking about, though. You know, he's right about just the way society has become. It's crazy, you know, and uh, I don't know. In a lot of ways, I'm just looking at the situation and it's sad. Uh, even us, I think to a lesser extent, because you guys know I don't tolerate that shit. But uh, even us, I've, I've like when it comes to the YouTube, we, we used to get 60,000 views, 50,000. We used to do second servings and special stuff. I, I've bastardized that that channel completely they shadow banned it because of things that we've said like it's just not a good place to be you know and uh there are a lot of things you're not allowed to say you're not allowed to do one of the reasons why when we did this we decided that we were going to uh make it a wrestling show but we call it talk bunch because we knew that wrestling was the perfect foundation as a platform where it literally is the only it's like the middle east you know the way all cultures wind up migrating to the middle east to trade in our in our world it's like wrestling is the middle east of pop culture where it's like everyone migrates to it the comic book people the gaming people the politicians now you know you wind up talking about wrestling you talk about the world wrestling is life it actually means something because you wind up talking about politics and the world and society and democrats and republicans and the president and covid and sickness and masks and restrictions and rules and games and trailers and netflix you know what i mean that this this show wasn't a fucking accident <laughs> you know it's like there's a, there's a method to our madness here too but this is what i'm talking about where it's kind of like there, there's so many places where it's like you can't really watch content or do anything because everything's being controlled or they're trying to lie to you or get your money or something and i don't like that you know you guys always ask me the most messages i get was oh did you watch this or or what do i watch and i've always told you guys i usually i'll i'll watch something like that i'll go listen to disco and conan I'll listen to Alvarez. I'll listen to Melser. Um, you know, I'll listen to podcasts about other stuff. You know, it's like I usually not that I'm saying I won't watch regular stuff because obviously we've talked about this shows and stuff that I will. But I, I usually will stick to content created by other people. You know what I mean? Like like stuff that 
that's like us, where we're allowed to say how we feel and be the way we want and not have to worry about who we're going to offend. You know, like people who who speak their mind and it's like, if you don't like what they say, you turn them off. You're not going to go and say that they caused you to have a nervous breakdown or to have mental health issues or you're going to point fingers on how this person triggered that or whatever. It's like I usually will go look and people always ask me in my spare time when I do watch stuff because doing this this channel, um, we watch less and less. But if I'm going to the store, or if I have something in my ear, I'll put podcasts or I'll even watch shows um, on my phone as I'm moving. When I get chances, I'll look for things made by other I guess I know people don't like to use the word, but other small content creators versus the kind of shit that got shoved down my throat, which is why I started canceling the stuff. Like all joking aside about the He-Man stuff, it was that. But He-Man was really just where the epiphany hit me, where I just looked at it and it was like, first of all, full disclosure, if I really wanted to, I could quote unquote acquire most of the shit without paying you motherfuckers a dollar. Paying all these subscriptions was more always about supporting the causes of the uh, of the things that you want, I thought in the beginning. That's what the beginning was for the strap for for the, for the freaking cord cutters, right? This was all about coming to a thing where you're buying, you're paying for a service that you're supporting the creators of, and you feel better about it because that money is going towards the kind of shit that you want. But the more these things grow, the more they become more and more not the shit that you want. So then you're just basically paying what used to be small things, and it's just other corporations, you know. And that's that's very unfortunate that that's something that happens. There was a who was it here? Let me see if I could bring that up. Good accident. Good Lord, I accidentally slid my mouse over to the other screen, to the big screen, and it scared me. Because <laughs> on the big screen, it's so big over it. I didn't know that it moved. I was like, oh, God. I thought there was a bug or something in the room. I almost went, ah. Hate bugs. I almost heard your bitch come out of you. <laughs> I would have sucked. I almost would have gotten to the mutant time. But yeah, I saw something moving on the screen. I'm like, that's my own mouse. It's just really big. We had to shut the show down at that moment. Like, nope, that's it. We'll see you next week. So this writer here, I'm trying to get the name. I want to cite them before I hit the quote here. Um Brian Maxwell, man, he was an ex-writer from WWE, former WWE creative writer. He's comparing WWE to uh, MTV. He says, with each passing news cycle, WWE is feeling more and more like MTV, a once booming entertainment brand that lost its luster after years of mismanagement. Throughout the 80s and 90s, both brands had the power to define culture, but slowly lost touch with audiences over the years. The focus shifted from creating new viewers to increasing profitability and a heavy reliance on nostalgia. This didn't happen overnight. Both companies went through a decade of relying heavily on concepts that pushed away large portions of their core audience. This is how you arrive at a situation where MTV has all but abandoned music coverage and recently celebrated their 40th anniversary by playing 12 straight hours of ridiculousness. WWE, on the other hand, has spent the last few years making numerous moves that badly damaged the brand but resulted in massive amounts of guaranteed money, a clear signal that the direct that the direct-to-consumer products are no longer the lifeblood of the company. You see what I'm saying? WWE is this generation's MTV. It used to be about wrestling and about... and about. I remember I saw that earlier and I was like, yeah, that's the greatest comparison I've ever heard in my life. It, it used to be about those things, but slowly they're phasing those things out and it's becoming about something that you don't even recognize. And they're doing it quietly, you know? Exactly. This is the kind of then shit that you have to. The, this is the kind of shit that I have to wake up to and sort through on a Monday. You know, fuck Mondays. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I forgot we're in the new era. Boop Mondays. No, no, no fuck that shit. Fuck Monday. <laughs> this kind of shit. It's like you know, it's not like I thought. Of, this isn't like I have a scroll that I went to this Monday old man at the top of a mountain. 
you know, it's like this this old man at the top of a mountain handed me a scroll and was like, you know, it's like I'm sorting this shit as I'm reading it to you. <laughs> you know? So it's like this just what it, these are just my shoot thoughts as as this stuff as I'm taking this stuff in and processing it. A lot of it is, is shocking. Uh but yeah, I think that when it comes to the mental health thing, it, it goes both ways. With the company, you can blame them, but then you have to blame people in these companies for always citing mental health. And the solution, to me, the most important message that Disco said there was the solution, I think, is never less. You know what I mean? It's kind of like if you don't feel like doing something and you don't do it or, oh, well, you know, I needed a day. Get your ass up and, and just fucking power through it, man. You feel better afterwards. You know, you'll always feel better after you get shit over with. That whole can't do it attitude is just going to destroy us. Just sometimes they have to suck it up unless you're shot or or unless you're going to do some sort of a fucking corkscrew moonsault spine, spinal tap type shit in the air where you're expected to land on your feet. And if you don't, you might die, you know, and you're not on your medication because your medication's fucking banned in Japan. Your 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 focus medication. She was on some ADHD medication that was banned in that country. And now you have to take flight and hit like a fucking spinal tap. <laughs> you know what I mean? A spiral tap off the top. Then, yeah, then maybe take a mental health day. But if you're here on the ground with me, you have a chair, you could put ice in your drink, then don't fucking tell me you need a mental health day. <laughs> like, I, like I said, it was going to be a little triggering today. Just because the state of the two things, because I'm telling people fuck their mental health days, which I wish I could say write it down. And then the other thing is, um, well, I guess maybe just one thing, because I'm telling people at their mental health days. <laughs> Oh, I guess the other thing being just the state of the world and corporations and the reality of the fact that, you know, we are slowly being all of our entertainment and shit is being controlled and consumed and that we're not really allowed to say or do things that we want. Aside from like little last last stand places like this, you know, last little freaking bases like this where we're allowed to still have our freedom of speech. (sighs) Mohegans. Not Mohegans, Mohegans. Yeah, you know, last stand is where you take your last stand. The, the, we're at the. This is the beginning of uh. This is the first episode of Firefly all over again. Except ain't nobody canceling us. Fuck y'all. It's like sorry, Captain, you lost the war, and then you get canceled. <laughs> all right, well, I guess while we're on this wave of positivity, we may as well go straight Woo! into it, right? This is it. It's time for the story that everyone wants to hear about. Which honestly, at this point, I don't even really think it's that big of a story. I think we just did the big story. Because the story is just yeah. how shitty it all is. But to add to it, who got fired? Who didn't get fired? Right. That's a shorter show. Okay, I guess first we're going to read off the list here. I'm not even prepared for this. But Bronson Reed, everyone's from, from NXT. Bronson Reed, Bobby Fish, Leon Ruff, Tyler Rust, Jake Atlas, Mercedes Martinez, Asher Hale, Giant Zangier, Zakaria Smith... Kona Reeve, Ari Sterling, Desmond Troy. I wasn't trying to laugh at the name, but I just read the door to put all of NXT, basically. Also, re- referee Stephen Smith. Don't know what ref that was, but yeah, they took a ref with him, too. They all have 30-day non-compete clauses. So that means that within a month, you can see them on AEW or New Japan or Ring of Honor and tons of other places. But they released a whole chunk of NXT, guys. I guess we're going to break this down a little bit. Starting with... Uh, well, you know what? Yeah. Is there any order you want to do this in? I don't even know what, what freaking order. God, I mean... Ugh. Yeah, I don't even know this order. It's just it's all over the place with this shit. 
Well, let's try to talk about some of these guys here. Let me see, because I do have stuff from some. We have we have these guys, this guy, this guy. Give me a sec, just looking through to see. Damn, this is like a lot of firing, so excuse me if I don't have my shit straight. Okay, so I guess let's talk about uh, Bronson Reed as the first one, because that's the right. most surprising one of all. The fuck? Y'all let him go? Bronson Reed was getting a push, and apparently they already made plans for him on the main roster. They had already decided what was going to happen when he goes up from NXT to Raw. So our boy was moving from Tuesday nights to Monday nights. He was already wrestling dark matches. Right. And then they just basically decided to cut him loose. The reason behind this is because apparently when it comes to the part of NXTs with these firings, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Road Dogg have nothing to do with it, even though they run NXT. They're not even told. Obviously, with as tight as NXT is booked and as good as the writing, in my opinion, is, do you really think that they would be pushing people that they were given a heads up that were going to get fired during this shit? And this is just the beginning, by the way. I want to get that part yeah, over Yeah, we're with. just getting started. And I don't mean with the with the firings. I'm talking like this is the first wave of, of not just one, but of many. Like... There's more NXT cuts coming. This was just the first day of many, many more from what I'm seeing here. Like, this isn't even... They haven't even started yet. This was the warm-up with what's happening here. Um, And I'm going to tell you why. I did look over a little bit of this here. But Triple H doesn't have anything to say about it. It's like... And that's the thing that makes me feel bad for Hunter and Sean more than anything. That I know for a fact that these guys must be fucking hurting people assume that because i guess i don't know if it's because they run nxt or because he's the son-in-law or whatever that they're somewhat more privy to things than others or that they're sitting there in the same rooms but i promise you it's not man like it's specifically vince mcmahon bruce pritchard and john laurinaitis that are doing this entire thing those are the three people that know ahead of time and that um talk about everything and make the decision in regards to who gets released. And everyone else sort of gets told, you know? Like, they're not going to release people like that. So, it's, it's a little... That's fucking nuts. Yeah, so that's the reason why I know sometimes you guys will be like, oh, you know, why so stupid that this guy was able to just do things. Can you believe that? They don't even know what they're doing. No, they know what they're doing. They just don't know what they're, what they're doing. Got to understand that Triple H and Sean, which I've told you guys what a Triple H fan I am, what a DRX mark I grew up as and shit, you know? Uh, the faith that I have in him as a booker, and then the fact, the love that I have for the brand. I, I know for a fact that they don't fucking know. Do you think they'd, they'd put Bronson Reed on there if they knew he was gone? They would have found a way to write him out. The one thing we could say about NXT that Raw and SmackDown, the other brands don't have, which is why NXT is the only one I truly still enjoy as a fan, is this consistency, this continuity in the writing. They'll remember something. They'll bring back like a joke from like three weeks ago. Oh, shit, yeah, I remember. Like storylines don't just disappear into nothing. Things matter. Like there's actually a story going on every single week. WWE, they run themselves like the circus in a way. Where they, they, they it take might not be. It might not, what, what we see this week, we probably won't see the same thing next week we might not even say anything relative to it next week no with them it's more like the circus where they just almost try to keep the act as close to the same act they did in the last town as possible with a few variations but really when you go to see the circus you're seeing the circus if you're seeing the circus in new york or philadelphia it's the circus done again they're hardly changing anything and if they do somebody told you how it was beforehand they're hardly changing anything and if they do change something in the circus they change it because somebody needed to leave or go on vacation or someone's filling in for someone else but ideally the circus tries to keep the same parts of the same act as much 
as possible to keep the audience engaged with changing just enough that if you've seen it before, this time it's different. WWE literally has the formula of a circus. That's the way that they're running Raw and SmackDown. NXT is written like a television show like like fucking like one of the cartoons like batman or the avengers where like what happened last week matter with this week and the characters are still going to go on that course on that train of thought or wherever they're going you know what i mean and and part of it continuation yeah and part of it has to do with the fact that they're at uh what the hell's the name of that place where they film it now not the uh, not Uh, full sale capital wrestling right capital wrestling so they're, they're in front of the same crowd every week which is what sort of was happening with the Daily's place in AEW until they started touring recently. So, unfortunately, um, that's the reason why I think a lot of this happens, why these shows are managed so differently, because there is continuity in NXT. So when someone does get yanked like that, it does look stupid, and it does make you go, man, they don't know what they're doing because they were just writing this guy, and now he's gone, and that doesn't make any sense. When, on the contrary, the only reason it doesn't look stupid to the bigger brands is because they don't know what the fuck they're doing with these people week to week in the first place. So whenever people get yanked, you just go, oh, wow, they got yanked. You never think, man, and they were just doing... Because they're never really doing anything long-term because they book like the circus. So, it's always something that happened like within the last fucking 14 days that really, if the person... if Right now, if I fired like everybody we saw, it wouldn't fucking matter, aside from Bobby Lashley and the title holders. Because nothing that they're doing really mattered last week or will matter next week. That's what I'm trying to say. So that's the reason why I get pissed when people shit on NXT because they're like one of the only brands that do that and they're trying to do it while, while, while motherfuckers are getting fired, you know, and they still somehow manage to have the most continuity and the most callbacks and the most stories that are entertaining to me without it just being like the circus, just an act over and over and over again. So Triple H, no. Shawn Michaels, no. Those guys don't have any say in this shit as far as that. And this would never happen if it was them, you know? So that's really yeah, unfortunate. Bronson Reed was one of their bigger names down there. I mean, this guy just won. This guy not too long had a run with a North American Championship. Had a banger with freaking Adam Cole. We just talked about last week. What's telling to me though is the report that they did have plans to call Bronson Reed up from NXT to Raw and then use him in a storyline. Because you guys know that the call-ups from NXT to Raw also are not like approved. Triple H doesn't know when they're going to just call somebody up and use them. Like, it's just they could poof, be gone. And that's they're still considered developmental. NXT is still a developmental brand. This is what they're trying to sort of get these guys, iron these guys out to be future stars. That's the way Vince is going to see it. No matter how much they want to look at it as a third thing next to Raw and SmackDown, it's always going to be looked at as this experimental, developmental, lesser brand. That being said, the fact that they had planned to call Bronson Reed up to be on Raw or SmackDown and had a storyline for him, but he still got released, that's a bigger red flag because that sort of means that there's a corporate part of WWE that's even further removed from the creative, even on the higher part, because they fired him even though he was going to have stuff to do on, on the main shit, you know? It's just kind of weird. Yeah, that's the re- like, I'm sorry, that's a broken way to go about shit. Like, mm-hmm. they're, that, that's fucking with a lot of people plans for because it's like you never know how excited he might have been for the shit he was going to get ready to do and the next thing you know somebody who has no clue what he was getting ready to do just decided nah nah you're done it's like what fuck me but we have a reason again this is not what i'm going to leave here this time with a mystery you're not going to like why all of this is happening where all this is leading but you're going to leave knowing why i can imagine there'd happening. be a reason anybody would <laughs> yeah but before we do bronson reed actually posted something on social media i believe is that what this is did you see this at all yes. um I think I saw the tweet, but I know there was a video out there you can see, though. Let's see what we got here. So I have had some time to reflect now and uh, some time to just process what has happened. And 
I was very shocked, very upset. As you know, this doesn't just affect me, it affects my wife as well. And we are here in a foreign country, but my wife is a super positive person and uh, she's kept me positive as well. And I just wanted to reach out to all you guys and I'm just very thankful, you know, uh, the love and support that I've received online is just incredible. I was trending on Twitter and uh, that means a lot to me. It means a lot to me that, you know, a lot of you feel for me and will still continue to follow me no matter what. Uh, I did want to, you know, thank NXT. I want to thank Hunter and Sean for believing in me. Uh, I want to thank all the coaches, Terry Taylor, Scotty Tuhotti, Norman Smiley, Steve Carino, those guys that I learned a lot from. And I wanted to thank, you know, all the boys backstage as well. It was a great locker room to be a part of. But, you know, I am staying positive and I do believe I am bar none the best super heavyweight in the world. And I'll continue to prove that. So, as they say, one door closes and another one opens. Well, for me, many doors are open. And now it's just about which one I want to walk through. So thank you very much for all the support and love. And please keep supporting. Thanks. Wow. So, yeah, I get that. I was like, I'm, I'm still shocked even, even knowing, uh, even knowing, you know what I mean? All right. That was one of our favorites. That we used to talk about that guy every single week. Yeah. No, that is definitely. Like, and I if, guess if. if if you mm-hmm. can let that guy go, your corporation needs to get tightened up just a little fucking bit. Because that's a lot of talent that's just gone. Really, really cool guy. Like, that pisses me off, you know? Like, I really... Right, like he I, was one... And I, 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 almost, I, I, I almost believe his claim. That's, like, one of the best big men I've seen in a long time. He yeah. moves like nobody else. His finisher was probably one of the most convincing, convincing signs of death I've ever seen in my fucking life. Every aspect of his presentation was a per- was a perfect big. Yeah, that that's aggravating. Like like, and then the fact that he's a foreigner, like again, a foreign man in a foreign land, you know, literally, right. where like he came across country for this shit, and then you're gonna release the guy. It's the same to have a game developers do that shit. They'll move to a new studio and then they get released. It's like that. That's aggravating, man. Like that is some cutthroat shit that they're like doing they're right fucking, now. That, that little system they got there needs to get fucking fixed because. And he is one, one of the people. One Bronson Reed. Mm-hmm. The next time, it could be somebody huge. And he is one of the people that carried NXT through the ca- the pandemic era, where he was a worker throughout this whole thing on television every week. And the gratitude that they show for that, the risk is that they really took so- being after in Florida, point. which was the fucking epicenter for a while, the risk they took being at Full Sail doing this. He's one of the people who took that shit. And I mean, you shouldn't release anyone who worked for you during that. Anyone who was there at fucking Florida all the time, every week in the shit, 24 hours a day, seven days a fucking week, and you release them? Yeah, my Peacock subscription will remain canceled. Sorry. Even if it worked. Sorry. That's not the way that you fucking handle this. They didn't need to do that. We read their quarterlies last week. But what else is new with this company not needing to do shit and handling shit poorly? Yeah. Now I also just wanted to bring up on a small segue. He thanked the coaches. He thanked Terry Taylor, Scotty Tuhati, Norman Smiley, and Steve Carino. 
I didn't even realize. I guess maybe I lost track of the coaches in NXT. Man, those are some nice coaches, right? No wonder right. that shit is so. No wonder NXT is so shiny. Like, good lord! And now First of all, to fuck it up. Yeah, tell me. Like Terry Taylor is one of the best people that you can have out there. You know, fuck That's the Red Rooster. Fuck all that Red Rooster stuff. That shit aside. You know, because it's typical WWE. If you you, you have Terry Taylor, Scotty too hotty. Oh my god! Yeah, you know, you have you have Scott Taylor. I don't I don't know why they keep calling Scotty too hotty. We know his fucking name is is Scott Taylor. Yeah. Um, You know what it is? Just because like if you say when you say Scotty too hotty, you're gonna get more people to be like, oh shit, that's what. Yeah. Yeah, I remember before they were too cool. Remember when they were too sexy and it was a. I hate to say it, but they were cute. What they were cubating. And the two of them, yeah. they, were, it was, it was, they were the original Chuck and Billy. Like, that was the original way that they came out. Go back and look at their early shit before they came out as too cool. They were sort of cue-baiting. And they would, like, act like they were in love. Like, they jumped into each other's arms and shit. And they were like, it never quite crossed the line. But it was always, like, it was almost like the ambiguously gay super duo, if you've watched Saturday Night Live. <laughs> where, like, where, like, shit would happen. Where it's like, oh. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, that, <laughs> like that's sort of the original thing. Life, I can't believe you. And then I remember they turned them into too cool when I had a Rikishi. But I remember I popped when I first saw it, just because the transformation was so drastic from the too sexy thing. And like, if you, I don't know if you guys remember the original Tron. Maybe one day we could find it and run it from YouTube. But their original Tron, to me, like I know it's probably not as funny today because it's more common. But at the time, it was new. They just kind of fucking photoshopped themselves like in front of like the ghetto like in front of like train stations and shit so it's just like the two of them looking like thuggish but like it's like the hood behind them but you clearly see it's not them because they were heels like the original two cool like everything else they got over and they became baby face but i just love the fact i was like oh look at them they're in the hood where you could clearly see it's like a green screen hood behind them uh but yeah that was, those were the days but yeah these coaches terry taylor scott taylor norman smiley big wiggle himself remember his gimmick oh the big God. wiggle Yo, that's like the third or fourth place I've seen, and then, and then they've had freaking Big Wiggle as a fucking coach. I think he was a coach at TNA, too, for a while. Yeah, he's been the really good days. He's been around, man. I remember back when he was a worker, he had that angle. He was the one who had the angle with Chavo, back when Chavo used to have Pepe. Pepe was, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, they redid it in WWE with Saturn and Raven, where he had Moppy. But uh, instead of Moppy, Pepe was the same thing, except at the end of it, it wasn't a fucking mop. It was a, it was a dog. Like it was the head of a dog, like a dog puppet at the end of a stick that Chavo came out with. That was like his friend, the same way that, uh, for anyone who remembers the attitude era, um, Perry Saturn had Moppy or Al Snow had head. Chavo went crazy and had Pepe, which was a dog on a fucking stick. Anyway, during Pepe's birthday, it's great that we're having this flashback. Thanks to these being the trainers just to lighten the mood here a little bit but during peppy's birthday party on nitro mm-hmm. norman smiley came out and threw him into the fucking wood chipper and then like chavo drops to his knees and he's like no Pepe!" and he kills him and shit and i remember like he did the big whip he did the big wiggle which was his dance on peppy which i don't know if you guys remember what the big wiggle looks like it kind of looks like like norman smiley looks like he's thrusting his hips and slapping a girl's ass from behind that's what the big wiggle is and uh, oh, big wiggle. So he took he took the peppy, the dog on the stick, and the fucking. I'll never forget this emotion of him just with the stick in between his leg, and he's <laughs> fucking slapping and riding it before he throw before he threw that shit into the wood chipper. <laughs> and Chavo oh goes, "Nah." Chavo already look at devastated. All while you got fucking big wiggle here. He killed Peppy on his fucking birthday. Is that a bitch? Yeah, it really is. To think WWE stole that because Moppy to me is the same thing, and it ended the same way where Raven threw him into a wood chipper. The only difference is the whichever didn't work as well that time. 
Yeah, right. I think I think it got jammed That's or some shit. It makes it even worse. That's kind of ravens over there just still pantomime for fucking Bobby. Ah! Yeah, Moppy ah! half died. That's even worse. That's kind of like in the Green Mile when they didn't wet the fucking sponge for the guy that was in the electric chair, right? Like it's even worse that Moppy was halfway grinded. It wouldn't grind the rest of Raven. Poor Raven just. Didn't grind. I love to see the moment <laughs> when Raven's like, "Shit, this isn't working," but I gotta keep going. Ah! Ah! We're talking about the death of a fucking puppet mop and a puppet horse. Or, or whatever, a dog, whatever that shit was. I think it might have been a horse. It was a horse. I don't know why I said a dog. Whatever it was. These are awkward times. Yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in here. When this company finds new ways to piss us off. Like I said, these are awkward times. Write it down. <laughs> yep. Steve Carino, one of the other coaches of NXT right now. We know good old Mr. Carino, right? Oh, yes. Kevin hey, Steen's Steve. best friend, right. a.k.a. Kevin Steve Owens. Carino. One of the big guys, Mr. ECW back in the day, Ring of Honor, huge part of the part of what was that stable? It was with him and uh, Scum, Scum, right? It was with him and uh, freaking Jimmy Jacobs and Kevin Owens slash Kevin Steen. Oh, and and Kobe Kareen. I forgot about that young boy, Kobe Kareen, who was part of the decade with Roderick Strong. And those guys, look at that. Look at all these fucking crazy connections and stuff. You never know how good you have it until everybody starts firing motherfuckers. Oh, God. So Terry Taylor, Scott Scott Taylor, no relation. Just notice that. Norman Smiley, Steve Carino were the coaches that he thanked. And, I mean, that's quite a team there. If you add that with, with Hunter and Sean, there's no reason why this thing couldn't be something that lasted forever that was wonderful, you know? Yep, and they're slowly killing it. Isn't it great? No. It is it's actually not great. Yeah. They have like that. They have like an arsenal down there. When you look at tra- like like trainers and and just people who like, they could. I'm, uh, like I'm they sorry. Have, I'm like, sorry. Fuck their logic. That's the third goddamn brand. <laughs> yeah. I don't give a shit what their logic is. They're not intelligent enough to have that kind of logic. No, they have an arsenal of people down there, man. An arsenal. Okay. Are you gonna tell me? You, you gonna tell me some of your best wrestling comes from the developmental? Okay. What I could do with that roster? I mean, what they're doing? It's like I can't even say what they're doing because like. That roster's really good. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I like what's happening. I like every week on NXT. There's nothing they need to do except not fucking fire people, actually. For me, I know it's not working. The problem is, you know what the problem is, man? That's just me. And at the end of the day, I'm not the majority. Most people like AEW more than NXT. And the reality is, if you look at those numbers, AEW's pulling in over a million every week. NXT's pulling in 500,000, half of that. They're pulling half of... AEW's numbers and even though they got a separate day like AEW was kicking their ass when they were both on the same day they split days and then I told you now we're going to really see the truth of these numbers and then we're going to see where these numbers sustain themselves and then these guys shot well over a fucking million and have right. stayed there and even comfortably when they're not on a million they're still damn close to it most of the time they are like exploding with ratings right now AEW is the cool new wrestling company to watch and it, it does, definitely doesn't hurt that now you have a lot of familiar faces there. NXT's ratings on Tuesday are really fucking rough, man. Yeah. Vince is and probably pissed off. Because the more I thought about it, especially when it came to seeing guys like Karrion Cross doing dark matches and stuff on Raw, it's unfortunate, but that whole developmental mindset is what's fucking them over because people are seeing some of your favorites there and you're realizing that as long as they're in the WWE, this is the last place they're going to get to be the best. Adam Cole goes up to the main roster. Goodbye to the five star Adam Cole. Let's be real about this shit, right? Adam Cole is the one person in North America champion at the same damn time. 
and now Adam he's Cole's the, he's the one person that I think will be okay. I know you're going to find it hard so, to believe, but, this point, this but he's the one failed, guy. Not I mean, this point. Oh, they can fail. I'm sure they could. They have the potential to fail, but he's the one guy that they can make a they can make a Shawn Michaels out of him if they wanted to. Oh, yeah, they you know could, know? but they, can, they could also just fire him the next day. They could have made a Shawn Michaels out of, uh, to me, the person who's worked the most like Shawn Michaels I've ever seen is Seth Rollins. They could have made a Shawn Michaels out of him, and instead we got this ridiculous cartoon guy, this Mark Hamill-looking exactly. fucking so weird. So he's terrified for Adam Cole when he comes to the main roster. Because, yes, it could be fantastic, but it could also be fucking Kazarni. The good thing about Rollins is that no matter what gimmick they put on him, it all goes off when he gets in the ring, at least. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like... Yeah. And that's one of the things that I think helped Kurt Angle and people like that as well, where it's kind of like you could be silly, you could be funny, you could be a heel, you could be a baby face. When the bell rings, it's, it's green light. <laughs> yeah, like when the bell rings, that's pretty much it. Like it, that, like the other person, the imminent danger starts there like really like right away. Like all of the gimmick comes off, you know, like when it went off. Uh, like he it's gonna be crazy when he fights Edge, you know what I mean? Like all that joking and shit aside, like the, the match oh, will be ridiculous. You that, know? So that, when you have, that, that easily could be match of the night. Yeah, so when you have people like that, which I feel Adam Cole's another one like that. Adam Cole is a guy who, uh, he's funny, he can be a heel, he can be a babyface and all this other shit. And in the ring, there's always eminent danger and his matches always have an intensity to them. You know, where all of that stuff comes off. You know, if you look back at, uh, like, Rock is a good example. If you look back at Hollywood Rock when he turned to heel Rock and he was, like, really an asshole and he used to play the guitar and all of that, it didn't reflect in the matches. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was still an ass kicker. It's yeah, so yeah. funny you mentioned Rock because I showed us all a fucking meme today. It showed a five hundred dollar jacket Rock, and it was like if Rock came in the NXT like this, he'd be he'd be like this on the main roster, and they showed fucking Rocky Maivia with the fucking pineapple suit and shit. Oh boy, God forbid! <laughs> I was like, damn, ain't that a bitch? <laughs> so Bobby Fish was released. So now we lost one half of Red Dragon, which I don't think they've ever. I don't think could ever happen before i know there was a period of time when they were separated in ring of honor but that's just because fish was doing his own thing i think he was tv champion at the time and of course cole, uh, cole and o'reilly were feuding but they were still both in roh together yes this is true i can't remember them ever not being in the same company kyle o'reilly and bobby fish in my opinion the greatest current active tag team in the fucking world that's been active for like the last decade is actually for the first time since they've been together are not together in the same company because of yeah. wwe so yeah that that definitely sucks because that was my favorite on record tag team my you know it's like that's pretty awful that that turned out that way and uh yeah, I don't know what I don't even really know what to say about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, the they can never you can never have the shield, you can never have the shield, the Wyatts or the Undisputed Era ever again. Because of their little bullshit ass budget cuts. Which by the way, I'm starting out which by the way, I officially denounced that fucking excuse. Tell me the real fucking region file people because the bullshit that budget cut shit ain't it. So the shield, the Wyatts, all these can never be done ever again. It's now impossible, but we yet we can still have the four horsemen from decades and decades ago. Isn't that something? Right. It's impossible. We will never. There's nothing that we can do to make it tangibly possible to have those teams again. But we can still have the horsemen. The only hope we have is fucking O'Reilly gets released too, and then whatever company picks those two up brings them back. See, but I don't want that either because yeah. I kind of like NXT and I, I like O'Reilly in NXT and he gave mm -hmm. up his Ring of Honor championship run to be in NXT to now what? Give up this again? Yeah, but unfortunately that NXT is dying. 
let's be real. That NXT is slowly going away. Like it's so, it's not the same place anymore. It's starting to feel. Well, Bobby Fish getting released does suck, but he was very injury prone. You know, I mean, he was injured a lot, man. As much as I like Bobby yeah. Fish, and I still think they're the greatest tag team in WWE. You can't be injured like that all the time. You know, so um, I think that that definitely played a part into it. Uh, Leon Ruff. Another foreign champion going. Which they gave him like a moment and then I don't know what the fuck happened after. Someone came in and said, who the fuck's that? And they went Leon Rush and they were like, why the fuck's he on our payroll? I mean, I hate to say it, but that's probably... probably You remember that guy we gave a run with the North American Championship and he had to have an amazing match with Johnny Gargano and Damian fucking Priest? Yeah, they had that guy. Yeah, but you know how they think, man. Yeah, and they're being a broken ass thought process. Which is why we're getting fucking Goldberg versus Lashley at SummerSlam, yeah. Yeah. Like, they just didn't see the potential in somebody like Leon Ruff for what they're going for. Um, which we're still going to get into the reason I haven't forgotten. We're just going through all of the releases to give them a little bit of respect here. Also, let me see if I can, uh, on the image screen, because his wife is a ref in NXT, which they kept her, right? Yeah. Yeah, they kept her. Yeah, well, for now. Maybe they didn't want to release them both in the same week, right? Yeah, give it a week. She'll be gone too. Look really bad. They would do something. Sound like, like an that. asshole. I mean, at this point, let's be real. It's not sugarcoating shit anymore. Twenty twenty one, we're not sugarcoating shit. He said, "I was able to compete against and earn respect from wrestlers I looked up to, make an impact in and inspire the WWE universe. And every day, I got to go to work with my best friend. Thank you for all the love, Leon. Well, thank you for busting your ass, sir. Yes, you have some really good matches, sir." Really impressive. Very, very, very impressive. Yeah, if they don't know you, that's their problem, not yours. Tyler Rust was another guy who was really good. A member of uh, the Diamond Mine, this new fa- this new faction Roger Strong's in. So not they anymore. gave you a new faction and within a month took one of the members away. Yep. So he's gone. Um, he was a good worker, though. You know, I won't spend too much time with him. Jake Atlas was another Jump. one. Another one, another guy came in every week and busted his ass, whether it was here, whether it was 205, everywhere he went, kid worked his ass off. Yeah, Jake Atlas. He said, for five years, I worked hard to play the game the way I thought they would have wanted me to. If in that time I was able to accomplish all that I have with a limited understanding of who and what Jake Atlas is, imagine what I'm capable of doing now that I get to do it my way. So, Jake Atlas. This is so much fun. Right, to all of these freaking yep. unemployed people. Asher Hale. I don't really remember too much about this guy. He, I believe, was one of the 205 guys. Because he had, like, a lot of times we would see some uh, NXT talent jump back and forth between 205 and NXT. Not often, but. He says, my wrestling career has taken me on quite the ride with a lot of ups and downs. Another chapter in this crazy story ended on August 2021. I never thought I would make it as far as I did, but after 20 years, I did the unthinkable. I was employed by the largest wrestling company in the world, and six months later, I was released. I know there's nothing I could have done to make things turn out any different. There is a shift happening within the company, and I no longer fit what they're looking for. I mean, I get it. I wish I had known that before moving my family down here, but we all take risk in life. It was a choice that I made. It didn't pay off this time. I was gutted by the news, but I also knew this was a possibility. Luckily, my wife is the most amazing supportive person on the planet and has helped me through these past few days. I'm not here to bash WWE or my time there. While this whole situation is disappointing and there are plenty of negatives I could talk about, I learned a lot and overall the experience was a great one. I came out of the other side a better professional wrestler and person. 
the coaching staff at the PC is is amazing and they all help me a lot. The one thing that is truly hurtful for me, though, is that I do not feel like I ever truly got the opportunity to put the real me out there on that platform. A month into my stay at the performance center, I was injured during a training match. A training match. I herniated two discs in my cervical spine, which caused strength and muscle loss on the left side of, of body. All of my televised matches were performed with me banged up and modifying what I did out out in the ring near the end i was probably 75 percent, but in my first handful of matches i was maybe 30 percent at best i was nowhere near being able to display what i could do but did my best to work through it the injury was nobody's fault stuff happens the wwe medical staff is awesome and took great care of me they helped me improve my condition as fast and safely as possible it's just unfortunate that i didn't get the opportunity i wanted i don't think it would have saved my job it's not about that it's a pride thing i would have been happy with my performance and that's what truly matters to me so now I have 30 days to think about what I want to do. I can finish up my career and say it was my fault. Stuff happens. The WWE medical staff is awesome and took care of me. They helped me improve my condition as fast and safely as possible. It's just unfortunate. Um, I don't think it would have saved my job. Um, so now I have, I don't know why this part repeats this, and I have 30 days. Um, I'll definitely be back. I just don't know if I'll be back long-term deal or if, it, or if not. Let's hope that I can find the passion again and come out as better than ever. See you all on the other side. So there's another guy gone. Asher Hale. Jake Atlas, Asher Hale, Mercedes Martinez, huh? Hmm. I mean, what are your thoughts on that one? So, I got to see more of her in NXT than I also got to see of her probably anywhere else. Enjoyed the girls' work. I would have liked to see more of her, though. I don't feel like I got to see as much as Mercedes Martinez as I wanted, as I needed to, to really get a grasp on how good or bad she is. Because it seems like she would do something. Like I know she had that thing with Rhea Ripley when she first showed up. Then she disappeared for a while. Then it was, I think it was a little bit with Raquel Gonzalez. Then disappeared. Then, of course, she gets, poor girl gets knocked out by fucking Zia Lee. Haven't seen her since. So, it's like, I, I, I don't even know what some of these fighters say. That one, I felt like she never, that one, I felt like she never really got rolling. I don't know what happened. I no disrespect to her, but I but I uh I just kind of feel like they just had bigger, better women there. They just didn't need Mercedes Martinez. It was just like she was just like in. I always saw her as an in addition to an enhancement talent. Like they didn't need her, you know. I mean, but they didn't need her. But then they barely even tried with her. Everything was like little flash in the pan moments. I'm like, if you're gonna do, if you're gonna bring the girl in, do something. Like, especially as much as they hyped it up, they had her in both the May Young Classics. Like, if you had a girl on two different May Young Classics, you're kind of obligated at that point to do something. Because clearly, you've had multiple opportunities to see what she can do enough to where you're willing to give the girl a fucking hype package. Yeah. But again, this is a bloated roster. As much as they're not right for firing all these people, they weren't right for hiring all these people. You know, like this is. If they were going to do it, they should do it. They got to deal with the consequences. We're gonna hire that many people. Figure it out. They are. This is them dealing with the consequences. They should have never bloated this roster like this. The more I'm looking at the fact that they were able to fire 52 people and still have so many, just goes to show that they fucking they overfilled this roster. Yeah, because they were too busy trying to snatch people up rather than actually building who the fuck they had. But those people made money. What would the landscape have been if those people weren't employed during this? Probably wouldn't be talking about them getting fired right now. That's fucking Sherman Hawkins. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you never know. Maybe they'd be in the Indies. I have no idea. But 
it might have been a blessing in disguise that they had them for this temporary amount of time. That's why people like like uh, that Asher guy were talking about how, look, I'm grateful for my time. That I'm disappointed I didn't get to do what I wanted, but I got to, you know, a lot of people got to at least be there. You know, I know it's not ideal. Uh, Kona Reeves, I never was really too impressed with him. Yeah, he, uh, it was, that's one of those ones where I feel like he only just got released because they forgot about him. Yeah, Zakaira Smith, I don't even remember who the fuck that is. Um, Ari Sterling, I barely remember who that is. Giant Zangir, was that one of the Indian guys? That might have been one of the Saudi guys. Though. Maybe. Well, either way, the rest of these guys, yeah, those are all justified releases. We don't even remember them. They don't. Yeah, but Connery, yeah, some of these people are also people from 205 Live, which that fucking roster is unrecognizable at this point. Yes, that's what I mean. Some of these guys, they needed to release. You see, most of them we just cut through. Aside from Leon Ruff and uh, most of these guys, we just it was just like they needed to. There were questionable ones there, for sure. Now, as for the reason for this, um, according to PW Insider, um, there have been talks internally about NXT's going through major, major changes, including a complete rebranding of it. They're talking about Everything is going to go. The logo is going to go. The lighting is going to go. The entire image of NXT is going to be rebranded for a third time. Because remember, you had the game show NXT in the beginning that sucked. You have this NXT. Well, now they're going to completely rebrand NXT from bottom to top. New logo, new lighting. It's going to focus on younger talent with a completely different format. But before they do that, they're going to be cleaning house. So uh, this is the reason behind that happening. And also, uh, according to Fightful Select, they're saying that the releases are going to become a regular thing in the future. Um, they said because at the end of the day, um, the decision is on Vince because he could stop any release if he wanted to. He could put a personal stop to any of these. But it's a collaborative effort to do this because they're going to be moving forward. And uh, they just basically said this is going to be happening from now on. And that they need to get used to that kind of business um, as they move into the next phase with President Nick Khan and CFO Christina Selen um, and whatever plans they have for the company. So they're going to rebrand it. They're going to change the logo. They're going to change what it is and how it works and what it means. And they're going to focus on more younger talent. And uh, let's see what else we have. Meltzer has basically said during Wrestling Observer that Vince has said no more midgets. They don't want any more small guys. They don't want any more people in their 30s. Anyone, if you're small or in your 30s, they don't want them there anymore. They want people that are only box office attractions and main characters in the future. Basically going back to the larger than life philosophy. They don't want anyone. So that's the whole thing. Rebranding, changing what it stands for, changing what it means, getting rid of small guys, getting rid of guys that are 30 and up and, uh, doing regular releases and i guess truly using it as a developmental brand so uh that's pretty much the uh the long and short of what's going to happen to nxt but what you just experienced according to uh a few sources including matt men is that uh this was pretty much just the calm before the storm there's a much larger scale round of roster cuts that this was in preparation for apparently two more waves i don't know how they space out these waves but there's two more waves there's definitely another one by the end of the year two sets of releases the plan is for them to close to close the roster down a little bit so that they could focus on talent 
And they said it's much easier to write for a smaller roster of talent. So now you know. Dan, knowledge is power, G.I. Joe. Young Bucks updated their profile to say, very tall, not in our 30s. <laughs> I saw that. So they definitely qualify. Johnny Gargano gave them a like for that. Yeesh. Now watch next week. We're going to hear Johnny got released. He's 33 years old and really tall. Oh, boy. So Kyle O'Reilly tweeted, and he basically said, the word of the day is bummer. It was a bummer to see my friends lose their jobs, but I take solace in knowing that they will all end up okay and doing great things. Still, though, major bummer. Dakota Kai tweeted, my heart is broken, and then she deleted it. But the internet did catch that she at one point tweeted this and then deleted it. What's your speculation as to why she she tweeted and deleted? My heart is broken. Because she knows that they will easily release her. Isn't that fucked up? That's exactly what I think. She's too scared to even show remorse. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, but, but both of those two are probably going to be gone soon. Yeah, she's too scared to even show fucking remorse. That's how shook this company has people. George, they got That's, rid of the guy who they let go over Johnny Gargano for the North American title. That's nuts. They'll get rid of him too. He's small. That's the only reason they need Jericho tweeted, I think now more than ever, it's obvious AEW is the best pro wrestling company in the world today. Both both for fans and especially for performers. Nothing can stop us now. Oh, well, yeah. Can't argue with that. One thing for fucking sure, you sure feel a lot more. You, you sure feel a lot more of a sense of job security over there. That's for sure. Because over there, like, yo, we got like four shows. We got something for you to do. Like, we'll rotate you guys out. We'll figure something out. Oh, boy. So Mark Henry and Ryan McKenna spoke on their podcast a little bit about the uh, releases, and this is what they had to say. NXT has consistently been the best product that the WWE has put out for years, and that's even with the Vince whoever, the higher-ups, poaching the talent from NXT seemingly every quarter, taking away this, X, Y, and Z, and yet NXT has been able to prevail, been able to stand tall, and been able to consistently give us that quality product that we've become accustomed to. The question is, Mark, how much longer can they do this for? I just saw somebody said NXT has just been released by the WWE. (sighs) For real? And I giggled a little bit. It was, well, it was it wasn't a laugh. It was like, a <laughs> and that shouldn't be a thing, man. I shouldn't I shouldn't giggle at that. But the point about it is, there have been so many releases, right? That people are starting to look at. Damn, man, the, the writing's on the wall. I could be out of here anytime. I, maybe I need to focus on job security. Maybe I need to like go ahead and take a preemptive strike. And not resign and go somewhere else. Japan, Impact, AEW, ROH, MLW. Like, there's places to go work. And do you want to be a part of something that's already is well established, or do you want to go somewhere and help make a company better? I, I don't. I don't know. It, it depends on on the talent, but it looks like from an NXT standpoint that nobody's safe. That's that's what that's what it looks like to me after last night um getting that news and man I'm just sitting here like still perplexed about the fact it happened during the show. 
right in the middle of, like, hey, guys, I'm, I'm just going to throw this grenade in the room and see what happens. What, what did you think? What did, what did they yeah, it was think during was SmackDown. be the reaction from the fans? He's right about that. They did this shit during SmackDown. The news broke while people were at SmackDown. Right. I remember watching SmackDown. And I was like, wait a minute. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? He said, let me throw this grenade in the room and see what happens. He might really, really, like, real, real shit. He really did. <laughs> that motherfucker threw a flashbang. I was like, watch this. Bah! Oh, man, that sucks. Yeah, but he's got a point. Like, how unsafe must you feel? Not even just NXT, just in that company in general, to know you have zero job security. Like, if somebody looks in the wrong direction, bang, you're fine. Yeah, no, that's definitely an issue. Like, we, we could say whatever we want about Impact, but holy shit, fucking Falabah must be ecstatic to know he ain't going nowhere. It's crazy that it's just turned out the way that it did. I mean, it is. It, it almost feels like it can happen just like at any point, right? It's like a horror movie now. With all the firing, we've seen some of the guys who have been let go, reasons being what they are. Like, this guy, there's no, there's no guarantee. Yeah, you can be a part of the established company, but there's no guarantee how long you're going to be there. They might sign you, and they might sign you this week and release you next month. Oh, boy. Dangerous times. Yeah, that's stealing a line from you. Who are you telling? <laughs> I couldn't imagine working over a place knowing that at any second I could walk in there and be like, nah, man, you out of here. What? Right. But it happens. Okay. Well, let's see what else we have on this story. If we're going to be moving on so much fucking news. See why these things take so long to put together. Enzo spoke a little bit about the NXT situation. I bet you didn't think that was the name that I was going to bring up during this, huh? <laughs> When I, I saw what happened to Dusty, my mentor, he passes away and Cody, you know, says, fuck it. And he leaves the WWE and joins the likes of a uh, Kenny Omega, a uh, Young Bucks. They do all it. I saw that coming from a mile away. I think guys like Finn Balor would tell you they saw it coming. Like we, we weren't in the locker room so, so jaded that we said, oh, WWE is the only show in town. Nobody else could rise up through these ranks or do this or blah, blah, blah. I always felt like it would just take in this new day and age in the social media era, uh, you know, like it takes a garnering of a certain audience and NXT people don't realize the alternative to WWE before it was, you know, these other promotions was NXT before it was AEW. The, the, the audience that made me and Cass was the most hungry alternative audience that you've ever seen in this business. The revolution started back then. It didn't start with what Cody's doing right now. I saw this happening because we created something by poaching Samoa Joe, okay, Finn Balor, El Generico, Kevin Owens, right, Kevin Steen at the time, uh, Neville, right? You're going out and you're grabbing all the likes of the greatest talent that's out there and putting it in this alternative brand under this home of WWE and you're having a women's revolution at the same time because you got Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, Becky all under that house at one time and tag team wrestling with Dawson and Dash and me and Cass. It was just a unique feel. It was an alternative route to the WWE. So when I saw this from angle building from a million miles away it was the smartest thing cody could have ever done because he had done everything he probably wanted to do in the wwe really 
Yeah, he's right. There was a point where NXT was considered that alternative brand. I remember it was the Ring of Honor. It was like it took the place of Ring of Honor after somewhat destroying yeah. Ring of Honor. I was good to see Enzo though, and I follow him on social media. He's all, he, he's staying busy. So. The dude is huge now. Though. Have you seen him lately? Mm-hmm. He's like three of him before. <laughs> All right, well, in other news, I'm going to kind of jump stories uh, a little bit here. Actually, you know what? We should talk about the Adam Cole situation, since that does somewhat correlate what's going on here. Did you hear anything about this? Because this sort of correlates with the NXT oh. situation. Yeah, this has, been, uh, this has been a while. Kind of a little follow-up from what we talked about last week with this contract uh, contract coming up. Well, it's actually already up, but they, they um, had him sign the extension. Yeah, I kind of feel like the Adam Cole situation is more telling about the future of NXT than like anything else that we've seen. So what's happening, according to Fightful, is that Vince McMahon has basically told, made it vocal that he wants Adam Cole for the main roster. Um, He wants to keep him, but he wants him on the main roster. At SmackDown, at the same time, that they fired everybody. Adam Cole was called to Vince McMahon's office for what was called a high-level meeting, according to Fightful Select. He wasn't booked for the show, but he had a high-level meeting with Vince McMahon during SmackDown. So he was backstage at SmackDown when the releases were announced to have a meeting with him. They didn't offer him a long-term deal, from what we're hearing, but we were told that all of the writers were instructed to come up with main roster shit for Adam Cole prior to this meeting. Uh, they promised him, a source was put under the impression that he was promised a main roster spot and that the writers were told that they want him on Raw and SmackDown, so which was probably part of the meeting that took place between him and Vince on Friday. Don't know a correlation that has with them releasing people right around that time. It was confirmed that he, according to Fightful, that he signed a very short written extension with WWE because at this point we weren't know, know if it was a handshake agreement or, or what, but he did sign an extension through SummerSlam weekend. So basically two more weeks. Now, for anyone that's not up to speed about the reason why this happened, it's because the talent relations department had a guy who worked for it called Canyon Seaman. Seaman, Seaman, who knows? Um, and he fucked up and basically forgot to offer Adam Cole contract negotiations before this point. So they were caught off guard by the fact that uh, he did this shit. And I guess he got major heat for that. And uh, they fired him. And when he when when they when they said he was on his way out, apparently they gave him like a nice severance package and shit. They'd make it seem like they fired him because of that. But it's obvious to people on the inside that him fucking up that contract um, was one of the reasons that they got rid of him. Um, And apparently he passed on some names during the recent NXT tryouts. There were apparently if they would have got those people would have been slam dunks. And uh, so I don't know where who they were, but there were people that it was like, I guess they looked at him and they're like, why didn't you take those people? You know, so he's the guy who deals with all the contracts and all the hirings and firings. It used to be John Laurinaitis' spot, but he's the guy who does it. And he seems like he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. So that's one of the reasons that, they, that they're getting rid of that dude. That's the guy you can thank for the situation that they're in, which might be a good situation for Adam Cole to be in, even though it's an accident. We don't know what his thinking is, especially while they're firing people all around him. But what we do know 
is that Pete Dunn's contract expires um, very soon, too. It's either August 31st or September 1st, give or take. Either way, it's one of those two days, though, for sure. Either August 31st, so he has about two weeks also. I'm not sure if that's because of that same guy, that Seaman guy. But uh, that's two big fucking contracts coming up right around the same time. That's your I would definitely NXT I, and second longest reign UK champion. You about to fuck around and lose? Yikes! Mm. Well, this is going to be interesting. God, <laughs> I wonder if this is the same guy who fucked up and didn't uh, have Alistair Black get the ninety day contract. I wonder what Adam Cole's answer is going to be at that closed door meeting. Are you going to stay with your childhood heroes and a few of your friends that weren't fired? Or are you going to go with your wife? I mean, Britt. And Britt said, Britt Baker said she's happy for him no matter what he does, but it, yeah, I read the that. options out there. What do you think he should do? Cool. See, if I was in his situation, I would feel a little uncomfortable knowing at the same time we're having this meeting, one of my long-term friends gets fired, and then, like, what, tw- I think it was like 11 other people at the same time. I feel a tad uncomfortable in that situation. I hate to say it, but in order for that to play out the way that it played out, that would have to mean that Adam Cole is the only person who was privy to the information of what the future of NXT is going to be. Because this is the, he was not given an option to stay in NXT. You know what I mean? It sounds like no matter what, he's, he's gone. It sounds to me like they probably had to tell him what the writing was on the wall as far as the future of NXT goes and then just basically say, but look, we want to do this with you. He probably has a better idea what the fuck's going to happen to them than we do since he is in that interesting position due to fate where because of contracts, they kind of have to let him know and give a little bit more disclosure than to everybody else of what they want to do. So maybe they're not telling him what the plans are of NXT in the future, but based on their actions, we can sort of speculate a little bit here it doesn't sound like they have plans for nxt in the future it sounds like they want to try to grab what they can from it (sighs) fine (laughs) let's shift gears here for a little bit because it's getting late anyway max caster he made a boo-boo was on AEW dark and he said an offensive rap um hmm I don't know. What do I say about this rap? I don't want to quote it. I'll say this. Trigger alert number two today. <laughs> this this rap is offensive. AEW literally, for those of you who don't know, AEW Dark is a YouTube exclusive wrestling show. AEW went through the trouble of removing it from YouTube and re-uploading it with the segment missing due to the fact that they didn't feel that it should have ever made the air. That being said, we are a fucking review show. Nothing on here is illegal. Nothing on here is uh, derogatory to a point that it shouldn't be aired. It's a matter of verbal offense. And since we're reviewing it, that falls under fair use like all of the other shit. I don't agree with them pulling it off of Twitter. But I do understand that when they pull it off of people who are doing it on Twitter, it's literally just them sharing the video without any kind of uh, feedback, review, input, or commentary on it which is not what we're doing here. This is our disclaimer to this thing. We are reviewing this and then we are getting an opinion of what or whether or not it's acceptable or what should have been done, etc. I'm going to win the fucking fair use claim at the end of the night any goddamn fucking way. 
But I just thought that verbally we should talk a little bit about the fact that that's what's happening here. We're reviewing this content, which is news for those purposes. Okay. To elaborate a little bit further, (laughs) just in case there's anything fair use, meaning that this is a sports show where we discuss and review the product, providing commentary, criticism and praise, as well as a review of this week's overall wrestling news. Hopefully that made it clear enough. If not, I also want to talk about the fact that it's a review discussion of the results of the matches, including commentary from our sports news show, and that the sources are all clips that are from the original authors themselves, sharing them on social media publicly. Furthermore, the clips utilize fall under fair use, meaning another author may make limited use of the author's original work without asking permission, pursuant to 17 U.S. Code 107. Certain uses of copyrighted materials for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, or research is not an infringement of copyright and thus are entitled to freely use portions of copyrighted materials for purposes of commentary and criticism, which is what I'm about to fucking do. Or the story, man, yo, get damn business, bitch. <laughs> I didn't think you were gonna... <laughs> every week they oh, claim God. every week they claim I dispute their release they claim I dispute their release it's like what is this AEW doesn't bother us as much if I think I remember you told me but yeah WWE every fucking week Keep anyway stop fuck with us yeah. Max Caster let's go yeah, the acclaimed kicking ass for miles Make you claim mental health like Simone Biles The side gal's gonna pay the cost I'ma treat those bitches like Duke Lacrosse The blondes say they the best But those dudes are faker than a PCR test And what's that smell here in North Carolina? Oh, wait, that's Julia's Oh! Ouch all the croissants, right? Yeah. Yeah, isn't that right? Charlotte! Sheesh. Have a Whoa, brother. There's a lot to unpack in that rest. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot. But we will not unpack it. No, that's not what we're here for, Taz. We're here to talk about professional wrestling. I love that he went, there's a lot to unpack, but we will not unpack it. Yeah, that was a little vicious for them. Holy shit. All right. Let's break this down a little bit. Okay. We're going to unpack it. All right, cool. We're going to unpack it. Write it down. (laughs) Yeah, the acclaimed kicking ass for miles. Make you claim mental health like Simone Biles. Not good. Don't like that. Yeah, too much. Back or down. That wasn't good. That alone, going back to what we spoke about earlier, Simone Biles being fucking uh, one of the greatest ever, and uh, what what talking about the stakes that were at risk, and the fact that she did have other teammates and recaught it in the same second. The fact that she had other teammates um, that could compete there also on her team that they just had traded places with, which is what you're supposed to do. You can bench players on a team, right, and then bring somebody else off off the bench, right? Yeah. That's, that's how that works. That's why they're there. So yeah. I don't think that that was really smart. Um, I think that's not acceptable, unfortunately. It's not offensive in a way that it requires censorship, though. And that goes, that's, the, that's the line that Khan's treading here, where it's kind of like, yeah, it's definitely frowned upon, but it's not necessarily 
you're censoring things. You're censoring like the structure of a sentence at this point, and I get it. It's not something that we agree with. I don't like the fact that it was said, but it's not. I don't think the censorship should be based on opinion. We should have like strict guidelines. You're allowed to say, you're not allowed to say fuck or shit, but you can say what he said. You know, how did I find this? Seven years, man. (laughs) (laughs) This ain't no game. That's how we found this shit. Life and death. Anyway, so let's get to the next part of this thing here. Line number two. I was gonna pay the cost. I'm gonna treat those bitches like Duke Lacrosse. Oh, it doesn't look like Matt Seidel liked that one. Nah. <laughs> he does not approve of this message. Remind me the Duke Lacrosse story again? Anyone? Duke Lacrosse. See, that name is familiar, but I'm like, even that one threw me off. I was like, who the fuck is Duke Lacrosse? So you know what? Crazy. You just made the list. Oh no! Oh, here we go. Patrick, <laughs> what's up, man? That was great. What's up, Patrick? Patrick Boyle. Oh, Patrick. Oh man, that is something else. So, uh, let's see here. I'm just looking. At, bear with me, guys. Getting my program in order. Oh boy. And I'm also trying to figure out this fucking lacrosse story. Yeah, I don't know. Looking through it. Right now. Someone tell me what the reference was to that. I thought that I knew it, but I guess not. Oh, wait a minute. It was a 2006 criminal case, and, and what? They were falsely accused all students. Oh, my. Oh, sexual. Okay. It, ha- it has to do with sexual s- s- racism and sexual violence and shit. Hmm. Yikes. Damn. Yeah, like I said, this was unusual. Let's get some more details here, though. I want to find out. If this rings any any bells. Okay, so let's have a look here. So we already know what the Simone Biles one was. Oh, because three members of the Duke lacrosse team were falsely accused of rape. And then the line was, Seidel, I'm going to pay the cost. I'm going to treat those bitches like Duke lacrosse. So it's a rape reference, which is probably not a good fucking idea either. All right, let's keep going in this. The blondes say they the best, but those dudes are faker than a PCR test. Uh, anyway, What's that smell here in North Carolina? Oh, wait, that's Julia's. Oh! Yikes. I mean, what can I say? Change douche brands. You need to wash. No. Yeah, wash that shit. <laughs> you, I'm so mad it reminded me of this. But do you remember fucking Ziggler Girl? Yes. <laughs> just running a bitch was like, I just got my pussy clean. I'm she, so mad after all this time everybody me of her. Holy shit. Yeah, man. Wash. What's the matter with you? Making Max Cast have to blow it up like that. <laughs> and to put you on blast in front of all of America. Like Martin Lawrence said in his in his stand up stand up comedy, he was like, I went down on him. He was like, Yo, damn, bitch, smell that, smell that. And he put his finger up. He was like, That's all you. He was like, Douche or douche? Which one is it? Do both of them shits. <laughs> And 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 he made the sound. He went squaw squashy, squaw squashy, squaw squashy. <laughs> Martin Lawrence used to be savage. I'll tell you something right now, y'all motherfuckers don't understand. Y'all got toned down, Martin Lawrence. All right, this shit we had. Anyway, no. In all seriousness, I don't think that. Uh, I, obviously, we were kidding, but yeah, no. That part is fine. It's just him being a heel. But yeah, that other shit that he did in there—that's not cool, man. Yeah. Like he should have, 
he obviously was uninformed. I don't think that if he understood the Simone Biles thing, he would have said that. You know, he's one of those people who reads yeah. headlines without scrolling into the story, kind of like everyone who's not us. So he didn't probably know what the hell was going on. You know, he just he heard about it. that line without knowing he did it. And it doesn't help that there's a lot of people on social media that have been like sort of throwing that girl under the bus, which makes it seem like the popular opinion. And what's the problem with the popular opinion? There's sometimes when you try to gravitate toward the popular opinion to get a pop without actually knowing what the fuck you're saying, you get heat. That's the most organic way to get heat is you try to go with the majority only to realize that the majority are idiots, which is the case sometimes. Oh, yeah. So I think that's unfortunate, very foolish that that happened the way that it did. Um, the only good thing we get out of it is Taz at the end of this. Oh, brother. Lots to unpack in that rest. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot. But we will not unpack it. No, that's not what we're here for, Taz. We're here to talk about professional wrestling. Yeah. And yeah, you know what? It wasn't a great taste to bring out to bring out smelly vajayjay into the rap. You know. Some people have issues. Okay. Oh shit. Tony Khan went on to busted open radio and he addressed this issue. Because of course he did. Tony Khan doesn't let things hang in the air like Vince does. On the subject of Dark and one of those teams that broke through and really came and did a good job through Dark, one of those teams, and if I may, is the acclaimed. And uh, that's Anthony Bowens and Max Caster. And speaking of Dark, last night on Dark, Max Caster's rap was terrible. Uh, I was not out there in the moment when he did it. It was not during Dynamite. I was out back when Max had said this rap. I had not heard it until last night, truthfully. Uh, in the editing process, it should have been caught. We downloaded, or sorry, we deleted uh, the episode and reposted it with that edited out, but it shouldn't have aired. And uh, I put such tight controls on Dynamite. And this would never have happened there because Max, his raps, I have always gone over them with him. And frankly, every segment on Dynamite, I don't script or write wrestlers promos, but uh, the, the bullet points I give. So uh, in this case, um, it shouldn't have happened. And what will happen going forward is I will be taking over the editing of Dark and Elevation myself. I was already editing Dynamite and Rampage, and I do a lot. And now I will also be editing Dark and Elevation. So uh, I, you know, that that it's unfortunate that it came to that. He sounds as happy as I do when I get more editing shit to do around here. Right. It's like, oh, motherfucker. Now I get to do another thing on another app. So at least he, he did damage control there. I think everyone made a little bit too big of a deal of it. Like, it's definitely in poor taste. That's something you shake your finger about and you move on with your life. People were acting like they wanted to cancel this guy. Like, shit, let it go. It wasn't derogatory, like, in the way that they're making it seem like it was. But people even took it a thing fur- further because uh, I saw a tweet that, where, where is this from now? Um, he was pulled from an indie event at Beyond Wrestling. They said, breaking, Max Castle will no longer be appearing on tomorrow's event. Wheeler Utah will now face Riker Zero in a no disqualification, no trip title match. And then they have Dirty Dixon, Red Titus, and the tags Tony Deppin and Matt Mikowski and Trisha Dora and Perfect Aaron. Yeah, it's like the editing. Okay, that's one thing, but like. Which, by the way, full disclosure, event. and I don't really mention that very often on this show, but Trisha Dora, Ring of Honor girl, uh, 
former co-host talk brunch of year one. What's head? No. Yeah, she was cool people. She's cool people. I like her. Hi. No. But... <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think that Tony Khan probably uh, I I mean they show him they show him in the shot doing that kind of stuff, but the good news is that AEW is now hiring. I don't know if this story correlates or not, but um, they're going to be hiring for a new director in scripted development and programming. Editors! Scripted development. See, that's how scripts start. When you let people say whatever the fuck they want, you know what they say, right? They go a little too ham sometimes. Cancel culture. They eat their own. Damn. Who does? Who stinks? I think he's talking about your former co-host. Physically, like, as, like, as, like, as in she needs like to jump in the shower. <laughs> like in the shower. So how I knew you were gonna do that. <laughs> the Rock said the same thing about certain celebrities on Hollywood too. He didn't say any name, but he was like, unlike some celebrities, The Rock showers. You know the worst part about that is, it's like nobody else knows who they're talking about, but that person knows they're talking about them. You gotta sit there quietly, like you motherfucker. <laughs> some people said it was Kevin Hart. Some people said it was Brie Olson. I feel like Kevin Hart showers. No, fucking let me stop playing. Well, I wonder what Hollywood heat and shit. We made a segue that we know damn well isn't about stinking like that. All about shower. Ain't that some shit? But yeah, uh, a new Warner Brothers career posting here. Starting on August 2021, AEW is expanding from one two-hour weekly live show to a second weekly live one-hour show as well as adding a quarterly quarterly specials as well we have four other aw series in various stages of development including roads to the top to be launched this year and are helping them expand into various ancillary businesses such as comics nfts est distribution streaming etc the project hire will primarily focus on helping with creative oversight of AEW on all fronts and helping to facilitate workflow across various departments such as business business development marketing pr etc secondary hire will assume backup responsibility for all current tnet's original scripted programming functions patrick's it has to be vin diesel that smelled you know what patrick that would smell a family all right <sighs> something else um, I've got to go through, pass through some of these already. Uh, let's see here. Oh, Bobby Eaton, unfortunately, passed away. That's something that we should talk yeah. about. Lost beautiful Bobby Eaton. Did they do any rest in peace at the beginning of anything? WWE? Why not, right? Like, why in the world because wouldn't they, they be doing that? They're too busy releasing people. Wow. They're so picky about that shit now, and I don't fucking understand it. Yeah, I didn't want to forget to talk about this. Yeah, because they sure as fuck, dude. Yeah, but Bobby Eaton, man. And no, and no, it doesn't count if they do it on fucking SmackDown. They could have easily done it tonight. Yeah, no, nah, that sucks. Um, He was a big influence in a lot of people, you know what I mean? Like, that was one of Cornette's guys. The tag oh, team yeah. that Cornette's known for, so very sad that that happened. Um, We're losing so many freaking legends and wrestlers now over time, you know? It's It's terrifying. Some days, like some days, I'm scared to wake up and check social media. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Absolutely freaking sucks. But uh, and he was young too. How old was he? Like sixty? Yeah, he was about early sixties. I want to say. Yeah, sixty-two years old is what it says here. So he was sixty-two years old. Wow. Good lord. He was part of the Midnight Express, as you guys know. That was Jim Cornette's, the tag team that he managed. That's why I believe that that he invented the flapjack with the two of them. And, uh, yeah, they were from the NWA back in 
mid mid America nineteen seventy six. It's crazy. Absolutely insane. And uh there is a GoFundMe for him, uh which Jericho already put five thousand dollars on. Uh Chris Gilman, Chase Owens, Cody Rhodes, they will put five hundred dollars on. And if you guys would like to donate anything to the Bobby Eaton funeral expenses. I'm going to share the link for you here and also on social media. It's like, that really sucks though, man. Oh yeah. I haven't Legend heard Cornette say anything about this yet. I don't know if his audio hasn't released or if I just missed a tweet or what. You know, yeah, I, have I haven't no seen idea. Cornette just yet. Oh, okay. Patrick said it's out. What, Cornette? Yeah, I guess of Cornette's audio about uh Bobby Eaton. Yeah, when I last looked, I didn't see it. So maybe since then something came out. I'll take a look and see if we can run it real quick if I find it. Yeah, you're right. I see the whole episode, um, which obviously there's no fucking way that we can do that. Um, yeah, there's not really like a breakdown of it yet. So that's kind of unfortunate. But I guess next week, if we find the part where he talks just about Bobby, because that's the one person that I would definitely want to hear their feedback in oh, regards yeah. to well, that. When I heard that Bobby Eaton passed, Cornette was the first person I thought of. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I was like, because every time he's ever talked about things of like the past and the old school days, Midnight Express is one of the first teams that he always mentions. Yeah. It is crazy. And, but yeah, rest in peace and uh, thoughts and prayers. What a wonderful week of news it has been, huh? Right. Firing, people dying. Ugh. Mm-hmm. And that still was indeed. Wrong. I'm I'm questioning it honestly because we're running super late here and I don't want to yeah, do it. Yeah, a, a it's long not show. like we've never done it before where we've knocked out two weeklies in the same fucking show. <laughs> yeah, because like I'm not even done with news. You know, there's still there's still news here. Yeah, you know, like uh, be, yeah, fuck, fuck it, that 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 might be the game plan. Yeah, like like I, like I can easily just pull up the shit from this week and we can just kick next week off with that. Like, but we'll see what happens. So there has been a mask mandate ordered for SummerSlam. That is right. If you are at SummerSlam, you are wearing a fucking mask. This is the Allegiant Stadium, right? I love that graphic. <laughs> it's the Allegiant Stadium. That's courtesy of Ringside News. But Allegiant Stadium, Clark County, Nevada. They issued a mandate for all indoor events. SummerSlam is going to be there. And all the fans have to wear a mask. Ticketmaster has released this information. And they said that they take the health and safety of his guests, employees, and staff very seriously in response to rising COVID-19 cases and in accordance with the Center for Disease Control and Prevention and the State of Nevada Emergency Directive 047. All individuals, regardless of vaccination status, must wear a mask while inside of the stadium. The State of Nevada and the CDC do not currently require proof of vaccination to attend events. To answer your question, Patrick. But it says Legion State of COVID-19 protocols are subject to change as additional information is discovered or provided by the state of Nevada and the CDC. Individual events held at Legion Stadium may also be implemented heightened, may also implement heightened COVID-19 protocols. So please read all correspondence regarding individuals correctly. So the thing is, WWE, as has been reported, have gone out of their way to make make sure that throughout this whole thing, there hasn't been a single mask shown on screen ever. And now at SummerSlam, everyone's going to have a mask. Hashtag no crowd shots. Hashtag sad Kevin Dunn. Ugh, I mean, and then, uh, do what you gotta do. Yeah. And there's one person who's really pissed off about having to wear a mask in Nevada at the gym. 
<laughs> I heard about this a couple of days ago, and I was like, yeah, I'm not surprised you're pissed. He said gyms in Vegas are requiring face masks again, but not allowing face shields, which is the only way to work out and get adequate oxygen. We'll be training in my gym, but something is very off with all of this. I will not be getting vaccinated and support people's choice. Okay, Reeves. Okay. The bigger concern in this entire thing, and this is according to a report from Bodyslam.net, is that WWE's concerns are that the SummerSlam event is just going to be fucking canceled entirely. You know? The mass mandate is something that's happened with the current state of things. But we really don't know with this new Delta variant if by the time in two weeks SummerSlam comes, if the situation will be much worse and if they're going to enforce stricter restrictions, in which case it, they would wind up back at the Performance Center or at the Thunderdome. Yeah, I haven't heard about the PC or Thunderdome would be the route if worse comes to worse. So that would suck. And it'll only happen if they're forced to, because I think at this point they're desperate enough that they're not going to stop without being told, which is no different than before. Because apparently Raw was going to be in the Orlando Amway Center, uh, but the Orlando Magic canceled an employee appreciation night that's supposed to happen tomorrow at the Amway Center due to a COVID spike in the country. But the Raw that just ran tonight is in that very center. So just to put things into perspective, the Orlando Magic, were going to have an employer appreciation night in the Orlando center, but thought that it was too dangerous because of the COVID spike in that specific area. So the thing that's supposed to happen there tomorrow is completely off, but WWE was there just now. Just, just Again, I'm just giving you guys uh, information. That's you all I can really do. What you will. You say so. Throw it in the garbage for all I care. In a bit of amusing news, do you want to hear what WWE producers do during NXT? Or do you know already? I know. Oh, someone already guessed. Is this real? Wouldn't surprise me. Okay, so let's take a look. I'm going to bring this up on the big, big screen so that we could see here. Okay. So this is from a camera, someone's camera, I guess, near ringside. This is during NXT. Oh, oh. That is the fucking TNT logo. They're watching that shit during NXT. That's awesome. Busted. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. Busted, motherfucker fuckers. Oh, look, they actually bring... I'm going to go back. They stay on that shit for a while, huh? Man. Okay, I think we've seen enough. You guys seen the proof. Even they know. And Even they put know. in perspective how long ago that was, keep in mind that was Velveteen Dream and Roderick Strong. Gad shit. That is crazy. Unbelievable. All right, let's see. Do we have any more news? Or are we gonna, I don't know how you feel about the weeklies. I'd want to speed through them if we still did them. Yeah, that's where I'm kind of weird because it's like if we, if we were going to do them, it'd be good to like do them, like, you know, not just kind of run through them. Yeah. Last bit of news, though, before we even decide what the hell we're going to do with that is in regards to our Ric Flair and what's happening with him, his reason for leaving, his reason for potentially going to AEW. There's good old Flair. Woo! Okay, so he has a statement that he released here where he said, 
I am officially able to respond to all the press related to my requested release from WWE, which they have given me. I want to make it really clear with everyone that I'm not upset with WWE at all. They solely are responsible for putting me in the position of life that I'm in right now, where I'm seen in the brightest light ever. We have a different vision for my future. I wish them nothing but continued success. Thank you for everything. Nothing but respect. So that clears up Ric Flair. He made a little classy statement there. Keeping it classy. Mm-hmm. So, but there was a lot of interesting rumors and stuff going on about them, where basically uh, Melsa was saying that he sent text messages to Vince McMahon complaining about Charlotte's booking, um, basically telling him to fix it or he would leave, and I guess he did. At least that's what the rumors are. So. Uh, I mean, I hated this whole thing with her losing to fucking Nikki Cross. So, I mean, I could see it, but... yeah. I don't know. Take it with a grain of salt. But the NWA invited Ric Flair there. You know, they said that he's welcome there. He said, hopefully, Ric Flair knows he is more than welcome for wrestling at the NWA. You would and think apparently, any locker room would open the door for him. And he said he's going to be moving forward to pursue his own line of wine, his own network, as well as his own comic books. Wine and comic books. Good idea. American Dream. Right there, right? American Dream all at once. All right. Get fucked up and read comics. <laughs> At least he could, he's smart enough to leave the door open and, and leave there on good terms. Yeah, some people shut that door for the quickness. Yeah, pretty much. But then Flair's never really struck me as a bridge-burning type person. No, no, he he's, a, he's not because he keeps coming back there, you know. He knows how well WWE pays and takes care of his ass, <laughs> you know. Um, I'm looking through the weekly now to see if there's anything urgent that I really want to talk about. Yeah, I'm trying to see of the uh, besides Raw is the only thing I could think of. But yeah, this see it's kind of weird. Like especially with SmackDown, it kind of felt like everything was like almost reroundish. You know, I think like, just... it almost felt like I'm looking through SmackDown now, and it feels like if you didn't watch it, you might have not missed too much. You know, I think I'm going to run the program just to save myself the headache next week. And if it turns out that we're right, it should be short then. So let's run some weeklies and we'll be fast about this and we'll get out of here. We'll all go home. Yeah, we'll fire through it real quick. NXT tag team match. Legado del Fantasma with Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza with Santos Escobar against Hit Rose, Ashante Adonis, and Top Dollar being accompanied by B-Fab and Isaiah Swerve Scott to finish being DQ because Santos um, has the steel chair on Top Dollar. Um, and then they take out Swerve, which I should have some sort of, as, as much as I'm trying to run, rush through this, I really should have something on the screen, shouldn't I? Like, they're like, yeah, now he's just being, like, now he's just being lazy. No. No. No, not at all. Just trying to Nobody find a damn fire. We're not being lazy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Bear with me. Which side? Which side? No, and I think um, I don't know if you saw on social media, but uh, Kevin Owens actually complimented Top Dollar on his gear. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm guessing apparently because I guess it's a little bit similar to his. So yeah, look at you getting props from the big, the big names. Grill out of his mouth. Oh, it's grill. Oh, no, it's over. This 
This is an absolute oh, dis dis by death? What's doing, man? display. Oh, it, it doesn't look God, like it's over yet. We need some. No. We need some. Oh, that is too much. Get him out of there. Thankfully. They save his ass. He does not look happy. Uh, it's no better than piss off big man. It's like you die a thousand deaths. Pissed off big man. Treat you like a little man. This <laughs> shit get real uncomfortable real fucking quick. All right, yo. <laughs> now, as for the match, there was some unique offense here. Let me go back a little bit. Of how they can climb the charts. For a while now, trying to scratch his way. Out of the corner of Hit Row and back to Raul Mendoza. And I don't think that is the way to do it. There you go. Ashanti the Adonis flying Cover, cover, in. cover. Off the tag team offense and a kick out. Perfect moment with that drop kick. Just as Joaquin Wild thought he was getting out. That was an interesting drop kick situation they had there. Right. Where he came off with the hurricane round into the basement drop kick. Love and also... And also, I like this bottom rope springboard moonsault. You never really, you hardly ever see somebody spring off the bottom rope. I didn't think you even really could. Yeah, right? It just doesn't seem to, like, I feel like there's just not enough room. Like, it's not like with the middle and the top rope, where it's like you're going to have a lot of leeway to work with. Like, I didn't think there was enough room to pull this off. Pounding on that man, Ashanti the Adonis. How much more can that man take? Double suplex Mendoza looking for the moonsault connects. Nice, right? But then again, I guess with Mendoza being smaller, I guess he could pull it off. So, yeah, exactly. Overall, good stuff, good match. You know, oh, yeah, great DQ. opener for Tag. Keeps the feud going. Um, Ikemanjiro faces Rich Holland. Um, honestly, I didn't really have much to say about this match. They did what they planned on doing. They made they they had a fucking match where he throws the guy around. You know, yeah. I mean, I didn't really yeah. find any interest in it. There was people to Rich Holland, I guess. Yeah, I mean. This is it on the screen. He just throws him around. I really nothing really impressed me too much. I don't find Rich Holland. He's just a stereotypical beefcake. You know, he just came in here to do his Rich Holland shit. Nice knee thing there. He drop. Yeah, he didn't blow out his ankle. So every time he doesn't do that, it's a victory. Yeah, he didn't catch anybody either though. <laughs> uh, Roderick Strong against Bobby Fish. If we uh, only knew. Final match. I knew watching it. You know, and he's he's an assassin. He's assassinated by the backbreaker. To get right back into this match. That was all the window of opportunity that Roderick Strong needed. I'm not sure Diamond Mine even did anything there, but whatever they did, it was enough to distract Bobby Fish. Just for that split second. Fish, Fish shoulders down. Cover. Oh, Strong. That was two and a half jumping knee, though, from Strong. Connects. Fish is rocked. Strong now. With a sense of urgency, up and down. Look at the knees into the back. Into the cover goes strong. Another hook of the leg. And, and that is the end of Bobby Fish. He's dead in NXT. Yep. End of heartache for Fish. Mm-hmm. Tag team match of Cameron Grimes and LA Knight against the Grizzly Young veterans, James Drake and Zach Gibson, with the finish being the ticket to mayhem, thanks to freaking LA Knight being a dickhead. That poor baby. Mm-hmm. Well, you can question the man's abilities as a butler. You cannot question his abilities inside those ropes. What an athlete he truly is. The one and only technical savage. Drives now. We'll be looking for the cave in Gibson, though, providing a distraction. Drake from behind. 
Then, oh, there again, that uncanny ability to know where the other is at all moments. Drake catches and punching his ticket to mayhem. Is Zach Gibson cover counting? And that's a wrap for him. Still one of my favorite finishers, but yeah. Poor yeah, that looks really good. Receiving yeah. Also, uh, Grimes looks really good, too. I like this neck breaker reversal that he does here. Oh, yeah, this was really cool. With or without the goal. We hear the NXT Universe certainly behind Cameron Grimes in this matchup as LA Knight goes up, goes over. Yeah, Knight looks really good. Nice neckbreaker. What an athlete LA Knight is. And look at Cameron Grimes. Wants to make this work. Yeah, he tags him there at least. Nasty whiplash here. They talk about it. You'll see. Cameron Grimes is super skilled in the ring. Cameron Grimes flying through the air and right here Cameron Grimes distracted by LA Knight did not see the tag and there's and you see they Enzo the shit out of him oh, every time I see that spot I'm scared mm-hmm. and Grimes basically uh, by himself he picks up some really good momentum in this oh the gloves are off and I can't blame Cameron Grimes and it's all by himself, Grimes slugging it out now with the grizzled young veterans. Grimes has no one to tag, no one to count on. Well, that should be the case. Millionaires don't have to get their hands dirty. Oh! Cameron Grimes is a millionaire himself. And Grimes, look at this! And Grimes never backs down from a fight. Grimes looks really good out there. Look at how he hit him with the Davy Richards. Grimes is taking out the grizzled young veterans. I love how we're like naming moves just after people now. Grimes goes up, goes over, and you can hear the NXT Universe. Nice, so good. And in a butler suit. In a fucking butler suit. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> That's a fucking talent. Yeah. You know how hard it is to whoop ass looking that good. We have an NXT breakout tournament first round match of Joe Gacy against Trey Baxter finish being a 450 stomp. What is going on in the world where you can hit motherfuckers with a 450 stomp? I've seen you know? shooting star leg drops. I've seen corkscrew elbows. I've never seen us shoot a 450 stomp. Grip. Gacy falling from the top. Great ring awareness. For Gacy Baxter. ain't moving. Baxter flying through the air. Yeesh. That is high level shit right there. That looked like that suck all kinds of ass also this spot here looks pretty cool too what is this uh called again name escapes right it's like a frostberry flop type deal yeah, the ball here. We've learned a lot about this one the first one just a suicide dive we are learning about that irrepressible rebound talking about the second one here I know it's not called flying through the air. Yeah, yeah I believe it's either. It depends on who uses it because I know when Neville used it, Neville used to use it. Uh, they called it the Spaceman Plancha. But yeah, I believe all my time is known that when Tony Deese has been using it, it's been a Fosbury flop. I've never heard that Spaceman Launcher shit before. Wow. I've only heard it like a handful of times. Gotcha. Cool. cool. But I know in the games, they uh, they name it the Spaceman Plancha. Yeah. So, uh,. He goes over with that crazy stomp, which brings us to the brackets here so that we can see exactly where everybody turns out. 
So what do we have next week? We got uh, we got Carmelo, Carmelo Hayes, Hayes and Duke Hudson, and we got Odyssey Jones and Trey Baxter in the finals of the breakout tournament. And we pray to God that the winner doesn't get released. <laughs> yeah, that's all you really can do at this point. <laughs> right. At this point, if you don't get released, you won. <laughs> Now we get more cartoon shit, man. The, 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 uh, let me get this on the screen for you guys here. So, the Kari Sane shit. You saw that, right? Oh, God. Yeah, so it's Kari Sane hanging out with... Uh, fuck is her name again? Wait, are you talking about fucking Io Shirai? I mean, not Kari. I was saying Kari Sane. Io Shirai hanging out, with, uh, hanging out with Zoe Stark. I don't know why I kept saying Kari Sane. You know why I was saying Kari Sane? Because because during the interview, she told her. That's how this thing starts. She opens by telling her, oh, we're going to be friends like Kari Sane. And then she and then this is the look that she gives her after she says that, which I thought was the most priceless thing. She's like, you know, we're going to bond like you and Kari Sane did. And then she just gave her that fucking look. And I was thinking, we're we're off to the races. <laughs> if, that's, if that's the look she gave you. First of all, that's a bad place to start. You know what I mean? Like, like that's a, like you. You have really high expectations here. But anyway, let's continue from here. Yes, I must say. Can I take your order? Chip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh no! Oh, here we go. <laughs> Fragility. Thank you for the follow. And you? You know what? Sounds good. I'm gonna have what she's on. See, and that's what I don't like. This is where it becomes a little bit cartoony. Oh, yeah, yeah. It looks great. Definitely. Like, what is she, a little kid? This is a shoot until just now. Oh, I forgot right, they were the right? NXT oh, tag team. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. But, like, this is this is bad. Like, I'm supposed to believe that Zoe Stark doesn't know what the fuck wasabi is or how to eat sushi or how to use chopsticks at her age. It's good, right? It's amazing. Like, what is happening here? Excuse me. And then that. Oh, my God. Wince, wince, wince. Cringe, cringe, cringe. <laughs> oh man somebody should future endeavor shit. the fucking octopus <laughs> hey the octopus leaves guy out that seat unscathed you say so why is she throwing food right especially expensive food what the fuck's Wait, wrong with her bitch. have you ever eaten octopus it's great right. Fuck it, though. Like, what's, what's the matter with her I think I had baby octopus for my birthday maybe a couple of years ago it was the best thing I've ever had in my life Fucking wonder! Oh my god, oh, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> I'm so angry. Wasteful like, twat! Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, I just didn't like this whole thing. It didn't really make too Why much sense to me. Fucking job for that! Like, what the? And then Kari saying leaves her to pay the bill, and they don't even really emphasize it in any way because it would have been an expensive bill. But they don't really do it. They don't even stay with that. There was no payoff to this. Like, they're fucking garbage. But then some of the fun begins because you get Joe on a rampage. Slow down, baby. You're fucking stupid. (laughs) 
God, I miss Joe kicking ass again. He was looking at the camera the whole time, choking him on conscious. Typical WWE. I always hoped that the first time we saw Rick Steiner's son, he'd be doing something cool. Oh, no. Is that Bron- who that? No. Bronson Rick Steiner. <sighs> you should you should have gone to TNT, dude. They, they'd have plugged you with Rick Steiner's son and everything. They would have been like the Steiner families back on TNT after 18 years or whatever. But no, that's what it is. He wouldn't have been getting choked unconscious. No, he's just random Joe getting choked. He's still, I mean, he's still in the early bits. He's at the Performance Center, so we probably won't see him debut for a long time. So people won't remember this for years, except that they will. You know how the internet is. Yeah, we're remembering it right now. You know they don't forget. It's crazy. Somebody go screenshot that and hold on to it till the day he debuts. And be like, remember this? Click. That is rough. I was there when Joe put your ass to sleep. Yeah, when you were flailing around like a child. He wasn't even looking at you. He was looking at the goddamn camera. <sighs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> NXT this week. You're not doing me any favors when I'm defending you, man. Next, we get the lover or loser match. Johnny Gargano versus Dexter Loomis. Winner gets in the art well. Basically, if if Dexter wins... The Garganos have to accept him. If he loses, keep in mind, if he loses, if he loses, Dexter has to go away and he has to let it go. Ah, uh, I just realized that. You just I realized why I was putting emphasis on, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. let's go into a few spots before we even get into that, since that's such a fucking, that's way more complicated than just a finish now, but... Uncle Ray has been the biggest detractor from Index from the beginning, plotting and planning. I like Dexter's offense here. He looks really good. Really sound. And then he like, gets to look really fucking crazy afterwards, so it, it helps. Yeah, everything he does is very deliberate. Well, Gargano does not like this sight right now. That is creepy. Oh, yeah, fuck him up, Donnie. He came over his fear for a minute there. And then the apron suplex thing. I think I've actually run it right there. And now Gargano going right to work. Gargano, former NXT tag team champion. Former North American champion. Former NXT champion. Gargano now. What's he thinking? The man who has done it all. I'd rather know that Johnny Gargano is... Ouch. You're going to sell that no matter how weird you are. Right. <laughs> And Loomis has this weird, creepy slide to the outside. I'm going to bring it what up here. He have this not weird Throwing some heavy jabs, heavy forearms there, right the jaw of this beast. Uh-oh, Loomis. Whoa. Whoa. Hey, what the fuck? Oh, the unorthodox style of Dexter Loomis. Throwing Johnny off his game. Those are some crazy ass mind games. Right. And Indy goes down there for him. What the hell's going on under that? Yo, someone 
who was it that sent me this? Was it Willie? <laughs> Let me look. Oh God. He did. It's too bad it's a small picture. What 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 it is is a where Gargano and Candace is, somebody memed Vince McMahon's name and then where Indias they memed NXT's name and where fucking Loomis is they, they memed Triple H's name. <laughs> yes, I've seen that one. <laughs> if that ain't art imitating life. So fucked up, man. I don't wanna go. I'll always love you. <laughs> oh, this is such a dark, messed up thing. But it's so fucking true. Oh man. Also, I love that Beth gets involved in the angle here because she Gargano blames her for everything that's going on. Things around as Loomis sent to the outside. Gargano now looking to fly. My fault. The heart wants what what it wants, Johnny. The heart wants what it wants, Johnny. You are to blame for this. I like that spot there. Was looking for that slingshot spear. Instead, Loomis. Oh, man. And we get one of the most sensual rope breaks in wrestling history. I was not prepared for this. No, I wasn't prepared for it either. I never thought I'd write down sensual rope break. Right. Certain phrases you still expect to come across in the wrestling business. That's one of them. Here we go. Loomis reaching out. Loomis is there. <laughs> is that the screenshot? I've already gone to press the screenshot button on it. <laughs> I gotta look through the title to see which one fits the best. Oh God. You don't understand for y'all who for all who knew out here, we do some of the post production during the fucking show. <laughs> Such a funny screenshot My too. Pad wants to take forever to fucking come up this time. Ain't that a bitch? That is fucking wonderful. There you go. I want my nips done too. Yes. Oh boy, that is so funny. <laughs> oh god. Anyway, what else do we have besides the uh, th- the rope break? There was some cool back and forth exchanges also, and like you saw, mainly that was it. But we're gonna. I know you're dying to get to the part that's going to bother you about this whole thing. So let's just get straight to it. I don't even want to explain. I'll get up on the screen first. Remember, I told you about that stipulation. And here we go. So clearly the Gargano of one. This wasn't in the rules. I thought exactly what. I love how she popped for it. This is the moment we've all been waiting for, Index! So for those who don't know, Loomis lost the match. So therefore, it was supposed to be just done. And you just said, no, fuck the rules. Yeah, they just fucked off the stipulation. The stipulation that they they set a week ago, they just fucked off with it. (laughs) Unbelievable. I don't mind 
the whole index thing where if you're going to do that, just have fucking Lucas win. That being said, NXT did 520,000 viewers, the exact same number as last week. The only difference was they went down a point two in the 18 to 49 demographic from a point 12 to a point 10. So 520,000 viewers, again, they're not budging from that half a mil. Nope. <sighs> Ouch. Well, that experiment went very wrong. Don't know what to say, man. Win some, you lose some. That brings us to the very successful, very lucrative, very money-gushing, spent $50,000 just to be able to use Space Jam in that one ridiculous elite segment, AEW Dynamite. This is episode 97, Homecoming. Not just a regular episode, this is Homecoming. Coming home. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Don't you fucking diddy me. Don't you fucking (laughs) diddy me. Writing it down. (laughs) Don't diddy me, bro. (laughs) All right, let's bring AEW Dynamite up on here. I'm getting excited because the, the further we go, the closer we are to being finished. Yes. You thoughts exactly. The third labor of Jericho match. Juventud Guerrero versus Chris Jericho. With the caveat being Jericho has to win with a top rope maneuver. Okay, well, let's start off with Hoovy's intro. We haven't seen Hoovy on TNT in for what I thought was going to be the rest of my life, but turned out to only be a few decades. So. Yeah, it hasn't been as long as I thought it'd been. But then again, I guess because like me being somebody who I wasn't watching at the time at WCW, that's like light years for me. <laughs> yeah, for me it is too. Like I remember watching Hoovy live on this channel versus Jericho. This is crazy, but here we are. From Mexico City, Mexico, weighing 187 pounds, moving to Guerrero. What an intervention this young man is. That's Calder. I know you're a big aficionado of Lucha Libre. This kid invented a lot of stuff. Why does Jericho look so high? He is one of the premier high flyers <laughs> of the last 20 years. And Tony, I think it would be fair to Doesn't say... Doesn't Jericho look high or am I losing my mind? Jericho's not looking good, man. Chris Jericho in that cruiserweight championship with Dean Malenko. Jesus, look at him. He looks like shit, man. Not for nothing, but he looks like shit. And you know how much I defend Jericho. And his best looking days are definitely behind him. And poor JR trying to put this match over. Poor fucking JR. Because he tries his best when this match starts to put it over. But the match was dead on arrival. So there was nothing that he could do. Let's look at the first dead spot so we can see how dead this match is. I haven't seen uh, Hoovy in action in quite some time, so I really don't know what to expect here. Oh, it's been since. I read a lot about some of the comments he made coming in. He's ready. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn. The fucking timing. (laughs) Fucking... The fucking timing, dude. Dude, Guerrero going immediately at Chris Jericho, lighting him up with chops. And all you heard was the thud. Man, look at those chops. One of the fastest luchadors in the history of professional wrestling. 
I haven't seen Hoovy uh, in action in quite some time, so I really don't know what to expect here. Oh, it's been but since. I read a lot about some of the comments he made coming in. He's ready. It was mainly Jericho, I think, with that. Hoovy looked okay. There was a timing I issue. Yeah, although he rotated quick enough. You know, but give Hoovy time. He'll start to look like shit. Let's get <laughs> get to around here. Look oh, at this shit. Yeah, Hoovy's best days are definitely behind him. In fact, I gotta go a little bit before this because Hoovy looks as surprised to be going to the top rope. August sixth. As I am to see him doing it. Like, he seems as surprised as I am. Look at that. First of all, they did the spot again. That was them redoing the fucking spot from the time that it flopped when JR tried to put it over. Now, look at Hoovy here. Hoovy's down there, and it's almost like if he needed to process what's coming next. Like, all right, Jericho's down there. I need to jump and hit him. This is where the turnbuckle is. Jericho's still down there. I'm sure you would do it. I got to make sure that I get this right. So I'm going to climb up here. All right. Well, ready to go. Normally, Chris Whoop, Slippery, little slippery. Easy, easy. Got it. Got it. I'm good. I'm good. And now we go. And and. Okay. He hit him with that move that we used to call on this show back in the day, the John Cena move, the this is my leg, you see, leg, you see, leg, you see, <laughs> this is my leg, you see, leg, you see, leg, you see, remember that shit, oh, John Cena used to hit him with his big ass fucking elephant trunk leg, and we used to always be like, because he had that song back then for something, we used to be like, this is my leg, you see, leg, you see. That was a song for him and... That was he. That was him and Bray's my way. Yeah. Now this is my leg. You see, <laughs> he had, he, we used to call that John Cena leg drop. The, this is my leg. You see, because there's no way to not get hurt. It's John Cena's big ass hitting you with a leg drop. It's like it's a lose all across the board. But he hit him with the this is my leg. You see, like after all, like you see after all that flopping around, either getting up there. I don't know what was happening here. Good, good that Jericho caught him and placed him down gently before colliding yeah. against the wall like that. Oh my god. The, the, you know what? There's a sunset flip sequence that looks good. <laughs> hey, put, here we go. Look, there's sunset flip. Here we go. Nobody. You mean clean in the middle? John Moxley. Watch how good this looks. versus Jericho matches in the past. Yes, sunset flip. Brings it through. Rolls through. Comes in. Counters with the kick. Well, you know what I think, Excalibur. Wait a minute. I thought he should have went for a standing moonsault or something there, but he just kind of seemed like he got sleepy. So he goes for a cover. I felt like a standing moonsault moment. Was it just me? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm here with you. That's like that's like he pulled the Harrison Ford. Remember that scene where Harrison Ford was supposed to fight the guy and do all this cool shit, but he was tired, so he just shot him, and they kept it in, and they kept that as the actual version. So it's like an Indiana Jones thing where like the guy's doing all this cool shit with like a sword, and he's like, "Fuck it." Poof. That's actually not the way it was supposed to be. It just made for a better take. That's what he's fucking sort of did that. What are we watching? Oh my god! And you know what, man? This is just the rest of this, and I hate to do this because I was the last one to to believe in Taco Jericho. But the rest of this really is Jericho just looking like shit, man. Like, I just can't fucking believe how bad Jericho looks, man. It's breaking my heart. Like, now he looks like shit. You guys win, finally. Now he looks like shit. Watch him here. Oh, my God, man. Moving to... 
Steam in the corner, Jer Oh my god, Jericho. Look at fucking Jericho, man. Like, I can't, I couldn't believe my, when I was fucking watching. Look, oh, he almost slipped, phone going over. Oh, he almost fell. Oh. Barely. That wasn't a fake, he almost fell, motherfucker. It's like I almost don't even have words. I feel, I feel shitty looking at it. Could win it. Here's the cover. Come on, come on, you mass more. He needs to get back in shape, man. He really fucking does. He's Chris fucking Jericho. Look at how windy. Yo, he's so gassed after that cover. He's so blown. His mouth is wide. Yo, he needs to get back in shape, dude. It's Chris fucking Jericho. Oh my god, what happened, man? He looks so fucking tired. I'm getting tired watching this shit. Everything, the pace of everything. That that's the fucking tilt the world backbreaker that Chris Jericho used to do. They used to look so good. It was just like, oh my god. He's catching up with him. Like it's finally really, really starting to catch up to him. Like it was already was before, but like now it's like hitting him now. Like. That shit made me sad, man. There's some good Hoovy offense, though, believe it or not. I guess maybe he got warmed up. He was rusty. But right around here, you get to see some interesting stuff. He's exhausted. He's broken down. He is fatigued after that match last week against Nick Gage and two weeks ago against Sean Spears. But Hooventude could be the final labor here tonight. Yeah, you got some Hoovy spots. You know, this was a good reversal thing coming up here. Me jumping a little bit ahead. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not supposed to be the one defending this damn company, but there was some nice stuff here, I guess. Hey, you defend what the fuck you want. Especially when the other person's firing Yeah, these people are right. It is awesome. It's awesome that Jericho is about to be done. It's awesome that I'm never going to have to deal with Jericho again after this. And you know what, MJF? This was cool here. This is our 34th live event here in Daly's Place since August of last year. These fans here have been excellent. him. Go for the cover. And I agree, Excalibur. It's been a great place. It's a great sports city. I love how he RVD. Hoovy Driver. Michinoku Driver, but Hoovy Driver, whatever you want. Depends on who's in the ring, like we say about some things. But I guess Hoovy's going to be sticking around? Maybe. That's the impression that I get, because then afterward, Wardlow fucked them both up. Out here. Wardlow is going to be talked about more and more. As time goes on, he and may he, be the future here. He's attacking Hooventude as well. The F. And in case you're wondering what the move was that Jericho used to win this, they said that it was a top row Judas effect, but I call bullshit. Okay. I've seen Jericho hit that spinning back elbow off the top rope a thousand times. That's not the Judas effect. That, 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 that's an old Jericho move. That's the spinning back elbow he's hit his whole fucking career as a regular move. Like, I can't believe. They got to call it a Jewish effect because it's his new finish of the Jewish effect. No, they can fuck off with that. You can't make a nostalgic show on TNT, remind me of all the nostalgia and all the things that I used to see and how it used to be, and then have him break out a move that he used to break out and call it something different. He does that well, spinning actually, back elbow. It was that he used to rotate the other way. He did he speed up. I've seen this move on Jericho his whole life. Up to the top. Look at how this looks. Comes off. Judas effect. Nah, I'm not buying it, man. So what? He spins the other way. The rotation makes a difference. 
Yeah, if he was a fucking window fan and I wanted to go between vent and blow. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean a, a 450 and a shooting star press kind of depends on the rotation now, doesn't it? I guess, man. We're going to give it to him for that. Based on, based on the technicality, kind of like Roman Reigns having to fight John Cena after the contract. Sure, we'll, go, hey, we'll give hey, it to him. They did it, didn't they? Yeah, strange <laughs> fucking logic, man. It should have. There was a. Wait a minute. I guess I missed something here. Yeah, hold on. He almost kills Hoovy. I missed that part. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I thought I was done, but I was like, something felt like I'm it was missing. Because I'm trying to remember which part you're talking about now. Oh no! I'm talking about this fucking spot right here, man. Hoovy comes off the top in a hurricane rod, and Jericho tries to. I've seen. I think feel like I've seen him do this oh, in the past. Yes, he tries I to come off the top in the walls of Jericho. Yes. I've seen him do that before. Oh, okay. but he almost fucking here. hurts him, man. He's too old for this kind of shit. Watch Jockey this. For position, but to... This is scary. Like somebody needs to stop him. Look at this shit here. I'm gonna slow down. Look at how he fucking came down there. Oh my god! Look at the audience. They know too, man. Like everybody knows. This is bad because everybody fucking knows. And then he has to reapply it. He was supposed to come down with it, but instead he has to fucking reapply it. This is becoming a fucking dangerous situation. Not good, man. Anyway, someone needs to look after Jericho. He needs to get back in ring shape, man. They can't let him do whatever he wants because he's Jericho. And I do believe he's towards years in the tank, but not with in the shape he's in now. Anyway, Hangman and the Dark Order split. He decides that he wants to go off on his own. Gonna bring that up here. I think it's, I think it's probably best we um, go our separate ways. No, Adam, Adam, we're friends. We have your back, yeah. man. We got you. I know you. we're, we're friends. Not I love you guys. Time. Listen, yeah. I think for now we're we're done. Okay. Adam, where are you Adam, going? Come on, Adam. Adam, come on, guys, 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 guys. If this is what he wants, let's give him his space. This is what he needs. <laughs> I saw a tweet. It was just a random person tweeting of during AEW, and they said that uh. They love how the Dark Order went from the Scientologist cult to talking about how they need to respect their friend's personal space if it's what he needs. <laughs> it's so funny when you really think about it that way, you know. But um, I actually did, I don't know if you heard, but um, I did hear a little bit more of a why Hangman was basically taking out the title picture for now. Out. Oh, uh, what it is, it's not only just the CM Punk thing, but his kid is going to be on the way soon. So what it's looking like is when his child comes, he's probably going to take a little time away just to, of course, enjoy being a new dad. But the plan is still for him to be the one to take the title off of Omega. Gotcha. Okay, well, that so makes it looks sense. like right now it's just kind of not even taking him out of the picture, just delaying things so he can not only, of course, be a dad, but then so Punk and Brian showing up doesn't soil that moment for him. And that makes perfect sense. All right. Well, that being said, the other things that happened was uh, you wound up with Matt Lee and Jeff Parker in AEW because these 30 day clauses, man, they, they go by like that. Yep. 2.0, formerly known as Everrise. Everrise is now known as 2.0. Let me see if I could uh, bring that up on the screen. I actually think I got it off of the AEW Twitter here. So let's just go to the Twitter real quick. Are we allowed to do that? Can we use the Twitter machine? Because this was before AEW. Yeah, there we go. Free agency, huh? How about a hell of a thing. How about it? Free agency tastes real good, huh? 2.0. 
in the AEW. But you know what you gotta do? You know what you gotta do when you're the new kids in the neighborhood? You gotta find somebody to watch your back. So Daniel Garcia, how about it? The second thing that you have to do is call out the three baddest dudes. On the, that's right. I like the three plan. baddest dudes. Yeah, yeah. Eddie Kingston, Ooh. you want a taste? Oh, okay, so we're gonna go with Eddie Kingston. How about John Moxley? Hey, you want a taste? And how about Darby Allen? Oh. If you want a taste. You want a taste, Darby? Huh? Tomorrow night, boys. Dynamite. You're gonna find out that the three of us right here, we rule. Rule! I already wrote it down. You want a taste? Oh, please don't. I implore you to reconsider, as they used to say. You ever seen a movie? Ever seen a movie, Kung Pao? Yes. I implore I you to Pao. to reconsider. Hmm. Okay. And now he's now he's with the Kung Pao, the fucking Family Guy. He told me to reconsider, but I already wrote it down, so there was no way. Oh man. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe you got a Kung Pao repertoire. Versus Paul Fiction now this. What the fuck is going on? That was the shit, man. From this moment, you refer to me as Betty. <laughs> and dude was like, is Betty not a woman's name? And then everybody got up all offended and shit. Gotta watch that again. Oh yeah, George, they got fired too. They got fired weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, it's 30 day complete clause when it's NXT. It's only 90 days when it's WWE. So you're going to start seeing all these guys pouring into places. Ring of Honor might get invigorated from this. I think AEW has their fill. Let's bring back Ring There's of Honor. There's a ton of talent that can jump the Ring of Honor. Let's fix Ring of Honor. I'm down for that. Get that. Yeah, get them. Get those guys back rolling. Mm -hmm. Best of the world gave me like newfound love of them again. Well, old yeah. again. Yeah, same here. You know, uh, six man tag team match: Darby Allen, Eddie Kingston, and John Moxley being accompanied by Sting against the 2.0 Jeff Parker and Matt Lee and Daniel Garcia. Uh, finish being a very nasty paradigm shift, very nasty coffin drop combo. This was one of those superhero team ups where it was just like to keep the crowd happy type deal. You know how those go. Something to pop for. But you know what my favorite part of this whole thing was? What's that? It wasn't even the match. It wasn't even the match itself. It was after when fucking Eddie Kingston had his fucking mark out moment with Sting. Yes, yes, that absolutely. That motherfucker was a fan all over again. And I was like, I've been there. <laughs> The beautiful thing about AEW, you don't know what to expect. You see the unexpected. The bottom line is that you see great wrestling. Exactly. Exactly, JR. Well put. That's what you see, excitement. And we are just starting tonight. Hell, Moxie was almost smiling. <laughs> that was cool. Yo, remember, remember when he used to come on with, with, with the Blade and Bunny and he would do that same pose and someone someone memed it and they said, when you bring your cousin to the to the Comic-Con or whatever and they take a pose with all the cosplayers and he liked it and was like, ha ha, yeah. <laughs> Yo, fucking Eddie Kings is so funny. Side note, uh, uh, kind of a little cool note, um, Brody's uh, wife, Amanda, her youngest kid, that's like fucking, her, Eddie's like his best fucking friend. That's she cool. uploaded a video on on her Instagram of like moments of I can't remember what the little kid's name is, but him and Eddie together. I think when he and Moxley did a tag match, he fist bumped the kid. Like yeah, that kid fucking loves Eddie. That's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's cool to like know they have like I mean, negative one has a score ten, and then now his little brother has Eddie. It's just cool to know that they have like genuine bonds with these guys. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone that was interesting about the new Everrise intro, this is what it is. Off guard, there's Yeah, Hangman Adam Page thinking he's better off alone. 
This next bout is a trios tag team match set for one fall with a 20 minute time limit. Approaching the ring, the team of Daniel Garcia, Matt Lee, and Jeff Parker. This trio making their dynamite debut, and in doing so, they called out three of the biggest dogs on the block. What you're looking at is three guys who are criminally underutilized. But the beautiful thing about the agency, fellas, is we get to go wherever we want. Now that we're here at AEW, that means that we get to call out whoever. Moxley, Kingston, Darby, tonight, you're going to get a taste. How do you like that? Wow, JR, you thought NBA free agency is hot. It is getting red hot here at AEW. Well, it's all about opportunity with those three guys. Opportunity is tonight. And we're for the Be accompanied by the icon, Steve, from Seattle, Washington. Running 170 pounds, Darby Allen. What an ovation for Darby Allen along with Steve. Fans on their feet, they're having a great time. Did Darby always have that cartoon? No, that is a new intro. That's a new yeah, intro that's, video. That's what actually made me drift off there. I kept that going longer than I wanted to. How do I get that back? Let me get to that spot. There you go, Bobby. Brand new intro video. From Seattle, Washington. Running 170 pounds. Derby. Wow, they, they spent some real money here. Yeah, see, there it is on the top there. See, that's pretty cool. Fans on their feet. That's dope. I'd like to see it. I wonder if they have it on YouTube or somewhere, if they uploaded it. I'd like to see what I'll they see did for him. And no, George, Impact has had many a chances in reboots. I, I think that's just, we're just going to let that be. <laughs> I did like some of the tag team action in this, including this uh, this step-up elbow here. For you kinesiology specialists out there, uh-uh. Jeff Parker sending Kingston on the ropes. You can see Kingston very laboriously. I like this trio, guys. I really do. 2.0 and Garcia really working together. And they complement well. each other so well. Look at that, man. Yeah, looking really good, guys. Glad to see them back. Or somewhere. Hey, keeping them busy. But yeah, I think I might have found the entrance video. Give me just a second. Nice. Here, here's another thing. If we're talking about mark-out moments, right? I love that he marks out before things dive here. Look at this. Kingston. We saw during the break, had that knee very nearly mutilated. Point look, he's like, staying. Oh. oh, watch out. Maybe this kid sing his childhood. <laughs> oh. <laughs> fucking it. That sucks. Moment ruined. Oh, my God. But, yeah, uh, just sent to you on Facebook. Yeah, this looks like that is his new entrance video. Cool. Remind me when we get to the end of this, just so we can comb past all of this stuff. Before we jump to, I do uh, like that, like Eddie legit turned into a fan for a quick second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because like, there's certain guys you never think you're gonna be in the same place as. And that is the one thing I like with AEW. You get to see some, well, um, with um, yeah, AEW, you get to see some of these younger talents get to be in the ring and work with people they probably never thought they were gonna get the opportunity to. Yeah, and by the way, uh the elite segment is next, and that wasn't a work. That was a shoot. They really did pay fifty thousand dollars. Um, last week for that fucking yeah. so you know they made sure to do what they could to get the fucking face hanger you blew it and now you've got no friends you're all alone and these fans out there they don't got any main event I wish I could feel bad but I don't and now there's only one thing left to do Brandon as retiring champions 
cut down the net. Cut down the net. I like shit like that though. Like I like right, elite right. humor. The elite humor has always gotten me, especially when they were heels as Bullet Club, which that's what I remind them. Cut down the net. They're good at funny, but they're better when they're be a bad guy. Oh my god. Uh, what else did this wonderful jam-packed episode have? Uh, we had Christian Cage versus the Blade with the bunny. Um, honestly, I tuned this out, man. I'm not interested in anything. I couldn't even tell you what happened. I, I'm so disinterested. I'm not going to force myself to watch things that they're forcing down my throat. There's nothing of substance there for me to see for Christian that I've watched my entire life. And fucking yeah, this, other, is, other this guy. is kind of the break match. I mean, yeah. Christian, of course, remains undefeated. Spear for the win. Yeah, I mean, I watched it. It was in one ear out the other. Nothing worth noting here. The one thing that I would say that was interesting is, is JR's commentary. Uh, if you listen here, I thought this was great. You know, we, we use the term ropes, sure. but those are high-tension steel cables that they have. Your entire body weight come crashing down onto that is punishing. Kind of like your marriage, Tony. Yeah, high-tension. High-tension. Yeah. Punishing. And punishing and could come crashing down any moment. But be that as it may, <laughs> Yo, I love that shit. The two of them, the two of them are gold, man. They don't need Excalibur. The two of them are great. At this point, like, see, see Excalibur served his purpose as the target of the joke. Yeah, that was about that was that's where you keep him at. <laughs> He'll be the Michael Cole. Everybody else can be the Rock. So next we have Britt Baker, DMD, and Red Velvet challenges Britt for the championship and essentially pays for it for a little bit here. I guess Britt's still a heel. And we're going to do it on a big stage, so I sure hope you can hang. At the AEW Rampage debut in my turf in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, next Friday. There you hear it. Wow. I like that. And again, Velvet did disrespect the champ. No back down to Red- Whoa, swinging up yeah. by Rebel. But then Rebel was going to do a heel tactic there. It seems like everyone's bad. Brit right down to the knee of the Yeah. And Britt has driven the face of the challenger. I love my favorite part. Don't ask me why. It's just the fact that her music kept playing briefly while she's fucking pressing that shit down on her. Into the canvas. So what I think it is, it's one of two things in specifically Britt's case. Either she is a face who just doesn't feel like being disrespected, or she's just a heel that's just over with the crowd. Because like the crowd popped for her. Yeah, I guess. So I feel like it's kind. I feel like it could be one of those two things. I'm not quite sure which one though. Or they just let the audience choose. Don't try to like tell them who's what. They just let the audience decide. So next we get another rest in peace Fuego de Soul segment. You said the job offer was? Well, the, the job changed. We need you to shine his shoes. No. Shine his shoes. Shine his shoes. Shine his shoes. Shine his shoes. Yeah. Shine. That's right. That's right. 
That should be packed. That should be packed right there. He got super kicked by Alistair Black last week. This week, Andrade is kicking his ass. You need to finish the job and shine his shoes. Lucha Brothers, listen up. So that happened. I don't know if you guys follow him on social media, but on social media, he has his own rest in peace for this whole thing with him on the ground like that. With the date, like if he died, I thought he legit died when I saw that. He did it for, I think he did it with the super kick one too. He has his own rip for the soul. I love how he's just running with the gimmick. See, I like organic shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? That's going to whoop my ass every night. Recipes for the Then we get to some of the bread and butter here. Because you have Omega and Hangman. Bill Hangman, look at me in my eyes when I say this to you. Because I think even you can understand it. Cowboy or not, the elite does not have any losers in our group. We don't have failures in our group. We don't have people that play second fiddle in our group. Whoa! Hangman! Of course he's going to get jumped. Much he can handle. Page has no fear, which could be a blessing or a curse. And now the... Elite, the Young Bucks, Gallows and Anderson team up. up. Finish him up, big man. Oh, the magic killer. And then basically these guys going to come out, but I believe Evil, Evil Uno holds them back, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting angle because if you really look at the way that it started and the way that it ended, there was a bit of a subtle double turn here because early on in the Elite history, it was Adam Page who was not complying with the team and was going off and doing his own thing and ruining matches and fucking them over and drinking too much. And they were the ones that were trying to sustain the friendship. And then they turned, you know. But after, pretty much after they were abandoned by him first, yeah, you really would look at it. Omega was kind of was a catalyst and everybody else followed suit. So it, like it flipped. It, it, it took an unexpected turn. Yeah. The only thing I don't think that I like about how they did this angle was that the Young Bucks were reluctantly turning face to be to turning heel to be in the elite and they just kinda dropped that angle once they turned. They were just like, All right, they're heels now. You know? Yeah, I, I could yeah, I could definitely see where you're coming from with that one. This this company doesn't do good with uh with indecisive angles because they did the same thing with the private party guys like with Matt Hardy they were reluctant at first and they were just suddenly one day poof all on board but there was no explanation where they got along or anything. Trying to make make that transition a little bit smoother. Yeah, every time there's been reluctant allies, all of a sudden they've just been cool, like without them following that development up. So it's kind of strange, but whatever. You know, maybe it's time, but it's kind of hard to believe with all the fucking time they have. Uh, what else? What else? What else? We have a AWTNT title match. Miro defending against Lee Johnson. Wasn't Lee Johnson a heel? Was he one of the ones that turned on the Nightmare Family? I believe. No, I don't think he was one of them. Also, he actually stood a face. I barely remember Lee Johnson, man. And this was another one of those matches. I'm not reviewing shit that I kind of feel is fill- filler. The one thing that I will say is that Lee Johnson is another person who almost died with that dive here you know i don't i think there's something there's a safety issue going on in this company and i hate to bring be the one to bring it up but you look at this fucking dive here this is another thing a very close call look at this shit like this is what i'm talking about there's just something i don't know what it is i'm not pointing fingers but there's a fucking serious safety protocol here that's gonna cost them big time if they don't get their shit right you know, I'm seeing too many times where I'm stopping their video and people are upside down in the air like that. You know, say what you want about NXT and all these other companies. I don't ever have to stop for this kind of shit with any other company and it's going to cost them, you know? Yeah. So, again, close call here. Look at how fucking much closer. It's like, oh my God, man. Oh! 
Johnson was, got dropped out on his head on the outside. Yeah, JR's not doing him any favors. I mean, you can't hide it anyway at that point. Other than that, obviously, Miro Wani fucking kicks him and does the, the, the routine gimmick, the TV ending. Uh, I NWA. Though, I love the way he celebrates with the title, though. I don't even remember. What did he do? He, he, he holds it up like an offering to the gods. <laughs> did he really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're talking about here. This, right? JR next Friday night. The history. I didn't catch that last time. <laughs> I see. Yeah, awesome. Pretty cool. All right. Uh, NWA Women's World Title Eliminator match. I don't know why. The Bunny being accompanied by everyone in the fucking company. Angelico, Isaiah Cassidy, Jack Evans, Joe Rachel, Mark Quinn, The Blade. Against Layla Hirsch being accompanied by Chuck Taylor, Chris Statlander, Orange Cassidy, and Wheeler Utah. Long story short, Layla taps the Bunny. Now she gets herself an NWA Women's Championship match, and I believe they're empowered of it. Yeah, the match itself was all right. Yeah, the match itself was all right. The one sequence that I did like was that ankle pick knee strike. It was a missed moonsault. Then Bunny comes with the Death Valley driver, which was a false finish. It could have been the ending, but it, but they just used it as a false finish. But again, it was like ankle pick to the knee strike to the missed moonsault. DVD. Yeah, Layla had there to abandon go. ship there Boom. with the ankle pick. The kick. Oh, the knee kick. strike. It was a knee strike. And look, the eyes roll back in the head of Bunny. And Layla Hirsch heads up to the top. The moonsault. Completely missed. It's like she didn't even have to dodge. But then Ali comes in with the super kick. Follows through with the DVD, Death Valley Driver, which I love Death Valley Driver, so sure. A bit of a different one. Did it more as a burning hammer variation because of the, with a real. I don't want to get too scientific here. But uh, yeah, it was like, it was like a, little, a slightly higher one. Yeah, Layla had right? to abandon ship there. But the with a real Death Valley driver, the person cartwheels with you. They put you on their shoulders and then they cartwheel either left or right, slamming you down and then once again springing to their feet. They're cartwheeling you while your fireman's carrying her. I guess maybe she can't do it or Layla's too big or whatever. It really was a burning hammer made to look at the last minute like a Death Valley driver. A moonsault and a miss. See, right there, she would have cartwheeled with her in a proper DVD. The bunny yeah. has this is a burning hook. hammer. John Cena would have been pissed. Yeah. Be right. Oh, wait, I don't even have... I don't, do, do I have it up on the screen when I did that? No, I actually did not. Stupid me. Swing and a miss by the it's bunny okay, German suplex. Can you imagine how many times in Layla's life she's been told by someone, Oh, honey, don't worry about it. You're, you're too little. Oh, boy. You'll never, you'll never do this because you're... Get back to the spot again. I don't know how I fucked that up. I'm not looking. Yeah, Layla had to abandon ship there, but the ankle pick, the kick, oh, oh. the knee strike. It was a knee strike. And look, the eyes rolled back in the head of Bunny. Wait, Layla's small, but she is vicious. And Layla Hirsch heads up to the top. The moonsault press. She missed it. Wow. She mistimed it. And a the Bunny taking advantage. A moonsault and a miss. The bunny has Layla hooked. Death Valley. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Anyway. Yeah, it's um, a little variation for her, so. Mm-hmm. And then after the match, this person comes in. Look at this fucking. This is crazy. This is uh, this is Camille, the current NWA Women's Champion. Well, hello, Camille. Where is my fucking climbing gear? <laughs> David and Goliath, anyone? That's very nice. Like, wow, I could just 
kind of hang out here. But no, we'll keep going. Legit Layla Hirsch. Holy <laughs> shit. Look at this crazy. You look at the fucking size difference. She's looking her eye to eye with her fucking belly button, yo. Like, She's like, don't make me use you as my Hitachi. Oh, yo, that took a turn I was not expecting. Oh, my like, look Will not be intimidated. She, she, she should have been a little intimidated. I'm intimidated. But there's no way in hell she's supposed to win this match on the road. Fuck me. Yeah, she looks like a goddess, right? Right. Bitch, look at fucking Amazon. If this was Futurama, she'd be looking for Snoo Snoo. Yes, I just made a Futurama, Futurama reference to 2021. Yes. You know, we found out what would happen if Jarvis ever gained consciousness. He would transform into Vision. If uh, Tony's if Tony's female AI in that suit, Girl Friday, ever gained consciousness, I imagine that's what this would be. God damn. Look at that thing. Woo. Lucky it's she like, punched you to the moon. Is small, but holy shit. Finally, we get a singles match. The main event, Malachi Black against Cody Rhodes. Uh, this is our first Malachi Black experience. So let's start off with the entrance music, which he had done custom, which I guess you're allowed to do in this company. And then when they actually spending money on you. So. I think he had this done, though. That shit they used to wheel him up with. That, yeah. that dumb thing that he had. Amazing what happens when you give somebody some actual level of creativity with their shit. Yeah, that Dracula shit. With no fucking sound effects and shit like that. Mm-hmm. The crossroads. Massive right hand. Black's rising knee into Cody from the top. This is a rough spot here. There's a rising knee while Cody's on the top. Sends him back through the table behind him. Safe spot, but really good looking. Rising knee, bang. Down you go. He gets his so much higher than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Right here, you get the black mass. An opportunity to regroup somewhere. I don't know if Cody can regroup. Oh! This was a squash in a lot of ways. Just like the fucking... Um, yeah, they, he gave him the Brody Lee treatment. Like, yeah, I was going to say, just like Cody the Brody Lee. Mm-hmm. He beat the shit out of him in this match. Mm-hmm. And then we like, get they the... Uh, this an uncomfortable-ass woman. Yep. And then afterwards, we get the uh, the tease of Cody retiring, right? When I, I got into wrestling when I was 15, I was the referee. All, all I wanted to do was uh, win the title that they took away from my daddy in the garden. Hey, God, that was a goal then. Goals change. Time flies. I've had so much fun. 
Give me one. Uh-oh. A lot of selling. He's going to do season two of that shit he used to do, right? Yeah, the, the Gold Big Show. Hey, Tony. Uh-huh. Uh, and spend some time with his new baby too. Yeah. Well, this is a five-minute speech that we don't have, but you guys can go watch it if you haven't yeah. seen it already. You leave your boots in the ring. He's leaving his boots in the ring. The time on the tradition when you retire. I... Hey, wait a minute! No. Oh! But there's Malachi Black. Malachi Black from behind. Black from behind. Spine first. That that crutch. And Cody is really about down memes. emotionally, <laughs> physically. Now what is Black going to do? He is one evil bastard. Has yeah. So and while we're talking about memes, I saw one that had him uh, um, holding the boot and said, "When you kill an enemy and get a rare item." <laughs> wow, savage! <laughs> I saw that. I, it was. Fucking magical. Savage. Savage. So, uh. Hey, way to make somebody look like a million bucks in their debut, though. Kick that dog shit out of them. So, after Dynamite went off the air, I believe Cody continued with the retirement, is what I was told here. Yeah, I think it's like he tried to continue with it or something. See if I get this up on the screen real quick. retirement angle i don't believe for a minute uh, yeah, he'll, he'll be back it's just a matter of when aw dynamite homecoming did 1,102,000 views 593,000 of those were in the 18 to 49 demographic that they needed which even just that half is higher than the nxt did 0.46 in the rating uh which the previous week they did 1,000 1,108,000 so they're only down about uh what Six thousand views from last yeah. week, but they're still well over a million. So they're remaining steady, and they had a hundred million for five, a month straight. Yeah, and they also had five hundred eighty-two thousand in the demographic last week too. So pretty much, they're they're good. They're good. What else can yeah. I say? Rock and roll. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, is there anything that we need to talk about? The two main things, or, or is there anything that can let me let me take a look? I'll I'll skip yeah. a lot of the clips that we don't really need for SmackDown and Raw because everyone doesn't really need to see that, but. 
The dark matches were Keith Lee against Austin Theory and Dakota Kai against Aaliyah. Uh, the first official match was Jimmy Uso um, being com- Jay Uso being accompanied by Jimmy against Dominic. Um, finished being the Superfly Splash. Dom loses after promising Ray that he was gonna prove himself or whatever. Intercontinental Title Contenders match Nakamura with Rick Boggs against um, Apollo Cruz with Commander Aziz. Finished being uh, DQ because Aziz pulls Cruz out of the ring to break the cover when the writing was on the wall. Uh, there was a singles match to mean against Tegan Knox. Um, Tamina winds up losing because that fucking tank distracts her. They shoot a bullet past her head or whatever. Uh, they have the, they have this up. they have this stupid logic where they change Zelina Vega's title match. Bianca Belair accepts the title match and they change it where Zelina Vega has to face Bianca Belair in a non-title match to prove herself in a title match against Bianca Belair. Which it's is stupid like, for her getting the fucking title match in the first place because she's zero fucking five at this point. Yeah, so there's they're inconsistency there. Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, the Dirty Dogs against the Street Profits. Um, Street Profits win because why the fuck would Ziggler win a match? But yeah, Roode does a rock bottom. He does a Uranagi rock bottom. Not going to show it because I, like I want to leave. Man, that was like a pebble bottom. Yeah, SmackDown Women's title contenders match. Zelina Vega against Bianca Belair. Sasha Banks comes and blows the whole shit up with a distraction. Um, so that made that whole entire angle pointless because it led to nothing. Uh, Finn Balor against Baron Corbin. Corbin can't even afford music. That to me was the fun, one of the funnier things. That uh, <laughs> I love how his music starts and then that motherfucker can afford like a ringtone. That's about it. It was funny hearing McAfee say that. Let me bring it up. I'll bring that up at least because I thought that was pretty funny on here. If I could find the, the timestamp, just because of the way that he worded it. One sec here. Oh god, fucking McAfee. That man. Corbin spoiled the party last week. Finn Balor. It's like an almost pen to paper for a universal championship opportunity. And his opponent, weighing in at 285 pounds, Baron Corbin. A guy who can't even afford music for when he comes out of the curtain. Well... A guy who can't even afford music for when he comes out of the curtain. You mean entrance music, right? <laughs> I love that he says a guy who can't even afford music for when he comes out of the curtain. That's like when Barry in Resident Evil calls Jill the master of unlocking instead of a locksmith. <laughs> right. you know, a guy who can't even afford the sound of instruments that plays for when he comes through the curtain to walk down the slanted thing. <laughs> Anyway, uh, what what was the ending to this? I'm sure Balor goes over, right? Yeah, Balor goes over, and then Roman comes in and chokes Balor out. Right, 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 right. The dark match was a six-man tag team match. Cena and the Mysterios against the Bloodline. That being said, SmackDown brought in 1.909 million viewers. Higher than both, but but with a point five in the eighteen to forty nine demographic, which is basically a point fifty, still higher, still the highest show. Last week they did two point four million viewers, so they don't know what's really hovering over that two million. SmackDown is way higher yeah. than yeah, anything. Yeah, like I said, SmackDown's in a league of its own at this point. Like, but I told you that automatically by being on a network like Fox when they first moved from USA, that that would make it the main show because Fox is available in more households. You don't even need cable for Fox. It's one of the most common right. stations. If you're on one of the main things, NBC, ABC, Fox. You're bigger than everything else. That's just the way it is. Any of those main channels You're literally like that. in your own time zone, basically. Right. So, I mean, they're going to have higher viewers. Those are big, big numbers. Raw's not even going to do numbers like that. You know? Right. Like, uh, it's, like they're, they're, it's to the point where you talk about ratings wars. You can't even 
count SmackDown anymore because they're in their whole different world. Yeah. Again, surprised there was no rest in peace here when it came to, uh, you know, with the Midnight Express and everything that happened. You know, Bobby Eaton, holy shit, but no, nothing, not even an acknowledgement. I know he wasn't the company, but he was a big influence. Into, yeah. Uh, Orton returns. He doesn't want to team with Riddle on Raw. Um, AJ and Omos emerge, making fun of the friendship of Riddle and Orton, which leads to a confrontation. AJ and Riddle both have failed attempted RKO's first, first, uh, I mean, Orton and Riddle first have attempted RKO's first, Orton fails, and then fucking Riddle tries to get the drop on Omos, winds up eating a choke slam for his troubles. Uh, Jinder hires Porin Corbin to jump over from SmackDown to Raw to be able to fight Drew. And they try to use that little bullshit fucking exchange rule where they're like, they could do it four times out of the year. Like, that shit again. Drew uh, Drew tells us his sword's origin and the fact that it's from his mother. It's named after his mother, and and Angel, Angela. Um, Angela. Drew has his match against Porn Corbin, and then Begging Corbin winds up getting a $100,000 claymore for his troubles because Drew has some pity on him, willing to give him money for a couple days, and he says he needs $100,000. Winds up giving him the one, two, three claymore. Uh, Jeff Hardy gets tapped up by Karrion Cross, 1-1. One, one. He tried to cheat again so with the tights to no avail. Chip, no. <laughs> uh, you know what? You just made the list. Oh, no. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Thanks for the follow, Black Thunder. Candice, what about Candice? Candice LeRae? Of course we've heard of Candice LeRae. No. Uh, oh, boy. Ha, ha, ha. He's hilarious. Wait. Oh, wait, let me do it. Yeah, that's what it looks like when someone's not going to get laid. I had a feeling it was going to be something like that. Yeah, it has been a while since we had one of those show up. He's already banned. That's so good. He couldn't even use that opportunity to do something funnier. Come on, dude. Yeah, come on. What a loser. Try it again. Actually, don't. You, you know how much pleasure we get out of like killing those kind of things. You know, I used to be I used to be able to do it faster on Mixer, but you know what? Fuck it. Just because it's been a while and uh, happy birthday, Stasis. Yeah, yeah. Here I'm trying to rush off of here so that we can get some birthday sex going, and somebody who's basically gonna spend the <laughs> spend the, the the rest of the evening with his with with dick in hand is gonna come. Oh, what the fuck is that emo well, supposed to be? What was it I that he said? These nuts, or I don't know. It was, it was one that was really bad, like 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 it was Fred Durst era style shit, right? <laughs> no, you guys no, hear no, about no, can can these nuts? Oh, ho, ho, ho. Bart Simpson had better shit in the first say season of The Simpsons, right? I just read, it took me like reading it like seven times to understand it's so fucking stupid. It's like, have you heard of Candace? Candace different in your mouth. And she's not even shoot. She's not even, that's not even a work. That's a shoot. She is already in a thong. That shit is very distracting. <laughs> and then the funny thing about it is that like Twitch IP bans them. So they could come up with as many different things as they want, but it's like they have to either make accounts and then change their IP address or whatever. They can't do shit. You know, I don't think people realize that nowadays, but when you're banned, it's like, you got to change your, your everything each time and then you got to confirm a new account with a new phone number and you know it's a lot of trouble to go through to just look like an asshole black thunder 482 i love how I people follow us too before they do this shit like i'm supposed to make a fucking difference which is funny because i took off the thing it used to be that you had to follow the comment but i took that off because i kind of realized i take amusement out of the people that don't have any life to do that kind of sad sorry shit <sighs> so, so back to important things yeah raw <laughs> yeah anyway raw what were we up to with that so Jeff Hardy, then we had Bliss versus Dewdrop. The doll somehow interferes. What the fuck happened there? Fucking the doll winked and Dewdrop, who was supposed to get over from this, gets distracted and gets fucking rolled up. 
Yeah, y'all keep seeing Black Thunder coming in. Uh, he didn't even have the fucking basic intelligence to realize that that was going to be a one-way ticket. What a dick. Okay, I like, I, maybe if I turn it on and off like a router. Please, Ninja. Don't get off the phone. Connection. You hear about these? That's how he gets his rocks off. Well, you know what? I'm getting laid after this, and you're still going to be thinking about how I embarrassed you when you came into this room. 5.30 in the morning on a fucking Tuesday. Like, and it'll be on demand, yourself, too, yeah. and on the podcast and on Spotify, all the other platforms that none of you have reached to. They come in here to troll. Anyway, Seamus kills Ricochet. Um, Damien Priest against Johnny Drip Drip. How dare you actually acknowledge that bullshit? Well, I acknowledge it because Corey Graves, this is the second Golden Shower reference. He calls him the Golden Wetness. There's a second time, Corey Graves, that you've been on the dirt sheet for that shit. I didn't catch that. The Golden Wetness? You couldn't come up with a better way to say it? Come on. No, not at all. <laughs> It turns out the Miz is no longer injured. He springs from his seat after uh, Damian Priest intimidates him and he goes running off. So Miz is back to normal. Thank God, because he almost had a non-presence in that wheelchair gimmick. Um, Sheamus versus Damian Priest for SummerSlam. Not excited at all. I want to see Damian Priest at SummerSlam. Don't want to see Sheamus. As long as it gets shame, get that style off of Sheamus, I don't care what they do. Because, yeah, officially probably the shittiest United States champion I think we've had. He's defended the title, what, one and a half times? Yeah, and it's just a gimmick, him with the face mask, acting like a punk ass when he was used to be a badass. Um, none of it works for me, you know? Like, none of it works for me at all. Yeah, I know, right? That's my words exactly. But thank you for the follow, troll person. Anyway, Nikki, Nikki Ash uh, versus Rhea Ripley. Charlotte interferes. So that's another thing that leads to no finish. They do that a lot on this show now, right? Yeah. Um. Elias, I guess his gimmick is over. Elias is now dead. It was too over. They didn't like the fans having something yeah. to chant. I don't know what the they, fuck happened here. They, 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 they had to kill and give him something shitty. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. Kind of weird, but this is what they did. What's he going to do, become a dark character? Walk with Elias. But Elias is dead. He's not going to be walking with Elias anymore. Next week, you're going to be jogging with Jim. Jogging with Jim. About their quality entertainment. I figure this is what we're talking about. So. Um... What else did we have happen in this? Please remind me. So the main event, is, was that all that's left? Drew McIntyre versus Baron Corbin? No, no, Drew versus Baron was just the 
match they had thrown in where you got Claymore. Oh, right, 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 right. Well, the main event uh, AJ Styles versus Randy Orton, which of course. Right, 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 right. No shock there. RKO out of nowhere, which I like this one because Orton almost waited later than he usually did. Did you notice that? Yeah, but the, but one thing that I did, you just reminded me how it ended because it was obvious that Riddle was going to come out and jump on Omos and he winds up, Omos winds up backing him into the barricade, but that gives Orton the opportunity so that when AJ hits the phenomenal forearm, he hits him with the catch RKO. Um, and then it was also obvious after that that when Riddle got in the ring to celebrate that he was going to get hit with an RKO for his troubles. Yeah, that was kind of funny. I liked the way he said it. <laughs> Yeah, he celebrated, he smiled, he even hugged them. I was like, no way, he hugged them, he's definitely getting an RKO now. He, he let him raise his hand once, let him raise his hand twice, and then caught him. But did you hear what happened after? What was that? Was there, was, is there an after that we can see? Um, Let me see, I'll see if I can find it. But apparently uh, we had the appearance from Cena. I mean, he's been appearing after everything, you know? Yeah, he, he really did. Let's see if I can possibly grab it. Because I didn't see a video of it, but I've seen that it happened. It was a, uh, yeah. It, it it was it was highly it was highly I almost said highly unexpected. Dear God, but yeah, it was expected. This was a good match though. But then again, we saw the last time these guys wrestled each other. They had a fantastic match. Yeah, for sure. Like these guys don't have bad matches. The only difference is that this time we didn't have the freaking uh, WrestleMania like this time. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm not seeing video of it at least not yet. But um, yeah, basically after. All I see is like a still shot right now. After um, Raw, Cena basically came out and got them to all hug it out. Oh, boy. Literally three-way hug. It's the weirdest thing I've seen. I'm going to look now because I would love to see some video of it. Keep looking for for one, but <laughs> that's fucking funny. It's just it's such an awkward looking, looking scene. So next week we're going to be doing the SummerSlam, Paul, right? Yeah, that is correct. SummerSlam is next week. Yeah, that's a... It's a big weekend for this brand. How Actually, the so yeah, SummerSlam is next Saturday. How the hell didn't you find this? This was so easy to find. Maybe where I looked. Yeah, this was a cakewalk. Just give me a minute to uh, bring it up on our system. Yeah, but um, they're doing a little interesting this year because uh, SummerSlam is going to be next Saturday, and then TakeOver is going to be next Sunday. So next week we have two things in a row then, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Actually, let me double check real quick because I believe, yeah, that's... uh. Over 36. Those, yep. Take over 36, August 22nd. So, yeah, we got back. We got a double weekend. We got, they're making it one of those big weekends. So, not this upcoming weekend, but the following. Yeah. Yep. The following will have SummerSlam Saturday and then take over on Sunday. Which means that this upcoming episode will be doing two polls probably. That is correct. Interesting to have some, SummerSlam on a Saturday, though. Like. Let me see if I could get this to. Uh, Oh, it's annoying to try to get. Give me a minute. Twitter's a little bit weird, and I want to get it large. Oh, I just got to do it. I'm just going to pull it into our system. That's how fast it is to pull things into our system here, rather than run it off of the... Can I just drop this into our feed? That would be nice. Everything is lightning fast now. I can do it this way. Cool. There you go. I saw how many people are like the Hayward. Say that again. I just love how many people out there now are like the Paul Haven version is better. 
Oh God. Okay, let's get past the John Cena intro, please. Oh, is this the hug? There we go. Look at that. Send the crowd home happy. There you go. They sent the crowd home happy. And now I'm definitely going to be happy because I'm going home. Yeah, no? So anyway, guys, as always, don't forget that we have all kinds of stuff happening on this channel constantly. Just check all the links at talkbrunch.com. The fastest way to find out when we're going on the air with something different besides wrestling content, including wrestling content, will be to follow on Twitter. Everything is posted there. Uh, we will be back, of course, next week. Monday, usual time, 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, immediately following Monday Night Raw to do the polls for both uh, NXT TakeOver 36 as well as SummerSlam 2021. So be ready for that. That's going to be a fun and wonderful time. That being said, thank you to everyone who's hung out with us for this long, wonderful episode, including my lovely wife, Stasis. Happy birthday once again. Uh, George. King Quest 770, Willie V2, Saku Hasu over in Gilded, Cabigon, helping with the links, Quest Thompson, uh, Patrick, thank you for following on fate on Twitter. I see first time here. Fragility, uh, Black Thunder 481, congrats on the band, my friend. Metaf- metaphoric, uh, Spartan Jesus, as well as everyone who supported us across all platforms, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, all that stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 473, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself and my co-host, Destin, so glow Frazier, we're out of here. And next week, fire. Shut it down.